everyone, and welcome to the 233rd episode of the Fake Nerd Podcast, where Ben is just being rude, and we're all hanging out to talk about how perhaps, maybe, other creators know how to do things better with a franchise than the person who started it. It's talking about the Alien sequels, and I'm here with Ryan Eliopoulos. It's true, all of it. Brandon T. McClure. Hello. Happy anniversary. Thanks. Oh, is it? It's our quarantine anniversary. Oh, okay. I was no. like, did I miss something? I'm bad oh, with dates. Oh, so bad. Okay. And then Magnet. Hey, I'll, like what? Three of these people? No, four of these people on this on this cover know how to kill aliens. So I'm trying to figure out how to kill some damn aliens over here. Got mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And I'm Sparks. Uh, Welcome. It's a, it's our uh, actually it's tomorrow uh, Monday the twenty second. Uh, if you recall, a year ago on Sunday March twenty second, we started doing this. I'll tell you what, I'm glad we did because otherwise there wouldn't be a podcast. Well, <laughs> right? True. Probably. Yeah. Like, I mean, we might have figured it out. I, I think, it would have been on I phone we, calls, maybe? It I think been if gross. we hadn't figured it out at that time, we would have quit. Yeah. I mm-hmm. would have figured a way. Don't you, don't you, don't you worry. Ryan, we're uh, with a, uh, a tin can. Ryan uh, uh, finds a way. I do uh, find well, a way. Brandon took the joke. I was going to do the finds a way joke, but Brandon took it. All right. Great minds. Great minds. It's all right. Yep. Okay. Hi guys. No links in the description. Uh, suck it. Um, oh, we'll, have, we'll have WandaVision up tomorrow if you're watching. No, this we live. won't. No, not WandaVision. Sorry. I keep doing that. <laughs> Falcon and Winter Soldier. See, yep. I saw the same. I, for some reason, just thought we didn't put it up yet. So I was just like, sure, it's late for some reason. Whatever. <laughs> Episode actually, 9 of WandaVision. Actually, I was working on an article for OldSchoolGamerMagazine.com before we started recording for Falcon and Winter Soldier today. And then well, I had to too, but but I'm probably like, depending on how late we finish this, I actually might finish it tonight. Who knows? And Ryan, too- your your downright annoyed was not this week. No, too many busy schedules, unfortunately. Next week, uh, uh, definitely look at Fickner's Watch for our two hour uh, episode where we talk about the assembled behind the scenes of one. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, vision with ears. Yeah. Oof. Oh man, it was so co- it was so cool how they talked about him being blue. So yeah. Black and white, right? That was, that was, was, he looked very scary. Hey guys, if you want to watch the, if you watch WandaVision, definitely watch that behind the scenes special. It's really neat. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably going to be cooler than most because of the filming, the the style of filming and filming it in a live studio audience and all that. It's probably going to be cooler than most of them ever will be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree. Um, But I do have a quick announcement if I may. No. Okay. Let's talk Um, about our weeks. I'm just um, as as, uh, (laughs) As I mentioned last week, uh, conversation will be out this coming Thursday on March 25th. Where I will release two episodes, one with Phil Better and the other with Stephen White of the oh Super Mega Crash Bros Turbo podcast. Right on. Uh, and Phil Better of the Invest in Yourself podcast. Uh, those are two episodes. Those are going to be up this Thursday. You can already subscribe. Uh, it is on iTunes already. I put up a little trailer to cheat the iTunes system. Ooh, um, so I can, already did it. <gasps> so you can listen to that if you uh, you can listen to that. You can subscribe to that. Uh, check it out, guys. This could be a really fun fun journey I'm going on. I love journeys. Yeah, I love them uh, when they're unexpected too. So remember, <laughs> Brandon, don't stop believing. All right. Oh, oh. those are both pretty good jokes. I can't choose between which one. So, <laughs> who, like wants, children. who wants to go first with their week? I'll just do it. All right. I'll just do it. I'll just do it. So, um, what did I do? I 
because I'm done with critical role catch up. So I'm not, you know, spending most of my days doing that. Um, I still found myself paralyzed with choice as most of us do when we have 12,000 things to do. So I spent a lot of time watching YouTube as I do, but I decided to get back into kingdom, which is that really, really cool South Korean, like uh, 15th century zombie show that shows. I watched two episodes of that. That show's still really cool. It's got great characters. It's got great uh, cinematography. The zombies are really unique in the way that it's done. Um, you know, they're still, they're fast zombies. So they're an actual threat. Um, and just the way that, that information travels when it's like 1450, it's just, you know, dudes with letters. So like, like uh, populations are getting decimated and like nobody's finding out and like people are trying to hide that the king's like the first zombie. So like there's this whole government conspiracy and there's the whole like people trying to deal with it. There's so many layers. Like it's such a really good show. I'm glad I'm back into it. And it has two seasons. I think it's getting a third. Um, I'm trying to find that webtoon because it's based off a webtoon. And this show like looks like Game of Thrones. And I'm really curious what the webtoon looks like because if it looks like like the Pokemon when we're reading, I'm like, what a translation. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, I'm very curious. Um, Let's see. A couple Marvel things. We got a Marvel Marvel show coming out, so I watched that. Um, there's a new Avengers game update. We got the new Hawkeye. We got Clint Barton. Yeah. Future Imperfect with the Maestro. Uh, I actually finished that right before we started podcasting. Um, each of those updates are a couple hours of new content. Last was Kate Bishop. Now it's uh, Hawkeye, Clint. Um, really cool stuff. And um, every time... Every time, like you finish the update or like the, the the set of missions, it gives you a nice little tease of what the next thing will be. So, like we have a next tease, and it's 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 not tied to the Black Panther thing. It is tied to like the next uh, like mini update, which we saw in like the roadmap that they showed us this week. I was just gonna say that uh, I I just realized now that it's not in our trailers, but there was a trailer reveal for the Black Panther expand the mm-hmm. next. Yes, yes, um, for the next character, which again, like yeah. uh, these, these these character updates are like two, three hours of like their own little core mission that you do to unlock them and get like cool stuff. I, I really want to believe that the Black Panther is going to be bigger because they're taking you to Wakanda. So I hope that's more. As someone who just played the thing where you go to a new location, it's not as impressive. Yeah. Um, but I'm really hoping that they do something different with Wakanda. Ben? Yeah, I want to say the Wakanda because I watched that whole, uh, uh, what you call it? I watched that whole thing, the Screen Enix Presents. And it looks like it's a dull thing, but it might be like paid DLC. It, no, nothing. No, it's not. All the characters well, are free. No. Oh, if, all the okay, characters are free. It's better. That's but better. I'm saying, like, every okay. time you get a new character, it's like three hours of like their own content. And like it, the map looks different enough. But like also, this mm-hmm. the map I just played today was a new map, but it's still kind of generic and you still fight the same robots. So that's, oh, yeah. that's something that the game is going to fight. Are we going to still fight the same robots? Because as Claws try to build an army to fight Black Panther, I really hope it's not the same robots I've been fighting for a year. That's all I'm saying. Because yeah, it, it definitely is one of those things, like, once you guys start getting into it, uh, it'll be nice because we can at least go through some of that stuff together, which is going to be the part that makes it fun to play yeah. at that point. Yeah. Uh, and, and, again, getting back into that, it. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a podcast listener. A hundred percent. And, like, the story stuff, again, really, really good. Like, I love, I love the stuff. And, like, Clint is a really good – this is a really cool interpretation of Clint. And I love this interpretation of, of, uh, of uh, Kate. Kate Bishop. Yeah. Um, really, all of them. I think this is a really cool Hank Pym. He's like a major mm-hmm. character. You don't play as him yet, but like he's like a he's a very different take on Hank Pym that I really like. Um, you, you've met you've met these characters. I have met him. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, the characters are great. Uh, gameplay is good. It just needs more content and more uh, variety. That's the biggest problem. Um, so I'm glad I did that. Um, did I do anything else before I watched the Snyder Cut? Did I do anything else? Uh, no. So I watched the Snyder Cut. It was four hours. I did a live thing with uh, uh, Bored and Annoyed. Um. Guys, I think that movie's really good. I think Zack Snyder's best superhero movie. Um, it's got a lot of problems. Obviously, it's a Zack Snyder movie. Um, it's really overindulgent, but um, I have no reason to watch the Joss Whedon one ever again because, hey, guess what? It's the same movie, but better. 
everything in that movie is better in every single way. Uh, Flash is awful. He's actually worse in this cut. Um, and it makes me really worried that the Flash movie is going to so, have. An so not e everything is better. No, not way. everything is better. <laughs> no, okay. yeah. uh, I like it so much better than that Justice League movie. Sure, sure. Um, and I think uh, uh, I think it's worth a watch. Uh, I'll. It, it has, without a doubt, one of my favorite things I've ever seen in a superhero movie. And I'm so flabbergasted that they cut it from the original movie because it is so cool. Uh, it's it's it it left me on the, uh, like on the edge of my seat how cool it was. I loved it. Um, and I'm really shocked that the movie we got is the movie we got. It's for you specifically. It's it's an it's an experiment in editing and how you turn a movie into a different movie. Sure. It is so fascinating. And that movie is so different. Things happen at the beginning that happen at the end and vice versa. You're like, it's really impressive they even got the two hour cut that they did. Um, <laughs> but like, it's, you know, I'm not here to hashtag restore the Snyderverse. That's not me. But I'm here saying that I think Zack Snyder actually got to make the movie he wanted to and he succeeded. Um, okay. It's still really long and it's too much slow-mo, but like, I'm glad I watched it. Sure. Uh, well, you guys so are uh, planning on doing something. Oh, yeah, for the channel on uh, we're, I'm not rushing you guys. It's long. It's really long. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I have my spring break coming up and likely during that time I'll watch it and then we'll we'll put something together. Yeah. yeah. I could I could find time to watch it, but funny enough, because I because I was uh, looking on HBO Max and because uh, I was using that to watch the alien films, and then I see like the Snyder cut and I don't know oh, how real quickly, Ben. Uh the, they're leaving all the alien movies are on HBO Max, which good thing we did this now because they're oh. leaving at the end of this month. Oh, thank God we did it. Thank God we did this now. I would have been screwed. I, dude, but, uh, like, I was on Netflix and The Dark Knight and Batman Begins are on there right now. And I'm like, what is HBO Max? What is what is going on with them? Like, I, it's so crazy. That's weird. Anyway, but, sorry, Ben. Go ahead. Well, yeah, because I was looking and then it said, uh, like, the Snyder Cut. I'm like, yeah, hey, I'll watch that eventually. And then I scroll down. It's like, The Lord of the Rings. I'm like, and I was like, and I just kept scrolling. It's like, Return of the King, extended edition. I'm like, what? Oh, Only yeah. Return of the King extended edition is on there, not. Fellowship or Two Towers, only Return of the King. And I think, how long is Return of the King extended? Four and a half hours long. It's the, it's the way God the extended it. cut of Lord of the Rings Return of the King is four and a half hours long. And you know damn well I could sit through that whole thing in one sitting. I can't. I have a bad uh, uh, bladder. <laughs> if you real quickly uh, on HBO Max, they have a Kong versus Godzilla page um, mm -hmm. where you can click on it and it's like, choose one Godzilla or Kong. Which oh. side are you on? And That's then cool. it has, if you're if Team Godzilla, all the Godzilla movies they have on there, uh, which include the old ones and the and the one monster version, a selection of the old ones. Yeah, uh, the, what they got from the Criterion Collection, and um, then it has four Team Kong, bunch of movies just listed, like as it would be like Godzilla picked these movies for you. <laughs> and, this is my selection, and it's really weird assortment. It's like. Aquaman, how to lose a guy in 10 days and like go down. And, it's because it's like actors from those movies or something. I don't know. And then it's like Kong has like the old Kong movies they have on there and then Kong versus Kong Skull Island and then Team Kong, 14 Kong movies and it's like the Snyder Cut, Birds of Prey. It's like, what? I'm trying to give them like That's movie so personalities. So it's bizarre. really weird. That, the interactive thing that like Netflix got a little bit too, but like, I think that's a cool idea of like having like interactive menus and like, yeah. are you Team Kong? Here's the Kong movies. And it's like a little display. That's kind of cute. Actually, yeah, I, but I just want to just get the movie selection. How to lose a guy in 10 days. Funny enough, I'm actually glad the original uh, 1954 Godzilla is on there because I actually want to watch it before um, Kong Godzilla versus Kong. Have you ever Ooh. seen it? I've never have, but I will really like to watch it. 
I'm going to watch the original Japanese. I'm not going to watch the Ray uh, Parker. It's Ray Parker, right? No. Steve Martin. Steve Martin is played by Ray. It's Ray. Raymond Burr. Raymond Burr. Yeah, I'm not going to watch the Raymond Burr cut first. I want to watch the original Japanese one. Then maybe I'll go to the American one. Uh, You don't need to watch the same movie twice. That they are not the same movie. Um, <laughs> like honestly, they are not the same movie. Having watched them both, are you telling me that recently, one Godzilla is the Snyder cut of the other Godzilla? Honest, honest to God, like uh, it is, it is, it is entirely. Look, I, <laughs> no, I'm being serious. There's a reason, no, I know it's a very I, different. There movie, is yeah. a reason why uh, Kaiju Ramen has given me permission to write an article all about how the Japanese cut makes it clear why location and character Mm -hmm. development of the people involved matters. And the fact that the Godzilla American remake translation puts everything in a third person perspective, like this tragedy isn't really happening to, to Raymond Burr and therefore isn't happening to Americans. Mm -hmm. So there's no real weight to it as he's just watching. It's like, Oh, that's really bad for them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And that's the, and that's the tone of that movie. And if you watch Kojira, it is just, national tragedy for every character that's going through it yeah i've seen they the, are I've two seen, two totally different vibes i unfortunately think i've always seen the american version so i would like to eventually... up until a couple of years ago i said it was the same way but then i got the criterion because they put out godzilla first for criterion and i picked up that on dvd years ago that was the first time i watched the japanese cut yeah stick with the japanese cut then awesome i think i i played a bunch of video games with with my friends here um I did have to watch a bunch of movies for various things on the podcast, so that took up some of my time. Uh, I read one. I went to the comic store, but I read only one comic this week, and it's not even on my pull list. I just opened up Marvel Unlimited, and I saw that for that I wanted to, that um, Spider Man Fifty Four came out, and it was the revealing of who Kindred the villain is through the, the the entire fifty issues of who the of this entire arc, who the big bad is. I mean, I won't reveal it on here in case you read it or or whatever. But um, yeah, I'm not caught up yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, that's a fun. That was that was a pretty fun issue. I've been I've been enjoying Spencer's run. Yeah. Um, where I'm at, I, I'm about. I think I'm about at issue forty four. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, You're so. It's it's surprising that it really took like over fifty issues to f- reveal a villain, and that's really that is long term planning that I didn't expect to happen because it Kindred was, is revealed in like one of the first issues. It was honestly really refreshing to have mm-hmm. the pace be that way. Yeah. In a Spider Man comic, um, anyway. And but yeah, uh, I uh, again like I I read a lot of that run and then i stopped and then i read some of the back issues and i stopped and i kind of just jumped a couple issues ahead just so i can find out who the villain was after all this time it's really cool um the art right now it's it's mark bagley uh and i'm not uh he's a great spider-man artist but i'm just for me he's a little too cartoony uh but he works for spider-man so it's it's great yeah um but yeah like that big big fan of him because uh ultimate, ultimate Spider-Man. oh yeah yeah 100 mm-hmm. um yeah that's the one comic i read i'm I keep saying it, but I'm really going to try to double down and get on these comics because, like, I literally have, like, 100 comics piled up, and I'm like, oh, my, oh my I'm God. I'm living in the same space, yeah. Uh, it's going to happen. Uh, I'm going to push it. Yeah, I'm trying to tell myself I'm not going to go back to the comic store to get my new stack until I finish the old one, which is a few months old. So I just don't want my pull list to get big. That's the only, that's my scare. I, yeah, I need to be careful with mine. I need to be careful with mine, too. Yeah, it looks like my pull list isn't, isn't as big, but at the same time, I got to also be careful. But I want to read the books and... Yeah, I really got to like message the store and be like, hey, I'm going to come in soon. Just please don't cancel my pull list. I got to do that. Let them, let them know. Yeah. I'll, I'll, that, I'll, is, I'll, that is me. I'll go. Okay, Ben goes. So uh, I actually did quite a bit this week. Um, I wasn't feeling the best, so I just so I 
called out for work, but look, luckily I'm feeling okay. I'm good. It wasn't COVID. It was just like a little, it was just a tiny little. Ben, he told us last week. Never mind. We brought it on the show, Ben. No, shut up. It's at the end of the show. Hey guys, if anybody from his work is watching the show, go to the last episode and go skip to the end. Ben, we have five listeners. Do you think four of them are people who you work with? No. I'm pretty sure I told you guys after we were done recording, too. Eh. Anyway. Then they won't find anything. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, going? so I was able to consume quite a bit of media this week. Um, one of the shows I watched was brand new. You're going to be happy about this. I started watching Lower Decks on Paramount Plus. Oh, cool. And I'm on episode seven, and I freaking love it. it yeah, it's is, awesome. It is a great show, and I, I love the cast of the Cerritos. I love everyone on that ship. I love um, uh, Rutherford and the green, the alien girls whose name I completely forgot. I forgot too. I know. I love those two together. I love. Get to uh, the dog. No, I haven't gotten to the dog yet. Okay. The, the last episode I got what the last episode I got to was when um <clears throat> was when uh Brad was meeting his girlfriend and and yeah Marilyn, that's a that's uh, a funny one yeah and uh yeah. Oh, is it is it is it Marilyn Mariner no, Mariner thank you Mariner and and Mariner was like convinced she was like an alien and about to kill her or kill her or vampire yeah it was just those whole, that whole episode of them like finding them eventually bonding was just awesome I. Um, they got approved for season two, right? Yeah, they were renewed for two seasons when they got when they got started. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, well, we're only gonna have Paramount Plus until the end of the month, so I need to finish this uh, season, and and maybe once season two comes up, I'll probably just like do a well, like a one week binge or something. But yeah, Lower Decks is awesome. I freaking love it. Fanny's been watching it with me, and she doesn't know lick about Star Trek, so she really like she's enjoying it too. Best of the modern Trek shows by far. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely Lower Decks. That show is. Mm, that's some good stuff right there. As a big fan of Star Trek shows, you agree it's the best of the modern shows, Ben? I, I really, really through all of them. I'm just saying, I'm like, <laughs> hey man, he's a big Stephen King fan. Maybe we found his next best thing in Star Trek. I mean, that's true. You have not seen Discovery or Picard, so no, I'm just can't really say. I'm just I actually, actually, I watched part of Discovery and Picard because my roommate was watching it, and let me tell you, when we got to the Klingons and Discovery, I'm like, wait, those are Klingons? How do you really? think I, I felt? I, okay. Yeah. <laughs> You were probably like, what the hell am I looking at? Even I was like, those can't I be remember. Cool. We talked about it. Hi, Meg. Hey, Meg. Meg, the big, the best bro. Number one fan. Yeah, so besides watching uh, Lower Decks, um, a little, uh, I played video games with uh, Sparks and Ryan a little bit. We played some uh, Fortnite. We played some Dead by Daylight. So some video games were played. And yeah, as uh, we, I got the physical copy of Hades because that came out this week. I haven't played it yet, but I got it. And ben, can you do like a... Behold. Behold. My physical copies. And uh, one thing I really like, love about this is that it actually came with a booklet and a digital download code for the soundtrack. And I really miss it when video games don't come with like little booklets for the physical copies anymore. I mean, I get it. You don't really need an instruction manual anymore because all the tutorials there and all and all this, the controls you need, you can find it online easily. But also, so every game has basically the same controls. Well, if you know, if you know, if you know Mario, it's like if you're playing a Mario game on Switch, B to jump, Y to run, and use the fireballs. You don't need anything else. Uh, all the all the luckily because I play a lot of open world games. Pretty much every single open world game I buy comes with a map. Every single yeah. one. Every Rockstar game comes with a map. Every Elder yeah. Scrolls game comes with a oh, map. That kind of shit. I love that. Yeah, every yeah. I have I have, I when I was in high school, my entire wall was filled with fake maps of fake worlds. It was it was <laughs> incredible. I loved it. 
people, yeah, grandma and grandpa come over. Right. Have you been to these places? Yes, grandma. M- many hours. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. I spent so much time, so much time at in a freaking Skyrim. You have no idea. I know that place. Witcher, like 3, back of my hand. Witcher 3 has a big ass map. It's beautiful. Comes with a free yeah. soundtrack, too. It's great. Yeah. But yeah, so I was able to, to pick that up. Also, I picked up a few other uh, books, which are video game inspired. So you guys are like, oh, yeah, Nostalgia's Bitch. That's totally Ben. And I played some board games with Fanny and my roommate and just had a nice, chill week. It was nice. I relaxed. Got to play some games. Got to read a little little bit. Not my comic books, but I got to I got to enjoy it. I love it. Cool. What's that for you? Sparks? Brandon. Damn you. <laughs> you bitch. It's really weird going second to last. <laughs> Why? I, just I don't like know. It just throws off. me off. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Uh, okay, I'll go next. So I I, I I didn't do a whole lot uh, through just busyness things. I had to go to the vet. Got some bad news about my father. He's fine. It's sick, but he's fine. And uh, got vaccinated, with kit, which kicked my ass. Mm. Um, so yay, vaccinations, guys, do it. Um, Trying to. But damn, I was, sick. I was still out for like two days. Anyway. Um, but I did get to watch some things. I watched How Do You Know, which is a movie that I do not remember. But apparently, according to my letterbox, I watched it. <laughs> pretty, pretty sure it was a movie. It was a romantic comedy with Paul Rudd. How do you know? Jack Nicholson's. In, oh, it's Jack Nicholson's last movie. That's what it is. Mm. Uh, are you upset by that, Ben? No, no. I've, I had something... I was going to talk about during my week, but it was the Square Enix thing, but we'll we'll just go into it when we start the news. Okay. Um, Yeah, so how do you know? Uh, But I I memorably... Unmemorable? Unmemorable. (laughs) Completely. Pretty. I think Owen Wilson's in it. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It's Owen Wilson, Reese Witherspoon, Paul Rudd. Jack Nicholson, apparently not good. (laughs) Uh, It's Jack Nicholson's last movie. He retired on it. And Tiana Paris is in it. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. I remember, so, say, I remember saying that. 31% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> and, and I'll be good. Hey, you know, Zara Catherine Hahn's in it too. Oh! Who? Catherine Hahn is in it too. Oh, yeah, she is. Wow. She is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, to- and Tony Shalhoub. Man, it's a bummer this movie sucks. Oh, I'm pretty sure also, um, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not just saying this, I'm pretty sure Hayward's in that because there's a scene that people are like, oh, this is a deleted scene from WandaVision. It's Hayward not and that one together. Not that one? Not that one. Yeah, oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I was looking. Gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah. Pretty think it's about a baseball player. Reese Witherspoon's a baseball player. <laughs> oh yeah? I think so. I don't remember. Wow. How do you know? <laughs> Maybe that's why they called it that. <laughs> All right. Anyway. I also watched two other films for Zara. Uh, she got lucky this week. She got three. Yeah. <laughs> um so we we watched the animated film from Belgium. Um uh, that's on Amazon Prime called Son of Bigfoot, which, as you would imagine, is about the son of Bigfoot, mm-hmm. um, which is an ill explained thing in the movie with completely fine voice acting and a, and a story written definitely by a five year old. Mm. Um, it's cute, but that's about it. But she loved that so much that we watched the Netflix original sequel, Bigfoot oh. Family. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is exactly the same quality-wise. So, do we know that the guys who, if the people who made this movie, were just really big fans of that one song from Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny? 
Oh no, what I think it is, honestly, it's the um if you remember a couple of years ago, and this lines up, Missing Link, Abominable, and Smallfoot all came out in the same year. Yeah, that was the year oh, of the bomb it did. Uh that was the year of the Bigfoot. Uh I think the it this movie also came out. This was the fourth Bigfoot movie. This was the lost Bigfoot. Oh this you you found it. So weird. Yo, I didn't put it in trailers because I didn't want to, but if anyone wants to check it out, because we're talking about Bigfoot, there's a a very fascinating uh, looking Hulu docuseries about to come out called Sasquatch, uh, which is all about how there's a place in California called the Emerald Triangle, Mm -hmm. which is where all the like largest weed farms are. Oh, yeah. And how many people have been murdered and disappeared suspiciously in that area. And a lot of people locally in the area attribute it to Bigfoot. And it's (laughs) really, really fascinating. Definitely not because it's there's a criminal organization happening right there. For sure. But it's really fascinating because the, the team that did it was able to get like don't show their face interviews with a crap ton of the people who were working the weed farms. Oh my God, that's awesome. And I'm like, yo, I bet this is an entertaining This watch. is like a Tiger King where secretly everyone on Tiger King's like a criminal when it's just, oh, it's about tigers. Like, yeah. oh my God, that yeah, sounds yeah. awesome. Yeah, so check out that trailer. <laughs> okay. Um, and I, we talked about it a bit. I watched the Assemble documentary for WandaVision. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. Really liked seeing how they made that show. Uh, Catherine Hahn being really excited when she watches Wanda Elizabeth, Elizabeth Olsen fly on a, on a thing. He's like, oh, that looks like so much fun. <laughs> uh, Blue Vision with ears, which will never leave my nightmares. <laughs> that definitely made me think about how much flying there was in the episode. There yeah. was a lot of the last episode. I was like, wow, there really was a lot of flying. <laughs> Vision just flies. Yeah. Um, I watched... Uh, I'll say Aquaman next. I love Aquaman. I think that movie rules. You're right, it does. Um, we talked about, we had a review of it. Uh, my opinions have not changed. Uh, when the Karathan shows up in that final fight, holy crap. He's writing dolphins. That is that is such a cool movie. I still cannot believe the Kraken's voiced by freaking Julie Andrews of all people. I, uh, I didn't mean to do it at the same time that the Snyder cut. So it wasn't any like statement on my opinions of that, um, uh, which was, I thought was weird, but that movie is just, is just so wild and bonkers. And I just have a blast watching it. And it makes me really eager for a sequel and just Jason Momoa as an actor in general. Uh, yeah. Love it. Love it. Aquaman's very good. Big fan. Yeah. Was my, was my favorite DC movie until of birds breaking up yeah mm-hmm. um i'm about i've 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 since really upped my opinion on birds of prey because at first mm-hmm. i was a little warm on it um but aquaman shazam wonder woman and birds of prey are all kind of like in a line of like i love these yeah like the the next generation of the not snyder movies like they're all great like i like yeah. i like them all like i'm so glad i'm so glad we got those movies me too yeah uh except, except wonder woman 84 yeah what are you, I don't, what movie are you talking about oh sorry no, I'm talking about no. You said Wonder Woman, yeah, and the, the other ones. That's it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Definitely the sh- push that memory down. Life, James, life is good. James Gunn's Suicide Squad. Be James Gunn's Suicide Squad is the first Suicide Squad. I'm so excited to see what they do with those characters. Speaking of, actually, uh, I cut. I'm, I'm guys. I'm Team Air Cut. I'm Team Release the Air Cut. You can't do that. Why not? You can't just do that. I want to see it. I want to see if that's, there's a watchable movie in there because I think oh, no, Justin is watchable. Agree. I, I agree. I agree. Yeah, <laughs> this, we have to stop it at one point. <laughs> I know we definitely do, but like, uh, if because we get them like like um, we're going to talk about one actually 
Alien 3. Uh, yeah. But like the Richard Donner Superman, like they happened like years later. I don't mind like 20 years later, David Ayer wants to come back and fix it. Yeah, I would even, I would suspect given the, the su- success, quote unquote yeah. success of how, how much people are responding to this movie, I wouldn't be shocked if in a couple of years we do see something like this on HBO Max. 100%. Yeah. I, that would be cool. I'm not against it. I like I like directors having their visions come true. What but, I the, the like yeah. most optimistic version I can see right now of like this increase in conversation about release the blank cut, release the uh, release is, the director's is vision this, cut. Is this desire for them to keep returning back to? And I hope that it just really leads to maybe just the studios interfering less. Yeah, with final products. That's the yeah. dream, dude. Yeah. Uh, because I I feel like this demand is is gonna increase. People are gonna be com- talking about the Snyder Cut, but they're gonna be talking about other cuts that they're now thinking back on. And they're like the Aliens director cut, and they're like, well, this is just so much better. Yeah. Like it's, all these kind of conversations are gonna happen. And it's like even even where it it falls short, it usually has a superior artistic choice. Mm-hmm to the studio mandated version where at least even if it doesn't necessarily make the movie great or anything it we're going to talk about this today with the aliens films it it still makes it feel like there's something more going on than the more run-of-the-mill release that ends up happening in theaters yeah so i hope if that demand increases that not what happens is that we just keep getting people going back and redoing the art and constantly getting these new cuts but just studios start to go maybe we just trust them and let them do the thing well it's like it's very much like a it's like it's like a video game remaster thing. Like like we want to be better for the future, right? So future movies, we don't have to go back and remaster because there was mistakes. Like right. movies from the past, like we have like if we can fix those, sure. Right. I think the I think the tough thing with like things going forward is that studios have to make that bet early mm-hmm. rather than trying to interfere in the middle because the Snyder Cut costs seventy million dollars to finish for a reason. It's yeah. a lot of CGI that didn't get done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and CGI is so important to so many of those ones that we're talking about, because usually the lower films are artistic. They usually are the person's vision. They're not really being interfered with as much. It's because, it's because more money is on the line that the studios interfere as much. Yeah. Uh, and I hope that they start to just go, we're just, we're going to dump it and we're going to hope. And we're just going to put yeah. the faith in the money behind the person yeah. rather than like, having to go back and recorrect. And again, I think that's why like this newer generation of the movies like Wonder Woman and uh and Shazam and and Birds of Prey and Aquaman, those are all visions. Like mm-hmm. Aquaman, like that's that's a movie. Well, that's a movie then, with someone's then, idea. But even then like we love Birds of Prey. But uh the director has already come forward and said that's still not the cut that I wanted to make. Mm, okay. So we're still we're still dealing with that even where when we're happy it's like we're still not seeing it all. Yeah. And I want to I want to be perfectly clear. It's not that I was against the Snyder cut. I was against the Snyder cult. No, of course. That'll yeah. come we're up not, later. We're not too. Even, yeah, That'll yeah. come up later too. I just you guys talking about like cuts and I'm just thinking yeah. about the popularity of them so I wanted to No, yeah, yeah. And you're you're totally you're, you're totally right though. Like, you know, we look at the Superman the Superman two Superman two was mostly filmed by Richard Donner. And then he was fired and Richard Lester came on. So, and then 20, 40 years later, they're like, Hey, do you want to do this? So he, he put out the movie he wants to make Hey, yeah. Superman two, the Richard Donner cut is vastly superior. Yes, it that's is. The only, that's the only cut. Like when they released the Superman five film collection. Yeah. They include for, that. They only include the Donner cut. I have never seen the original cut of Superman two. The only collection I, I have. Cut. The collection I have has both of them. Both. The, I don't know if I've seen children. seen the original either, actually, because I like went out of my way to like make sure I watched like the good one. You know, I definitely mm-hmm. saw the original the first time I saw it. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. You want to know? You want to know something funny? I think the last time I watched Superman two, it was it must have been on like Stars or something. This was way back in the day, but it 
like if you look on the TV guide, it specifically says Superman two colon the Richard Donner cut. That's what it's called. They're not gonna. They don't play. I was like Superman. I don't know why it says Richard. Donner. This is back before I knew about Richard Donner. I was like, I don't know why it says Richard Donner cut, but I'm gonna go ahead and watch Superman two. And I watched Superman yeah. two. I was like, Man, that movie's great. It's yeah. It's the, it's the official title. We should definitely get back to our week, but clearly this is a topic we could do someday. Yes. Oh yeah, I'm gonna write that down. Yeah, yeah, write that down. Um, I watched Godzilla. Um, Which one? 2014. The, 2014. Nice. Um, Snyder cut topic. I'll know what that means, right? Uh, we will. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah, I watched the 2014 Godzilla movie. Um. It's. Uh, I really like that movie. Um. It. It, it is my. Uh, it's in my top five Godzilla films in general. Uh, I'm not ashamed of that. I think that movie was really good. Except, I really wish Aaron Taylor Johnson was a better actor in it. Yeah. Um, I also watched Godzilla 2014 this week. Um, man, I want that 4K. Um, <laughs> I, wish, I, I wish I liked that movie better. I really do. Man, you know, I was watching it this time and something stood out to me, which is that it's it's a lot of really great individual sequences yeah, that don't all... necessarily sequence together. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a lot of incredible, like, just this moment, I'm like, th- this minute to this minute, uh, I'm like, oh man, this is incredible. And like, oh, this is so good. And they clearly made it with the trailer in mind. And this is, this is a really good moment, isolated on its own. But interwoven into the film, they just don't all coalesce together for a strong narrative. If the if the finale for me wasn't so cool, I would I would not even I would not be talking about this movie at all. Gareth, Gareth Edwards' idea of, of tone and like yeah. the the score and the visuals, the look of it, I love it. Are going together so well, and the tension is there. The 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 heart and emotion of what should be going on is there. I also it's think just, it's. I also think it's it's it has a lot to say. Mm. Um, you know, it's an American Godzilla film with a lot to say. We're about generational pain, about our relationship yeah. with nature. Um, I and I think that's what for me elevates it is that it's it's saying those things and that resonates. I just have to follow someone I I kind of don't like for two hours, and it just really it's hard. I yeah. think it has I think it has those things to say. You're absolutely right, Brandon. But the problem is that the protagonist isn't engaging with that narrative. Not that's at all. True. And that's that's really the issue is that but he uh, should because he's the reason why the narrative is the way it is. You're you're right, but he doesn't, and that's that's the the really the problem is that like that narrative is there, but he's not your main character. You're following is not part of. I it. I did see your tweet, Brandon. I remember that you did see watch this movie. You like they killed the wrong characters in both of these movies, and I 100 yeah. percent agree. Like you didn't have to have Brian Brian Cranston be the main hero, but you really should not have put him into marketing so much and kill him in the first mo- part of the movie. Uh, it's, like, it's, it's always bewildering to me that he falls off the bridge and that looks like him dying, and then they keep him alive, but only long enough to kill him on the chopper. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't get that. I don't understand that choice at all. I, I, I just feel like... Hey. So I, I said that in regards to because Sally Hawkins dies in the second film, and I don't think she should have. Um, right which we've talked about on a review of the second film. Mm-hmm. Um, but Brian Cranston, everything with him is honestly incredible. He's yeah. really selling the script and it, and the writers clearly have an understanding of a story of, of his character that they don't have with Ford, which is, which is uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. So killing him, especially so early, just feels like the movie is empty. Yeah. Uh, also like coming out of, having read recently again godzilla awakening i wish more of what's there for sarazawa's background was more present besides the one scene where he passes his watch to the 
to the yeah. commander. Uh, and, and he's like, that's, that's my brief explanation. And I'm like, you clearly have an understanding and, and like pre preconceived relationship with Godzilla. You've been thinking about this for a long time. I wish that was more on the page because he just says, I believe that he's a, a power balance, but we don't get anything about where that comes from, what his instigations for that are. Uh, and that's not, that's not there, which is a weird choice since you're reestablishing Godzilla's presence for a new take and a new generation. Yeah. What are you waiting for the 4K for? Oh, I just want... No, I, I just want it. I watched oh, okay. it. I just want it because it'll look better. Okay. Because he... Because uh, I was going to get the 4K because it looked brighter. Uh, because the film is pretty dark uh, if you yeah. watch it on uh, Blu-ray. But they didn't they didn't brighten the, the image. They lied about that. And everyone found that out. So... Uh, I can't. I'm not getting the 4K anymore. Instead, I just brightened my TV. <laughs> uh, I I'm still gonna get the 4K because it's gonna even then like color balances are easier to mess with on a 4K television and things like um, that. Mag says and teasing fights instead of a full scene fight. <laughs> I actually disagree with that. I think um, it became it did become uh, kind of a, a joke for the movie that it does it does cut away from the fights too often. But watching it more. Uh, I think it actually works in that film's favor. And that final fight is really cool. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, I think it's a better idea to hold it off so that the finale has the right punch to it. And it ultimately does. Yeah. The problem is that still I'm following Aaron Taylor Johnson, who's not engaging with the narrative yeah, I want to like, be engaged with. Like, I yeah. like, again, yeah. like, uh, not like people, not not you, Mag, but people have this expectation that the Godzilla movies are just like always Godzilla fighting. And that, that can't be the case. You just can't make movies where that's the case. So you have to have protagonists that, that you follow. And it's just unfortunate, like, if you don't like the protagonist, then you're just waiting for Godzilla. But if you don't like it, but there's only, like, seven seconds of Godzilla in this movie. Gareth, so, like, and, it, and it really bums me out that Gareth Edwards and Jordan Voight Roberts are the only two that even try to engage in making good characters for a Godzilla film. Because yeah. uh, um, Michael Doherty doesn't give a shit. <laughs> I was going to say, it, it, Mag, if you want, like, full fight scenes, like, King of the Monsters is the movie for you. That has monster shit in spades. That has maybe even worse characters. So what are you going to do? <laughs> Because but that's the thing is like you need you're right you need better characters and and American American directors now are in on the joke of like oh nobody wants to see the humans they just want to see the monsters that's not true and that's not true you need to still try to give us engaging human characters I need someone to care about that the things are getting destroyed or else like yeah like who cares if people die I don't care like I'm supposed to care that's the point yeah um it's it's definitely like that that film in particular it it is not necessarily a problem with like the characters aren't interesting. It's just that they're not letting the characters really express themselves enough to be connected to what the story is about, or they're there. They're in it too little. Yeah. Uh, as is the case with Brian Cranston and Sarazawa. Yeah. Um, they're just not in it enough to get to, to connect really with what's going on. Um, visually just such a, a really inspired direction. And I will say like the marketing hurt it a lot because the marketing sets you up for a movie that it ultimately just wasn't. Same yeah. thing with King of the Monsters, to be to be fair. Yeah, yeah, um, I agree with all that. Okay, I uh, uh, last week I finished. Uh, last week I told you guys I was reading Thor: The Complete Collection, Volume One by Jason Aaron. Um, and it's, and this week I finished it, uh, which went to the the uh, League of Realms team team up uh, when Malekith escapes Hell. Um, oh, with like like the, like the troll and the dwarf, and yeah, like the, like the international, yeah, yeah, was, yeah. yeah. Um, real quickly, uh, Mag says like the wacky plot in Mechagodzilla seventy four. Yes, but good characters in that film. Yeah, and to be fair, like that's a really good example of 
where the dub and the sub are not served the same way. If you're watching uh, the dub version, they they do treat that in a very B-camp way. If you are watching the subtitle, then you're going to get a lot more of the subtext about why specifically where that movie is happening is important culturally. Yeah. Um, anyway, so what was I talking about? I was talking about Thor. So yeah, that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that. So I'm going to start volume two. Just bummer. I found out that volume two does not collect original sin. It just moves from Thor to mighty Thor. Are you're buying, Oh, you're buying like the big, the big ones, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, but I bought original sin. So rectified. Uh, <laughs> Cause I need to read that before I go. To yeah, mighty I, um, I want to say that my, cause I think the biggest collection I have, like from, from runs that have like, um, like tie-ins like that, like my Iron Man run, Stop. I think there's a specific volume that's just called like um, fear itself. And yeah. instead of, it goes from like like uh, volume nine to fear itself, then to volume ten or something, and that really messes with me. I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it. Um, it's the same vault. It's the same issuing. It doesn't make sense. The other thing is that Thor, the collection of volume two, goes up to Thor's, which is the Secret Wars tie-in, but Secret Wars is not collected in this, obviously, because it's Hickman, and it's also like uh, ten giant issues. Yeah. So, so I'm like, well, okay, I've read Secret Wars, so that's not as egregious, but still. Thor's is an, as a, and again, all those tie-ins are cool. That's a murder mystery about why are all the Jane Fosters in the multiverse getting killed. And very important to go into the Unworthy Thor comic book. Yeah. Um, which I only know of, and I'm excited to get there. One day. All right, um, that's coming out in May. Um, I read a couple of comics. I didn't have a huge pull list this week, so I read the X-Men, obviously, and I read um, Thor, uh, which is great. And But I read Nightwing, and I want to talk a bit about Nightwing. Uh, Tom Taylor has started his run on Nightwing, and if you've been following Nightwing for the New 52, he's not had a great go of it. <laughs> um, Kyle Higgins had an awesome, awesome run. An awesome run that co- that was with Scott Snyder's Batman, and that, that yeah. coincided together. That was a great yeah. run, and then it was all downhill from there. Um, there was Grayson, which is being looked back on more fondly than it was at the time. I think that book um, was good from the get-go, and I didn't even know Tom King was on that book because he co-wrote that book. Yeah. Um, and then Rick Grayson, obviously, more recently. Um, yeah, he's had a rough go of it. Um, he was pretending to be dead for a while after Forever Evil. Oh, that was Grayson. I remember that. Okay, anyway. Um, wild. Anyway, this is kind of back to basics. N- Nightwing, this is Dick Grayson. He's at Blo- he's in Bloodhaven um, dealing with uh, bad guys in Bloodhaven. And Tom Taylor is such a great voice for Dick Grayson, uh, for Nightwing, a- and even Barbara Gordon. Um, I had a blast and I'm so excited to be reading a Nightwing book. I'm glad for you. I'm glad to also be picking up a Nightwing book again. Uh, like next to Swamp Thing, like, like I, I'm a Batman guy, but like Nightwing is my dude. Like I love Nightwing. Like he, he's my favorite Batman. There's the, there's the thing. Um, Hopefully we get a Fortnite skin. I just no way we're not getting a Fortnite skin. We got classic Raven, bro. Brandon, there's some really good Raven skins. <laughs> they are so good. It makes me mad. Like how much I want to level in that game. But um, I'm just so excited. I love it all. It's all good. <laughs> um, yeah, Nightwing's great. Uh, if, if you have room in your pull list, you should pick it up. I, I think it's awesome. <laughs> um, I went down... This is this is my last thing. I went down uh, a Prometheus rabbit hole. Oh. Um, I texted Sparks about this while we were uh, a couple a couple days ago. I Obviously, we were going through the Alien films, all six. Um, and, and I decided after our discussion to look up some things about... Uh, alien covenant through my search 
uh, so to look my thing as a Prometheus, but I started with a with looking for Alien Covenant Advent, which is the prologue to Alien Covenant, we talked about. Um, epilogue. 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 Um, and I couldn't find it anywhere, so it ended up going uh, down this rabbit hole of Prometheus and what things mean and what the original intention was and that's, what... that's upsetting that that's not just like on YouTube. That's crazy. That's like one of the best things. Yeah. So I so I found it. So I watched a documentary for Prometheus and I did eventually find Alien Covenant uh, Advent. It's on um, uh, movies. It's on the digital version of Alien Covenant. Um, just like this uh, documentary for Prometheus is on the digital version of Prometheus. Um, so I just, I just fell deep and like 3am one morning, I was like, um, I'm still researching alien stuff, (laughs) intentions and things. And there's 20 drafts of the Prometheus script. I believe Um, it. I will talk more about my findings on Prometheus when we get into our topic. (laughs) Um, but I, I did watch some short films, uh, that my, my rabbit hole led me to some short films that alien did for its 40th anniversary. I believe it was 40th. Oh, they had like animated stuff too, right? No, this was all live action shorts. Okay. Uh, so these are six live action shorts that are on the YouTube channel Alien Anthology, which is the official Alien YouTube account, um, where you can find a lot of interesting stuff about Covenant. Um, so I watch. So I watched these all six shorts. They're like 10, 15 minutes long. Um, let's talk about talk about the ones I don't like real quickly. Alien Containment, Alien Night Shift, and Alien Or fine they were they were all right uh they don't really do anything new with the alien thing with the alien franchise it's so what these are all these are like student shorts so i'm not criticizing them too harshly just kind of saying that like the reason is because these three were really good which were alien specimen alien alone and alien harvest um i thought those three were excellent and did some really fascinating stuff with the alien uh franchise in just a short amount of time um, I really recommend them if you if you have the time to watch them well, again. Like ten minutes. I would love sure. To. But that's it. So I guess sparks. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, I watch some Gilmore Girls still. That's that's always just like kind of interwoven <laughs> and in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been trying to slowly catch up on the CWDC verse that's really mostly just been Batwoman because Batwoman was a lot ahead in weeks than everything else um so it was a lot of watching Batwoman um Batwoman's gonna come up later in our news but I just want to talk about uh there the one of the most recent episodes I watched was uh this one where they introduce a whole new concept of extra childhood trauma and add this character in her life that's gonna be like a quasi criminal that she knows for the it's it's just a lot it's a lot of trying to lay a lot on so that she has extra personal stuff going on as batwoman so it's a cw show which is hard well it's because you know they're inventing her from nothing so they have to force all this It, it just feels like it's very shoved in however uh i will say it had one of my favorite things that the show's done so far which is uh that she's she's dealing with some criminal stuff and then uh, she finishes that and nearby she hears like a, a break-in alarm going off. And so she goes to check the break-in alarm and she's staying there and she doesn't see anything. And then a little boy, a little black boy tugs on her cape and she's like, did you, did you do this? And he's like, well, I don't know how, I don't have a way to light the bat signal. So I just, 
and he wanted to just let her know that his brother is missing and he he's like will you help me batwoman do you care oh. um and i was like that's a that's a pretty nice batwoman moment guys that was pretty good um i every once in a while the show's impressing me right now and that was one of those i was like that's a that's a nice little thing i've never seen that in a batman related thing that's pretty good i love that um uh i had no time to watch black lightning this week so that didn't happen um I watched some more Dr. Stone because that's our anime right now. And Dr. Stone's great. And uh, I'll say that every week that I'm watching it. Dr. Stone is great. I don't think that show is ever going to get bad. So uh, there it is. Uh, watch WandaVision Assembled. We talked about that. We watched Falcon and Winter Soldier. And we have an episode coming out about that. Uh, Godzilla we covered. I read Dragon Ball Super um, because Ooh. the new manga chapter is out. Uh, that is doing some cool stuff. And it's also introducing something that feels kind of like filler while expanding the universe so it's both like kind of cool and kind of like oh we're just gonna spin our wheels i will say that like uh this whole thing is um there's this group that wants to overtake frieza's army to take control of the the galaxy because frieza's back and it's really thrown thrown away their their plans for like running criminal activity back again uh yeah he's been back since uh broly uh, uh, and after the end of the show um and so this so this kind of like up and coming criminal empire kind of got cut short because of his return and so a dude <laughs> a dude got access to some other other dragon balls again expanding the universe uh, wait there's it, a fourth set of dragon balls yes uh it's 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 actually uh totally reasonable again like it's it's a namekian that lived on another planet same deal as earth uh, kind yeah, of thing. Um, they're they're a unique set. It's a cool dragon. Uh, this this set of Dragon Balls only requires two. Oh. Um, yeah, Maybe. but it's also but it's also a different kind of power set. Uh, so it, there's cool stuff to it. Anyway, um, he he kind of makes this whole thing to make himself stronger, and they're like, okay, that's going to be a problem. We can't have him kill Frieza yet. Let's distract him. We're going to throw him at some Saiyans. Because he hates the Saiyans too. Because Frieza and the Saiyans destroyed his home uh, back when they worked for Frieza, and so that it's just like forcing this dude on a collision course with Goku and Vegeta. And I'm like, that's all right, I guess. <laughs> right. Um, uh, but the the concept of like these guys out in space trying to take over a criminal empire under Frieza is pretty cool. Um, expanding the idea of the extra Dragon Balls. It's just kind of this this generic shonen character is being tossed at Goku and Vegeta, and I'm kind of like, oh, all right. That happened um, again after Jiren? Uh, I would argue this dude's even a little more generic than Jiren in the sense that, like, he's, he's like, every aesthetic idea you could think of from Toriyama compiled into a single person. Oh, man. Um, okay, uh, that being said, like, they can still they can still do some cool character stuff with him. That could mm. still come. Um, he's just definitely, he himself is the least interesting part about what's happening. But there's still interesting stuff happening. Vegeta just uh, <laughs> got to the point where he can take a little pebble and he can destroy it with God of Destruction energy. So, awesome. yeah, so some good stuff's happening. Very slowly um, getting there. Very slowly. Uh, but, oh my God, but, he's going to become Topo. That's, that's, yeah, that's what's going to happen. And I'm so, I'm so into it. Topo. Uh, that's, yeah. that's clearly the inspiration for it because of how he faced Topo. Mm -hmm. uh, it's clearly like, Oh, he's gonna be like even better at it than that guy. <laughs> I mean, he is really destructive. So yeah, sense. yeah. So excited. Um, animate that, guys. 
Yes. Uh, yeah. The other nomad Namekian is actually, he's, he's an interesting dude. Uh, there's, there's a whole history there that I hope that they go a little more into. Um, I want to talk about Fortnite. Uh, Fortnite had a new season this week. Sure uh, there's a, kick-ass, there's a kick-ass uh, opening video for the new season. Brandon, you could watch it. It's just this fun cinematic. You get uh, a lot of licensed characters. Halo, the Terminator, everybody. Kratos. Kratos. Uh, you, watch linda hamilton uh sarah connor and ellen ripley both uh help each other face off xenomorphs and terminators i gotta tell brandon i gotta tell brandon about this one part there's this part where a super buff kitty punches the predator in the face and the predator just like looks over does the growl and the kitty's eyes go all big because he's no he knows he's screwed because the point the laser dots go on his head and then he dies um (laughs) then you hear an explosion so uh I, we played it long enough and this season introduced like it, this opening video introduced elements that I just, I don't know what they are. Uh, uh, and I'm like, okay, I'd like to know what's going on. So I watched a bunch of lore videos and I now know the story of what's happened in the major season events to lead up to this point, what's going on. I didn't realize it was as complex as it is, but it's very fascinating. Uh, the only cliff note I would really want to give about it is that there's actually a, it, it, there's actually a pretty surprisingly impressive logic to why there's like, Let's say Ryan's playing Ripley and then I'm playing Ripley. And yet that makes sense in the lore of the game, which is that, uh, which is that every time that a character from the multiverse has ended up at the nexus of the Island, it has created a snapshot of them. The snapshots of them become these, uh, these ripple effects through time who live their own identities, but they're also trapped in the loop of the nexus, which is why, you know, if you die on the Island, you just go back and start a new cycle because the Island is constantly looping. And that's so if you the, get transported there, you and get that's a clone what, made. And that's what the storm is. The storm is the loop repeating. And there can be more than one snapshot. Jonesy, Bro, this who's that blonde haired character. Yeah. There are multiple snapshots of him. It sounds like a movie. Um, in <laughs> fact, uh, there's, it's unclear if the character that you see in the video is the original Jonesy anymore, or if he has, become a snapshot um though that's that's real quick that's um that's multiple man uh jamie madrox from the x-men that dude dupes himself so much sometimes they live such long lives that they don't remember who the original guy is really dramatic so so uh the and then the core conflict of Fortnite is that um the io who we were dealing with in the last season they are an organization that is trying to protect the nexus point they don't want it to ripple throughout the multiverse or anything whereas the seven who were who have been around, but we, we, our first encounter was this season. Mm-hmm. Um, they are a group who wants to set all the snapshots free to live free of the loop. That sounds and like live a good their thing. Own identities. Right. So there's this constant like back and forth on, on that. It's actually kind of interesting. Are we the baddies? And, cool, and I'm pretty impressed. No, cause we're the snapshots no, yeah, yeah. and we're trapped. That's that every player is a snapshot. Uh, oh my God, Fortnite time. 2 is just like an, like a giant open world game where you're just like, we can do anything we want. It's, it's pretty <laughs> wild. Uh, so anyway, um, Fortnite's pretty cool. They they started this new season, which is called Primal. There's a whole lot of they they really introduced a whole lot of new cool stuff like crafting, crafting, oh, crafting yeah. weapons, uh, wildlife. You can tame them. You can hunt them. Um, there's gonna be dinosaurs very clearly. There's dinosaur eggs because uh, there's dinosaur eggs, and they've already mm-hmm. said that they're gonna hatch at some point. Um, there's it's, a lot of cool stuff. Uh, Tomb Raider, Laura Croft is here I just got for this Laura battle Croft. pass. She's in her modern look, but then you can unlock her classic look, and then you can unlock her retro the polygonal look where she look. looks polygonal and everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's the weird because really the, the super classic one, because that's like a, I think that's like a time exclusive if you're a part of like the, the Fortnite crew. Yeah. Man, it is. It, I mean, it looks good, but you can tell that's what it's supposed to like. This is like the original. 3D model of the old of those old uh, Tomb Raider games. Uh, the, 
the 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 super like epic raven one which is like which is the there's an artist artist called piccolo and he draws like these very cute like um like uh like og teen titans hanging out as like teenagers and like it's it's the look from his graphic novel book yeah, yeah. uh of raven and like looking like cool goth and i'm like i've never that's that's the dr doom for the season where i have to get that yeah yeah um fortnite has a way of just like giving me the needle i just like can't help it um there's also uh we don't find out for another like 30 days or so who the extra special characters you can unlock with the battle pass are there's clear there's four it looks like based on the uh question mark Aquaman. labels uh actually i based on the narrative of the season i am willing to bet money one of them is dr grant from jurassic park Oh yeah, that's I am a good idea. To bet money oh God, that is right. what's gonna happen. Okay, if we go down that logic, Indiana Jones then for Lara Croft. Almost almost Indiana certainly. Jones almost. is definitely this is like explorer, oh, yeah. like if like yeah, forestry yeah, yeah. stuff. Uh what if just, the Brandon, if the librarians show up as, as characters when you play this game with us? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, you know what? Yeah, I'll make that bet. If the librarians if the librarians show up as characters. Sophie, Halle Berry's character from John Wick 3 showed up. So I'm not ruling anybody out. Look, look, Brandon, all I'm saying is if Dr. Grant is one of them, you could log in for one month, just get one month of the battle pass, get Dr. Grant, and then just play Dr. Grant whenever you want. For the play rest the of your life. And you could play the rest of the time for free. And I'm just saying. Mm -hmm. <laughs> look, this is... You have mentioned you have mentioned you have mentioned we've tried to get me to play that game for a while. Uh, this is the closest you've gotten. Yeah. Uh, well, let's, more weeks. let's see how that season unfolds. Yeah, um, I, think, I mean, what? How long did it take for me to finally start playing with these guys? And they, they friggin' now you're giving them the money. You're giving them the cash. It's, it's pretty fun. Um, and uh, so that wasn't the only game I played this week. I also started Miles Morales. Um, okay. And I started on my PS5, and it looks so good. <laughs> so good. Uh, absolutely ridiculously good. Um, the frame rate with the ray tracing is incredible. Um, I And also the game just plays great. Uh, they've created This would be regardless of PS5. Uh, they've done such a good job creating a dynamic play style for Miles Morales. I'm not going to talk a bunch about it. Um, I really like what I'm playing, but we're going to do some kind of discussion about it in the near future. So I'm not going to say too much about that. Uh, and the last thing I want to touch on isn't something I did. It's just something I want to bring up. Um, it's a little bit tied to something I did. So for one of my uh, classes where I'm working in American studies, we had a guest speaker this week. Her name was uh, Carla Cornejo Villavicencio. Um, she wrote a book called Undocumented Americans. It's all about... Uh, it, the perspective of illegal immigrants in America. Um, and it was Luna. Sorry. Puppy. Uh, it's a really, really, uh, I didn't get to read the whole book, but I've read like passages from it. Um, and I've read some of her other work and I listened to a podcast where she talked about um, her family life and, and working up to the book. And she's, she's really, really cool. Um, uh, I highly recommend that if you're interested in like a, a really, personal perspective on what it's like to be uh undocumented in our in our country um anyway while we were doing that she also uh talked about the fact that she was on a podcast episode in fact uh the second podcast episode of a brand new podcast called yeah no i'm not okay that podcast is created by diane guerrero who plays crazy jane yeah. on doom patrol who's yeah, yeah, also yeah. lived her life uh with her parents as undocumented uh illegal immigrants who were deported um oh, wow. and uh and she's uh finally like putting a podcast together where she wants to talk about like 
living the life of what that has done to her and things like that. So I want to direct your attention to that podcast and certainly to that podcast episode, which I haven't had the time to listen to yet. Uh, but this podcast just launched uh, at the beginning of this month. Nice. And um, I love that actor. Uh, Diane Guerrero is also from uh, Orange is the New Black. You would know her from there. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that there's a lot of value in that. So definitely check that out, guys. Love it. Cool. She's, I follow her like on Instagram and Twitter. Like she's, she's radical. She's yeah. really cool. Um, I forgot a couple of things that I wanted to say. Uh, one was that uh, I, through my conversation, I interviewed a couple of people that I think uh, have cool podcasts. Um, and two that I just learned about are, oh gosh, oh golly, oh wow, which is a podcast where um, they go through every issue of Excalibur, the original Excalibur. Nice, 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 um, nice, nice. So every episode is another issue, and they go into the whole thing. Are you are are you gonna read Excalibur and then read this in that podcast? I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I gotta make sure I, I want to make that that commitment. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the D20 Future Show I wanted to mention because um, Ryan, you're doing your uh, actually you came up on the episode. Um, you're doing your role playing game because of that. Oh. That's how you came up. Uh, and Ben, you you listen to role playing games. Um, that so it's a D20 Future Show where it's doing like. It, the game is the D20 future um, and they're doing like a superhero superhero thing in 2070. It's like Dungeons and Dragons, but for uh, but in the future. Got it. Love it. More sci-fi. Yeah. All right. That sounds cool. I'll probably mention more podcasts as, uh, as episodes come out and because of that. Anyway, totally that's it. Be. All right. Let's get into our book club bit news. Let's get news. into our book club. <laughs> let's go to book club. <laughs> That uh, that was not the book club intro. <laughs> Don't mess with me right now. <laughs> not okay. <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, I did play the bread and butter one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you did. Okay, good. Cab me for a second. All right. Uh, so we're going to talk about some uh, sad news this week. Uh, first is Yasuo Atsukpa. Sorry, um, who is a legendary animator. From Toy Animation, uh, you know, he mentored a bunch of people from Studio Ghibli. Um, he passed away this week at the age of 89. Ooh, yeah. Um, he was uh, a major animation uh, animator on uh, the Loop in the Third anime series and also on Castle of Cagliostro. Okay, uh, right. Amongst yeah. other things. Um, but yeah, he was uh, also a big mentor of a lot of people, um, including uh, Yoshiyuki Sadamoto, who did the character designs for Evangelion. Oh, mm. uh, so yeah, that was that was sad. Rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace. And, and then something of bizarre timing. Uh, Yafet Koto uh, from Alien passed away this week at the age of eighty-one. Sorry, that is yeah. Um, this dude was a prolific character actor. I did not realize how much stuff they did. Oh my god. Yeah, uh, crazy that that the timing. Uh, when this came out, I was like, wow, we just, just watched Alien. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sigourney Weaver actually had a really nice uh, thing to say about him, about how he he motivated her as an actor. Um, I thought that was really nice. Yeah, I did too. Um, he was a Bond villain. Uh, yes. That's, that's how I recognize him too, yeah. He was? Yeah. What, what Bond movie? Live free and die. Which one? Live, Which Bond movie? live free and die hard. It's, what is it? Live, uh, live, live and let die. Sorry. Live and let die. Okay. The Beatles, song. the George, John, the John Paul's, whatever. Paul McCartney song. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> John Paul McCartney song. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, that was that. You know, that's sad. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Big news happened this week, and I'm not just talking about the Snyder Cut. Hmm. Um, Zack Snyder went on a stream, and Sparks, you wanted to talk about this. Um, I think Zach's, we all want to talk about it, but yeah. In some ways. Uh, Zack Snyder went on a stream and uh, denounced the YouTube channel Geeks and Gamers um, while advocating uh, to stop hate against Asian Americans because he has... Yeah, uh, I watched I watched children. the... I didn't watch the whole thing, but I did watch like him saying the thing, which is the important part. Um, yeah. de- it's great. Definitely like real quick, a content warning on some of the stuff we're about to talk about. 100%. Uh, uh, we're, we're about to discuss like the reaction to what Zack Snyder said. And there's definitely some quotes in there that are really, really bad uh, and about violence against uh, Asian Americans um, and, and Asian people in general. And so just be aware that we're going to be talking about that and quoting it and, I just want to get that out of the way first. Uh, so if you don't, if that's a trigger or anything, like s- skip past what we're about to talk about. Mute us because we're live. Yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, either one. <laughs> um, so he, so Geeks and Gamers is a known, um, uh, how would you describe them? A harasser, alt-right, I, assholes. I wasn't, I wasn't super familiar because I try to stay away uh, um if you know what comics gate is, I would say they're somewhat of an equivalent. They're they're in some an- ways born out of it. Yes, they are anti-progress. They're anti-social justice. Born out of oh. gamer gate too. Yeah, but you know what? They are not uh, anti chicky nuggies. What's that? What do you mean? Wanted to, wanted to turn that off when I heard that. That was one of their one of their people. What we talked about is the. Um, reaction to it and one of uh the reaction was to say are we evil people no and this guy was like talking about how great he is and how great his youtube channel is and said what do you think about oh i only think about chicky nuggies and i'm like oh my my goodness um nothing is happening uh so i let's let's we're gonna have to do this in kind of parts um so Zack Snyder, what he said let's just talk about that first uh what Zack Snyder did was he was really trying to separate because either on his own volition or through Warner Brothers, we'll never know, uh, he became aware of kind of the the hate that's going on with uh, geeks and gamers, at least uh, what's attributed to them, whether or not you subscribe to the idea that they're really at fault for that, whatever. Um, there's a lot attributed to them creating a negative uh, <laughs> dome within nerd culture, Um and again, like a, a kind of a content warning, this is all related to the tragedy in Atlanta, which we're, we're not directly talking about, but, but Zack Snyder felt extra compelled to bring this up, I would imagine, because of what happened this week in Atlanta. Um, really horrible, horrible thing that is already uh, far too quickly being painted as uh, not that big of a deal, and it is a big deal. Um, uh, this is stemming from a lot of uh, violence and hate towards Asian and Asian Americans, um, especially in the light of the coronavirus and uh, a year now of uh, blaming Chinese people for the virus. Um, not directly attributed to the Atlanta thing, but it certainly is the environment that this is fostered in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Zack Snyder having uh, Asian descended kids himself uh, really wanted to get ahead of that idea. And so he expressed that very blatantly on the stream that, you know, we're not affiliated with that kind of that kind of reputation. I am not familiar with if Geeks and Gamers said anything related to Asian hate in particular recently, 
but that is what compelled Zack Snyder to say it. Uh, he was pretty blatant about it. I also think he handled it in a pretty nice way where he just said, I just want to be clear that we're not affiliated with Geeks and Gamers. Then he had a pause and he separate thoughted that uh, I just want, you know, this to be something that we all come together. I'm yeah. paraphrasing him, but we all come together. It's not about around hate. And, it's not about and hate. And it's not about hate, especially in light of what's happened this week. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that was really nice. Overdue in some ways, because uh, certainly us on the podcast, our biggest problem hasn't been with the fact that like Zack Snyder's getting to make the movie. It's been with the fact that the people who have been the most vocal about it are, are also very, very aggressively dangerous and and hate-filled people who uh, share a rhetoric of negativity and racism and sexism uh, on the internet. Which and is, those people are the people who we we didn't like were getting rewarded. Which I don't understand. Which I don't understand because the Snyder Cut um, is is a thousand percent more diverse than the original Justice League movie. There's there's so much more cyborg Ryan Choi. Uh, all the so many more things that I'm like, did you guys do you guys even know he was supporting? He's not. He's he's. He's like a nice guy, all things considered. He's a liberal dude. Like it's it's really funny that like they're not even looking at the movie that he's making, when like your lead's a black a black actor. Well, what like, it came what so- it came down to what it came down to was his silence, and his silence yeah. uh, to them justified them. It's again that is that is very true, and silence is just if anything is just as bad. It's not condemning it. Um, it is it is it is really nice that he did this, and it's it is again awful that how quickly his fan base turned on him. Like it yeah. is that 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 day on Twitter was insane. I couldn't believe it. Like the people, yeah. the people who had like Snyder cut in their in their t- like Twitter handle were changing it and like vilifying him. I'm like, you guys are just. I think you're just angry. I think demanding, you're just angry. Demanding a boycott. Yeah, I think like, that, like you guys have been fighting for years for this. Now you're angry at him. Like it, it just goes to show you it was never about the movie. Yeah, and that 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 yeah that I texted Sparks uh, the night that I saw it happen, and I was like the Snyder cut the Snyder cut movement is eating itself from the inside right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, geeks and gamers had a three hour live stream response to this. They were um, crying where they, where they complained about his, and again, like he said two sentences. Yeah. And I don't think either of them put such a condemnation on geeks and gamers. Like he didn't even, he didn't even directly connect them to hate. He just made clear that they weren't affiliated. And look, I get that the implication is that, but I don't know that that warranted a three hour live stream response, but that's what happened. That one wasn't so much the worst of it though. The worst of it came. Well, I want to talk a bit about that. If, unless we're going to, unless we're no, going to no, move on ahead. to the really, um, I, I'm going to go on to the other one. So you, you go ahead and do what you're doing first. Yeah. I just wanted to say that, that I watched a lot of that stream um, through clips and just, because I was just baffled by it. Um, the, the, the thing is they had people on the stream that Zack Snyder made that statement. They had people there and this dude, uh, Jeremy something um, on Geeks and Gamers, the head dude of that of that channel, was spent most of the time asking his co-host questions and then saying how great he was about how like the Snyder Cut movement wouldn't have happened without us and how dare he betray us like this and of all the things like uh, I we 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 talked and they like start like saying things that clearly Zack Snyder told them in confidence because he like at one point must must have like trusted them and if not then they just made crap up to make the snyder cut seem bad when they have been trying to get this move this movie made uh, so long honestly i would assume a mix of both even if it, some of it is based in fact some of it i'm not gonna say is outright lies but like exaggerating to make it yeah more sh- yeah and then to make and then to make put then there was parts where where they were like 
Warner Brothers told them to say these things, trying to to get it like, no, let's redirect our energy away from Snyder because it's Warner Brothers. They're the evil people. Um, it, it, like you're right, and like going back to what Ryan said, Ryan's right. It was never about the movie. It was always just about it, harassment and hate, and it, it just it really boggles my mind because they're on the precipice. They are there. They won. They they're getting their four hour Justice League television the show night that night. Yeah, and it's. All he said was, hey, guys, we just had a national tragedy, and I have Asian kids. Like, I just, I want us to try to have a really nice conversation. Like, I just don't want it to be full of hate. Justice League, the movie, really, it's about love, and it's about tragedy. So, like, it makes sense. Like, Zack Snyder's in a very specific mood, and he wants to have a good time talking to his fans, yeah. and they turn on him. Like, this was awful for Zack Snyder. He's having a good wake- weekend for people who weren't really his fans, kind of like me. We're like... This dude just wanted to make the movie, and you guys, you guys are the ones being assholes. Like, yeah. it's been, it's been such an interesting weekend where like the, the sides have flipped. Like, I'm like I'm a fan of Zack Snyder, and now all his fans hate him. It's like this weekend was insane. You guys. Yeah, yeah, it was insane. Yeah. I think I think it's I think it did like kind of just uh, from an outside like didn't watch the Snyder cut perspective yeah. and everything. It, it did remind me of like, uh, and I don't feel like I've changed on this, but it did just remind me that like it's not. Zack Snyder that's been my problem I don't enjoy his take on these characters yep. that's always been the thing that I'm not that thrilled about but the Snyder cut specifically it never bothered me that like he was gonna get it made it's who what or got it made. yeah it's the people who spearheaded that campaign being rewarded for the way they went about 100 which we so- talked about was was at the top of it a whole lot of hate not everybody involved in it certainly but the people who were at the head of it yeah, yeah. so when I texted you guys Earlier this week, when I was at work, there was a news um, a news story came out about Snyder Cut in the news, and they said um, along the lines of these fans rallied to get their film made, and I'm like rallied by being bullies and assholes on the internet. That's yeah. one of the reasons why I'm at, because I mean I mean yeah they're they're technically not wrong, but at the same time it's like they were so mad, they were so mean, they were there's so much vitriol, they were just so toxic. It was it wasn't a look. We know the movie came out, but we would really like the original direct, the original vision to come out. Instead, they're like, "F you, Warner Brothers, we're gonna demand this." They were so, and it, people who came out and said, "Hey, I kind of like, I, I'm not a big uh, fan of the Snyderverse." They would just attack them. It was like they unleash the hounds and like say, "Kill them, sick them." I think it's also been really telling that you know we've talked a lot about the Ray Fisher stuff in the past few months, yeah. and I haven't seen most of these guys who spearhead that thing, spearhead Ray Fisher. In, in his stuff yeah, either yeah. uh you know like they're not championing him um yeah. so it, it, that's its own thing but yeah i mean to, to, to clarify i'm also glad that snack snyder was able to make his original vision i'm just mad that these people who are so toxic and so mean and just so just evil okay maybe that's the wrong word but they're just dicks. Like no they're they were dicks yeah. our one of our slogans is don't be a dick they were dicks and they got their way and um, it's like you're not supposed. Well, that's now, not supposed to happen. And now, like they they turned on the the one guy who had their backs. Yeah. So now, totally like a lot of those fans, like guess what? They they lost double time. So like now, like no, like whatever, like whatever movement or whatever you want. The stupid thing is called like it, it kind. It's kind of over now. They ruined it themselves because mm-hmm. one, the movie's out now, and most of the people who've seen it like it. Yeah. So like they won, but they're still mad about it. So like I don't I don't know how they come out on top on this. Like and I don't know how they return. So, to be perfectly so honest, but to be perfectly honest, I'm glad people are liking it. I'm glad like a lot of people on my Twitter feed are saying like, "Yo, this is actually really good." To be honest, I thought it was gonna crash. Well, don't, don't get off don't get off topic. 
Um, I wanted to just finish my thought by saying that that Jeremy, the guy who runs the Geeks and Gamers, he kept talking about how um, his how his streams are the ones that may raise money for the Snyder Cut or for suicide awareness, which admittedly they have. Um, but the, he talked about like how important he was to, this, to to Zack Snyder personally to the Snyder Cut. Um, that's a, that's an ego thing right there, my guy. And it was just so crazy to watch this this guy just like go insane for three hours. Uh, it's uh, something I saw it, a lot on Twitter when people were coming to defend geeks and gamers from what Zack Snyder said was like, look at all that they did to raise money for suicide prevention. I'm like, look, that's good. And but like one good thing doesn't absolve people of their behavior or yep. the, like shirk off responsibility of of their actions or their words you don't like, get to be a dick you, just because you give money right like, exactly like you can't you can do a good thing and a bad thing you can do a good thing and several bad things or several good things and one bad thing they're still worth critique on that level them doing this fundraising doesn't absolve them of uh of what we're criticizing them about um if we're content with that, I'd like to move on to the other yes. part of this that got so out of control, which is that the big stream that was a problem was the one hosted by Ethan Van Skyver, uh, which has, and I'm going to read the quote here uh, because it's gross. And I'll even talk about the context, which is that they're talking about the context around why Zack Snyder said what he said. Okay, that's about it on context. So Ethan Ooh, Van I, need to, said, I might need to trigger warning. So, so Ethan Van Skyver said, hit quote, He'll never stop me from killing Chinese people. We haven't killed enough. Give me a Tommy gun and line him up against the wall. So, uh, we've talked about Ethan Van Skyver on the podcast before. I don't like saying, talking much about him. I don't like saying his name. Uh, this was truly abhorrently disgusting, and there is no defense, and it is stunning to me, the people who have come to defend this as just, this is exact, in this week of all weeks, I cannot believe that this is being said and people are defending him saying it. I can't, I just can't. And this, this right here is the core of the biggest problem I have with what we called the Snyder cult, which I hate calling it that even anymore because it's not on Zack Snyder. No, it's never been on. Zack I Snyder. like the movie this he put on, out and I don't want to be associated with those people. He's never like, been like, he's never been out there resharing these things. Now that, no. that being said, like Zack Snyder could have been more responsible. Like we've talked about that stream on the virtual event that other girl shouldn't have been there with him 100%. uh because of her racist remarks however uh this this has always been the problem of this it's these this mentality these kind of people people like ethan manskyber who are saying and putting out things like this and everyone's just kind of brushing it off like that's all right not everyone i'm sorry but i mean the people who follow them are are acknowledging that like this is okay there's another guy on that stream as ethan manskyber is saying it who's laughing yeah. at it yeah they're all a bunch of uh, that i can't i can't they're all bad it, it's the same stream and it's the same guy who cut off Kelly Matran, Kelly Matran's head, the character Rose's head off a Star Wars action figure. Like they've been, they've been bad for years, and unfortunately, again, like it's something we talked about in the past. Like YouTube, there's a difference between like you know, like free speech and hate speech. Like you know, yeah, like, the, this is the group that was uh, all, all very much angry about Gina Carano being in the Mandalorian uh, until she started tweeting about things that they agreed, and then they're with. mad and about they, it, and then they were mad about yeah. her being fired. It's um, this is who we're talking about. This is who we're dealing with. Uh, Anyway, that video got reported and I think eventually taken down. It did, and he made a video uh, responding like, oh, oh, it's a conspiracy against me. Oh, he made, let me let me, let me, me say something real quick about that, because, like, holy shit, to have the ego that that man has really irked me. He legitimately believes, you know what, maybe he doesn't, maybe he knows that his audience is stupid and will believe it. 
Or maybe well, I mean, he's just part, that stupid. I mean, partially, yes, because like all he does is make like Patreon frog racist comics. So like all, he knows his fan base. But he said that Lucasfilm, not Warner's, Lucasfilm, has hired a PR firm to take him down specifically. It's the wrong company. I hate well, him. Things he said before. Oh, before. Uh, and then that this is them enacting and being part of it is okay. still this. Yes, it is. It, it's really gross. It's horrifying. Some of the geeks and gamers people are like, I've also seen There's people crossover. say, like, I, I've also seen people say, like, hey, guys, geeks and gamers isn't responsible for the things that Ethan Manskyver is saying on his thread. And I'm like, um, two of them are on that stream. Like, yes, they are. They're the same. They're uh, the same it's people. all the same. Like, yeah. stop it. Um, if you are on that stream and you're not going, whoa, what did you just say? Mm -hmm. Then, yeah, you are responsible too. Um, it's it's really ugly it's really gross uh i hate that 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 is something that's going on right now yeah. um definitely uh i'll tell you there's what a, there's another interesting angle on this that uh happened which is on twitter where a group called rewriting ripley podcast which is also a new podcast that i haven't had the time to listen to but they're all about collecting this feminist Too many data podcasts. and uh and presenting a uh stance on why things like the mary sue has taken off in pop culture and things like that but using a lot of like critical analysis data to do it well they're the people who got uh the clip of skyver saying that trending and then it was very quickly that uh, that whole group started building a coalition to take down this really new Twitter uh, position saying that they've been a problem for a long time because of their the way they do things and all that. Jesus. Fascinating. What, what a weekend. Let me tell you, when the Snyder Cut got released, this is not what I imagined. <laughs> Them imploding. It's crazy. You know what? It was quieter this weekend, though. <laughs> so weird, right? Yeah. <laughs> all those channels gone. God. And it's like, man, what a, like, I expected, like, to hate that movie and all the fans to just, like, be reveling in it. But now, like, we got an okay movie and all the fans are, like, pissed. And I'm like, what a weird world. Like, 24 hours changes yeah. the world. You know, Justice League is actually, this is the second time this has happened to this movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, Justice League was not the most controversial film of that year. And it's also it's also created a clear distinction of the people who were like, yeah, I like Zack Snyder's vision of these characters. And yeah, I wanted the Snyder cut. I was never this, though. No, I was never this person. And I'm like, yo, that's fine. Like you could. That's the person I was fine with this. This is the extremism that is just it, out of control. It, and uh, and I'm I'm honestly a little sad that it didn't get more attention than it did. Yeah. Uh, frankly, like it. it. I wish that there was more of an eye on like how bad this reaction was you know what thank goodness that article came out this at this the same around the same time which yeah. article there was an article about about gamergate um mm -hmm. about how uh, alt-right movements uh seek into fandoms to recruit them through the internet um yep. starting with breitbart and going down the down the line with ben shapiro and all of them um that's why they start talking about like fandom stuff yeah. That's why Ben Shapiro all of a sudden gives a shit about Star Wars. Uh, that that article is written by the people who are doing the rewriting Ripley pod. Nice. I really enjoyed that article. I thought it was really great. I shared it. Um, then that 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 article, you know, I think had a hand in, in leading to this. Yeah. So I want to get my two cents in. Uh, Sparks, you uh, brought that clip to my attention. And you guys, of course, know, and some of us may know that I am dating and actually even planning to marry a Chinese American woman. So hearing that line from a guy from that 
complete total waste of oxygen. Brandon, I'm sorry, you're gonna have to play explicit. I am fucking pissed. What the fuck do you think you are, you goddamn motherfucker? Don't know. Oh, God, <laughs> really, how, Ben? How dare him? How explicit. dare him? Sorry, I told you. I'm sorry. I've been trying to mentally prepare myself, but when I saw that, I showed Fanny the clip. Um, I talked to Sparks a little bit at he because I just heard the clip and I just saw a white guy say that we need to kill more Chinese people. And we're already living in a day and age where, unfortunately, uh, Asian American hate is through the freaking roof because of this virus. And I am glad that in my in my close social circle with my friends, I mean, some of my friends actually have experienced bits of racism now because of what has been going on this past year. And it makes me absolutely livid. And then we have this horrible tragedy in Atlanta. Freaking assholes may listen to this guy. This guy, that's uh, freaking do shit because it's like, well, he said we have to do it, so might as well. You, as much as I love living in this country, there are times where I absolutely hate it, and it's yeah. shit like that that makes me like, no, don't say shit like that because some crazy crackpot guy in the back where part in this world is gonna be like, oh well, he said it, I gotta do it, and he's gonna do shit like they did in Atlanta. Yeah, I am absolutely. I'm not done. I am absolutely livid. Hoping you would take a breath and then continue. <laughs> Breathe. Sorry. Uh, no, I, I love it. I love the passion. Uh, Fox, <laughs> what were you going to say? Um, yeah, that's that's the part that just gets me over and over about is is the gall to say it in general, but the gall to say it this week, yeah. like yeah. in light of what happened in Atlanta. Like I can't, I can't even wrap my head around that. Um, it's a, it's super super disgusting. Um, <laughs> just just rotten rotten in the soul. Yeah, like, it is vile. And Sparks told me he sent me a link. And he's like, look, we're gonna have to talk about this. This is not gonna be fun for you to watch. And I talked to Fanny about this. I talked to um, I talked to Sparks, and it, this sucks. This absolutely yeah. sucks. I am so grateful that um, she has as she had nothing super bad has happened to her. My friends who have experienced bits of racism it was is just stuff inside a store it wasn't actual attacks no one is no one in my friend circle that i know of has gotten hurt or assaulted physically it's just it's one of those it's like subtle racism like hey are you doing this to me because i'm asian and it's like well uh, and then trying to make up excuses it's stuff like that but people are getting hurt people are getting killed and you're going on the internet on a public forum. You're saying stuff like that. Some asshole is laughing as he says it. And to bring this into the nerd sphere, you are quoting Stan Lee. Are you fucking serious? Sorry, Brandon. Oh, no, you're right. He did. He yeah, did that's, that. that's the man. Yeah. The man who you are quoting a man who created the X-Men to promote diversity. Are you out of your goddamn mind? Apparently he is because he's making comic books about stupid frogs or something. The, the thing is, and by the way, the frog thing we're talking about is a comic skate thing, so don't worry about it. Um, no, that's him. He it's it's he has a series that's about yeah, yeah. a, a cyber. Oh yeah, thing. that's what I said. That's what I said. Yeah. It's comic skate comic. Oh yeah, by sorry. the head of comic skate. Sorry, yeah. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, I forgot. Never mind. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> no worries. As we're as we're gonna leave this, uh, because it's super upsetting, but it needed to be talked about because you know, in in any sphere that we can. It's important to to raise your voice to say this is wrong. Um, uh, I really hope that Zack Snyder not only doesn't draw back from what he said, but continues to bolster like, yeah, uh, this this exactly is no, yeah. it's gross and mm -hmm. not what I'm about and not what I'm part of. 
Uh, I really, really hope that from from him Me going too. forward. Yeah. Um, so, it kind of sucks yeah. that more people than more people listen to them than us. Yeah, well, I mean, it he, is, he it unfortunately is. also like drew Green Lantern for ten years. So like. Well, I mean, he's kind of had a bigger yeah. audience than us a little bit. That was the first pain Ethan Van Skyver gave me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, so once once again, audience, Matt, I know Mag's watching, but whoever listens to this after the fact, uh, don't be a dick. At the I end mean, of every show. At the end of the show, yeah, we say don't. We put it, we put it in my face pointing you saying, hey, don't be a dick, but God, I'm uh, sorry. Do we feel I'm, comfortable? Do we feel comfortable moving on from that? Yeah, otherwise I'm just going to keep rambling about how he's a freaking asshole. I'm probably going to make this even more explicit. Sorry, Brandon, I apologize. I, I've i been trying to mentally okay, prepare for this part for the whole week, and nope. I get it. I get it, man. I get it. All right. It's upsetting. I right, move on to some delays then um, as we get out of here. Um, Gotham Knights, originally supposed to come out this year. Uh, that's the new Batman game, uh, Court of Owls. That's being pushed to next year, 2022. Now, this is not me challenging you. Is it a Batman game if you're not playing as Batman at all? Yes, because it's still the Batman family. Okay, I'm, no, still, I'm just asking. If we still call every time they give one of those characters a Batman title, then yeah. <laughs> I just want to... I, I was so excited <laughs> for that game. No joke. I uh, I made sure that Arkham Knight was still installed so I can go do all those combat challenges with Red, with Red Hood and Harley Quinn and Nightwing. Because if I gotta wait an additional year, I got some combat challenges I can do. Game yeah. are always good. They are always good. Mm-hmm. I just really want to play Nightwing. I just like the. <laughs> what was that? Is get is Catton? Okay, uh, Venom. Let there be carnage has sadly moved from its June twenty fifth, two thousand twenty one release date to September seventeenth, two thousand twenty one. Considering that's three months away, totally <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> That's fine. That's it's the same year. It's, that's I fine. can keep waiting for that movie. I, I can keep waiting for I'll, that. I'll, I'm still waiting for that trailer. Give me something, Andy Circus. Yeah. Oh yeah. Now it's coming out before Morbius, and we've already got a Morbius trailer. That is tr- wow. That's yeah. a- there's a lot. There's a lot of films that will supposedly come out that don't have marketing right now. Well, we've been getting a lot of trailers late. Yeah. Yeah. This is well, a late trailer. They don't want to commit to the yeah. release date right now. Tenet. Um, I think they took um, Sky. Uh, no time to die. No time to live. No, no time, time to die. die. No time it to does. It, it unless we get a, a big surge from the variants. It does seem that um, Black Widow that this is set. That, oh. that what's going forward is going to stay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Black Widow probably does hold its date, mm-hmm. and they come out um, because at that point, uh, the the administration is saying optimistically that that most of us will be vaccinated by the end of May. Hell yeah! So most of these will likely hold their dates yeah um okay some comic book news then black hammer reborn is coming i'm very excited this is just for me um i'm a big fan of the black hammer series it's the main title has been on hiatus since black hammer age of doom ended with issue 12 a lot of really cool spinoffs happened but i'm really glad to get back into a main title um jeff lemire is returning to black hammer for the third volume Black Hammer Reborn, with art by Caitlin Yarsky, who will be replacing Dean Ornstrom on art. He's been been doing the art since, and now he'll just be writer with Jeff Lemire. I wonder if he's working on something else as an Uh, He he had some health problems before Black Hammer came out, which delayed Black Hammer, so I wonder if that might be in play again. Maybe, yeah. Um, But yeah, uh, it's a bummer. His his art will be missed, but um, I'm really excited. 
Right on. It's set 20 years after the last Black Hammer. Uh, we're going to follow uh, the new Black Hammer. Nice. Right on. Uh, but also Skull Digger, Doc Andromeda, Sherlock Frankenstein, and Colonel Weird will all play major roles. Love June. Okay. Um, Predator. We knew this was coming. Uh, nope. Marvel has... Marvel has... What was that? I'll try to do that. That... <laughs> But he didn't oh, doing a buzzer. Those, all yeah, those misses. I was try, I was. It's experimentation, you know. Gotta... <laughs> um, right. Well, anyway, uh, Marvel has finally announced their Predator series coming in June. Uh, will be a new Predator ongoing from Ed Brisson and Kev Walker. Kev Walker rules. Um, this is I, better art than than the aliens. What we're getting. I <laughs> yeah, I saw what you tweeted. Oh my god! Come on, Salvador Larocca, you're good sometimes. What are you doing? Um, I want to read the solicitation because it made me happy. Uh, if hearkening back to our predator episode, mm-hmm. in the near future, a young girl sees her family slaughtered by the deadliest and most feared hunter in the universe, a predator. Years later, though her ship is barely holding together and food is running short, Theta won't stop stalking the spaceways until the Yaucha monster who killed her family is dead, or she is. Yaucha. Yeah. <laughs> hunting the predator. That sounds awesome. I'm yeah. so into that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, in the, in the cool. future, too, so they can do like whatever the hell they want with like technology and stuff. The hunter has become the hunted. The game is on. I just, predator is a predator. I just love that the solicitation said Yaucha. Yeah. They, see, they know that's how you know if they're real if they're real about predator if they they're a real them. predator fan we told you in the the fortnite game when predator showed up the the yeah. pickaxe is the blade of the yaucha yeah and then we found out when we find out we found out about the hish yeah. oh yeah like the the ancient the ancient one yeah yeah, yeah. the ancient Where predators in, yeah that was in like the the game the, right the game Hunter, yeah, yeah. Hey, you like predator lore that game is really cool yeah uh we don't have any clarification from Marvel on what Dark Horse is canon and what isn't, right? No. No, I, I assumed it's just wiped. I I wondered, for Alien, it kind of made sense to me, but for Predator, I wondered if that would be the case. Um, I guess not really need to. Predator, but with Predator specifically, I'm like, there's a lot There's a lot less reason to I, wipe away all of Predator continuity. I totally imagine it's going to do like what they did with Star Wars. They pick what they want that they want to say. I, I imagine that would be the case. Yeah. Um, I just I just wanted to be clear there was no clarification on yeah. what's, what's canon, what's yeah. not. Alien, Alien is so much more tied to the films. Pretty much every comic that they did almost is, at least the world of the films. There's not a lot of, you know, wiggle room to spread in a weird way. Uh, around what was established in those Dark Horse comics, but Predator doesn't really hold to the same restrictions, unless it's Alien vs. Predator, then it does. Yeah. Uh, how long do you think we get an Alien vs. Predator comic? I would honestly probably like, in, like next year. I would say I would say a couple of years. I, at least let like the first two comics have like a year run or something to build to like an event, which will be yeah. in the Marvel universe because you know they're going to do some weird event that, that does that. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait. AVP the versus the Marvel Universe. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Um, and then we all really like Immortal Hulk. Oh, this news. Um, this first spinoff series is coming. Five issue mini Gamma Flight from Al Ewing and Crystal Frazier with art by Lan Medina. This is really, really great. Because yeah. if you're reading Immortal Hulk, you know that there's a trans character on in that book. Uh, Al Ewing is very great about uh, being diverse. Uh, her name's Crystal Crystal Fraser, is that correct? Yeah. 
she is the first trans uh, uh, writer to write at Marvel or miniseries. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, it's uh, monumental for her. She, they found out and like, was like, they couldn't believe it on Twitter. Like there's gotta be someone before me, right? Like this can't be, I can't be it. Uh, and it is because that's the she. Horrible. She has actually been working with Al Ewing all throughout the Immortal Hulk as a con, as a as a, a con consultant, consultant uh, on Doctor McGowan because uh, yeah. she she is a trans character. That's so that is so good. And I know Al Ewing was like, "Yo, get her in here. Like, get her on get her on this book." That's that's. I love you, Al Ewing. You're the best. You're yeah, the I'm, best ally. I'm really stoked for this. And Krista Frazier uh, has a story in um, Marvel Pride coming out in June. That's nice. beautiful. Yeah. Uh, I just like. Yo, man, Puck's gonna be the lead in the book. That's us. Like, I love it. Marvel. Sometimes Marvel's great. It's great. I really like Doctor McGowan, so I'm happy to see her get the spotlight. Yeah, yeah. This is a lot of what you know. We we've talked about where Marvel's really clicking it with the diversity and trying to get the voices behind it yeah. doing it. Yeah. Uh, even nice. even if it's a mini, um, like I, more Immortal Hulk stuff is always good. I don't. It's eventually gonna stop, and we're all gonna be really bummed out. So yeah. just keep on, keep it running as long as we can. We're we're nearing we're nearing the end too. Uh, just quick yes or no question: Do you think there will be a big Immortal Hulk event to to coincide with the ending, or do you think it'll just end? I personally want an event. I do uh, too, but I think it'll just end. Yeah, I have a suspicion that Immortal Hulk might just end, but the character of Hulk from that will tie into a major event like Devil with, Hulk? with other Al Ewing stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, man, that, that whole mythology with, like, the Green the Door, like, like, that whole other world, like, you can't just, like, leave that alone. That's That feels like an event in the making. Yeah, I think you could do a really cool event like that. But, you know, Immortal Hulk already kind of feels like one because it's all the gamma-powered characters in one book. Yeah. That's, that's why I think, like, it's going to remain, like, a personal run, but I could see when it's done stuff carrying over from that into Al Ewing's other books yeah. in a major event. I just, in I a just, major event way. I just want all of this weird shit to be in a big, huge book. Is what I want. That's what I want. Like, I want Empire, but, like, it's all, like, the thing monsters. Like, that'd be amazing. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Game of Light. Some Captain America news. The Captain America comic will be, uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates, specifically, will be yes. ending his run at issue 30 of Captain America. Yeah. If... if because of the pandemic, like it feels like he's been on that book way longer after than thirty years. For sure, it feels he feels like, but he's he been really on the book for like five years. But yeah. he really hasn't. Yeah, um, solid. I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that he's set an end date for it, and he's he's gonna bow out. Um, I think his run's been pretty good. What mm -hmm. I've read of it, same. Um, so I'm glad to know that like the end is on the, especially knowing like he's gonna be focusing on other things like Superman. Like, good that good that he's got an end in sight. I'm not saying. Yeah. Actually, we'll talk about it with the next set of news because uh, I want to bring up a writer who might be taking over Captain America. Um, he, uh, no, I lost it. Okay, um, the United States of Captain America, which we talked about last week, um, we now know a bit more information from from it. Uh, Christopher Cantwell will be introducing a new Captain America every issue, and the first one they will introduce in the first issue uh, is Aaron Fisher, the Captain America of the Railways, um, who's the first gay Captain America. Yeah, I. I can't tell you how much I love this idea. I think this is the sickest idea that they could have done. Just some like teen kid who like ran away from home or something. He's just he lives he lives on a train helping homeless people and other like abandoned kids. And he's Captain. He's just like a dude. He's just I'm Captain America and I help homeless people. That is that is the the most superhero thing I've heard in my life. I can't wait. That sounds so cool. So funny enough, my roommate was actually asking about this Captain America because we were talking about Falcon Winter Soldier right before we started watching it. I was like, oh yeah, Sam Wilson, and he's like, oh, is he gay? I was like. 
not that I know of. And then he showed me the um the sketches, the drawings of. Them. I was like, oh, that's a different, that's a different one. That's a must be a brand spanking new Captain America that they're coming out with. Brand spanking new. Uh, Christopher Cantwell is gay, which I don't know. Oh, cool. Uh, he uh, bi because he's married. Bi. I'm sorry. Yes. No, no, it's it's fine. Um, uh, I. I'm not saying he's the guy who should I mean, take. He could be married. He could no. So, I mean, sorry, but yeah, yeah sorry. he's married to a lady. Sorry, but he's sorry. I should have prepped for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's wrong. Here. Um, <laughs> I, I, uh, I just really like that dude's writing, and I think he has such an interesting take on again, of like morality, something that Tom Hansen does really well as well. Um, but it's way more interesting having a black guy write Captain America. But I still would like Chris Cantwell's take on Captain America because that dude, that dude does some really cool stuff with character work that he that that Marvel lets him do weird stuff with characters that I'm. I would love to see him do Hey, work. man, you know Cantwell is swell, so I'll, swell. I'll read him on any. Swell on Cantwell. <laughs> is that our episode title? <laughs> yeah. Our running list of character of a writer's podcast? Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Uh, finally, um, I talked about Demon Day's X-Men, which I really loved. Um, they announced oh, did this I not week. Say that I read that? I'm sorry, did I not say that I read that book yet? No, you did not. Sorry, I read it either this week or last week. Hey, that book's really cool. Um, yeah. I love that it's not, you said that it's not 616 or uh, 1602. And for some reason, I still expected it to just be the Marvel Universe. And it's not. It is straight up like a Japanese story with like three Marvel characters. Yeah. Excellent. Continue. I will, yeah, I really I really enjoyed that. Um, it, okay, uh, I know you're not reading King in Black, uh, but King in Black number four, if you can pick it up, has a backup story which leads into Demon Days. So it's, it's more Demon Days. And it introduces oh. Emma Frost. So King in Black four, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> I don't know why it's there. I really don't, but it is. Cool. Okay. Um, I thought you might want to see this versions of Emma, this version of Emma Frost. I do. Yeah. Um, anyway, but they just announced that the second book in her Demon Day saga, which is apparently five, which is cool, um, will be Demon Days Mariko. Once again, written and uh, drawn by Peach Momoko, and uh, it's going to introduce the Black Widow of this universe. Ooh. Teasing, uh, it was teased at the end of the la- of the first yeah. book. So. Isn't Mariko? Isn't that the the lady Wolverine marries? Isn't that? I'm pretty sure that's the lady. Is it? Oh, maybe. No, Wolverine. Sorry, you didn't. <laughs> no, I remember. Um, Logan, the Wolverine. Logan. Yeah, it's that's that, that's well, also in the comics. Like Mariko is the girl that he marries and has a has a kid with. I know. Yeah. Oh, thinking, but this is the comic. Like, so it's Black Widow and it's also her. Yeah. Yeah, that's what but, I was bringing but, up. That but Wolverine in this universe is a real Wolverine. That is also true. They're definitely not married. <laughs> no, that'd be that interesting awesome. though. Yeah, <laughs> she she gives a little Wolverine a kiss. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just meant like that lady's also in this book. I think that's cool that like again they're not they're not picking the big characters. Literally. Yeah, and they talked. Uh, uh, Peach Momoko talks about it with creating Demon Days X Men about how uh, they she built like a new version of Psylocke. This is not the this is not a Psylocke uh, that we've ever seen before. It's a new version, uh, and then Jubilee, and then Hulk is in this, and Venom. Yeah, those all that stuff was really, really awesomely executed. Yeah, and not and in like a lazy, lazy way. Just like oh, this to this, like it all made sense. Yeah, and you don't like expect like I didn't realize that was Jubilee until like the very end. Yeah, I didn't. You, the main character is Psylocke, but her name is Sai S A I, and it took me halfway through the, bu- the book to go, oh, it's Psylocke, Jesus. <laughs> like I'm like, it, it just flew over my head. I'm like, oh, oh, we wonder why she's purple, duh. <laughs> yeah, that looks cool. Yeah, I enjoyed that book a lot. I can't wait for the sequel. All right. Uh, Brand, before we move on, I totally forgot to put this in the news. I apologize, but it's going to be less than five minutes, I swear. I want to talk really quickly about the Square Enix Presents that uh, happened this week. Did that happen this week? I apologize. Yeah. No, no, it's totally fine. It was, I, it was my fault for not putting it in the news. 
So there, I'm only going to talk a little bit okay. of it. Um, so a few games were announced. Uh, we'll get to that later. But um, one of the games that was first showed off was this game called Outriders, which is a new Destiny-looking game, but it's completely new IP. It actually kind of looks really rad. It looks really Ben, cool. have you not watched any of the trailers? This game's been announced for like three years. No, this is the first time it's I've heard about game it. Game Pass for free next week. I, this is the first time I heard about it. Oh, yeah. We've definitely watched trailers of it before. Oh, man, it looks I'm really a, cool. It looks like yeah, Gears of War Destiny. It does look awesome. It does look awesome. Um, for all you Tomb Raider fans... Uh, the Tomb Raider, uh, the reboot trilogy that came out, and it's getting a full uh, re-release. All the games, all the DLC are going to be on one complete package, so you don't have to keep going back and forth to buy them. But it's only on sale for $20 for this week, and then it goes back to full price at $50. So you get it right now, or else it's going to go back in, up in price. Get it right now. Yeah, that sucks. Uh, so they teased this, which actually kind of made me a little excited. They announced a new Space Invaders augmented reality mobile game. So kind of like with the uh, Pokemon Go, if you turn the camera on, you can see Pokemon in the real world. They are making a game involving these little dudes, the Space Invaders. So me being a big retro guy, and I and I freaking love um, the history behind Space Invaders. I'm actually looking forward to it. They didn't show anything. It's just like, hey, it's coming. So it's good. It's a ways away in development, but cool. Space Invaders in a new uh, light. I'm all for it. Uh, mm-hmm. We talked about Black Panther and the Avengers and uh, Avengers expansion. Uh, Sparks, you've played Life is Strange, correct? No, I have. Oh, okay, Ryan, you've played Life is Strange. No, so I they announced the third Life is Strange game. This, uh, this, um, this little thing, Life is Strange: True Colors, uh, is coming out. Full game is coming out on September 10th, and it's the whole game. Because apparently, with past uh, entries, they would release them in episodes. Yeah, but it was like whole- a, it, was, it was like the Telltale games that came out. Yeah. Episode. So, but you don't have to worry about that. It's the whole game. Whole release is coming out. And they're also going to re-release the first two Life is Strange games for as like a HD remaster sort of way. So both games, so both the first two games, they're coming out. And if you get, I want to say, the Ultimate Edition of Life is Strange 2 Colors, you get all three. Good. I love when games do that. And actually watching the life of this trailer for Life is Strange 2 Colors, um, I actually think it looks pretty cool. I really mm-hmm. like... Um, uh, the character of Alex, uh, especially how she's an empath, and she and if she um, uses her powers too much, then the, her, her the emotions that she's feeling can take control of her. I kind th- I think that's pretty cool, and I'm looking forward to it. I've never played a Life is Strange game. I know these are heavily loved. There's a huge fan base for it, but I'm glad that the fans of this game they they don't have to wait for new chapters. It's boom, whole thing. There you go. Have fun. So yeah, that was pretty much the most of the stuff from the Square Enix uh, cool. presents. Forgot More about Forspoken, Ben. You're you're gonna do a whole conference and not even talk about one of the major games they announced. Uh, Forspoken. That was just an announcement. Yeah, I forgot about Forspoken. That's okay. I'm just. No, I'm... Forspoken looks. Right. I mean, that tiny little bit. It looks cool, but I just need to see more. I need to see gameplay. I need. That was just a cinematic trailer that they're working on. But uh, but since we're talking about, oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. I was gonna say, but the fact that you have a lady that's. It looks like it's trapped in a, a post-apocalyptic slash fantasy world where the first words out of her mouth are, is that a mother effing dragon? I'm like, ooh, this is good. This is all right. This is going to be cool. Where's her butt? Oh, okay. There it is. I got confused with the perspective of the cat. There's her face. <laughs> oh, okay. sisters, I'm We're petting a cat. cat. <laughs> uh, since we're talking about video games, I talk about how great Xbox Game Pass is all the time. Last week, all the Bethesda games got in, got uh, put onto there. So that's 20 extra games got added. Um, this mm-hmm. week, 
uh, EA. EA has their own subscription service called EA Play. If you have Xbox Game Pass, you now also have immediate access to EA Play. So in the last two weeks, 100 games have been added to Game Pass. Wow. 100. Yeah. So there's if you have an Xbox, like there's no reason not to have Game Pass. It's 15 bucks a month for 250 games. Like, it's amazing. And, I, not, I, and not like tiny games. No, every Gears, games. Of, every Gears of War game, every Halo game, Outriders is coming day one. All Xbox games are day one. Halo Infinite's day one. Xbox is the best. All I, the Dooms. All the Dooms. I was thought about playing Doom Eternal, but I don't want it to buy the DLC, so maybe. <laughs> uh, all right, moving on. Yep. Batwoman. Yeah. Oh, so, sorry. I'm so sorry, cat. <laughs> oh, that that was that was my roommate's cat this time. Oh, uh, Batwoman. Uh, Wallace Day has been cast as Kate Kane. Yeah. So uh, this this happened. Uh, as in, like the the this wasn't a casting announcement. This happened tonight, earlier tonight. An um, episode yes. of Batwoman aired the eighth episode of the season, and at the end of the episode, they revealed that Kate Kane is alive. Uh, to the audience, they revealed that and that it was this new actor uh, playing her. And um, this is kind of crazy. Um, so I'll just read real quick uh, what the showrunner had to say about this. Um, uh, it would have been a clunky transition between season one and season two if we had just full-blown recast Kate with no organic story behind it. Um and she says in the back of her mind, she always planned to bring her, uh, Kate back in a new way since she was not killing off the character. Uh, we've talked about Batwoman. We've talked about this choice uh, ever since Ruby Rose left. I, I'm happy with the Black Batwoman. Uh, I think she's J Javika is really good uh, in the role. I think they're having to do a lot of force work to make the character fit. But otherwise, I think she's good. Um but I I never agreed with the the logic that recasting Kate would have been confusing without being addressed, uh, which is still the logic they have. Yes, there is a new Kate, but she is in universe being treated as having been altered. Her face changed, uh, her appearance changed in universe, which I think is dumb, diddy, dumb, 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 uh, <laughs> and, uh, and that's that's a that's a bummer for me. Um, I also think it's it's just it's set the whole show on this weird trajectory. I don't know what they're going to do with it exactly. Exactly, um, the whole thing has been tough because this new character of Ryan is living in the shadow of Kate, and uh, the whole show has been leaving this idea of the characters thinking Kate might be alive. Some characters convinced, some characters assuming she's dead, and so there's a hunt for Kate Kane, and it's like they're going to have to resolve this. Uh, has always been my thing. So I'm glad that there will be a sense of resolution. I still think that it's it's creating a lot of... They're just... I think the simplest solution was to just have recast Kate from the beginning. Yeah. Um, even if you wanted to work Kate out of the story and have this new character, Ryan, take over, you could have done it with more time and cleaner and less forced. This has all just been very messy in a way, even though I think there's been some great moments in Batwoman this season. Um and I think this actor taking over Kate is really good. She's from Krypton, is what I know her from. Uh, she was really great there. I really enjoyed her. I'm, I haven't watched tonight's episode, but I'm excited to see her come in as Kate. Uh, it's just a weird roundabout way to be doing this. Uh, yeah. And and I guess we'll have to see if it if it pays off for them or not. I'm just wondering because we talked about it briefly before. Like, what's like they're still trying to like develop this new Batwoman from 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 like the start from fresh right 
So like the fact that they're already in this, mm-hmm. still this first season, bringing back the original Batwoman, like just sounds to me like, like just let her, just let her be the Batwoman. Like you don't need to bring in this character. Like let the mystery set it, settle in. She's only been gone eight episodes. You know what I mean? That's, that's how I feel. Again, like the show might do something better with that. But to me, that, does, that doesn't give me hope for that show. So they also, uh, spoilers for Batwoman guys. Um, they, they also uh, have characters who have been seeking Kate now convinced those who weren't convinced they're now convinced at this episode that kate has passed mm-hmm. even though then the audience learns that that's not true and i'm like this is just so such a weird way to handle this um i think this whole thing has been a little clunky i understand ruby rose leaving left them in a lurch but i i do think like the simplest solution was was obviously to just recast kate and everybody could have gotten on board with it and again yeah. like if you wanted to work in this new batwoman ryan uh you could have done it smoother yeah. you could have done it over a longer period of time crafted what you wanted to do with it and made it work um this just feels so clunky uh it feels clunky, My clunky. Um, uh, but i am glad that they i i honestly as i've been watching the episodes i have i'm like i don't know how they tell this story and don't involve kate at some point like are we gonna get weird appearances of like the back of what would be ruby rose's head and stuff like that i'm like how yeah. how are we doing this uh how you got to acknowledge it at some point and so they clearly made their choice uh uh sucks that ruby rose will never return but um that's that's officially dead mm-hmm. yeah. uh yeah. but still uh unless they do a weird thing in like the second to last episode of batwoman and they decide to have her get surgery to fix her face back to how she used to be i cannot imagine that that that's then disrespectful to the actress they just recasted. I, I agree. I agree. The whole thing is a mess. What a choice. Uh, I, I never like, I never like in universe. Uh, let's address the casting kind of things. They're almost always terrible unless there's something like Deadpool. Yeah. Hmm. Um, uh, it's, it's almost always garbage unless it's meta. Um, Batwoman. All right. Um, Our man. Our man. Gavin, Gavin James and Neil Widener are writing a uh our man movie oh cool is it is he on star girl right now yeah he his kid is on star girl this is rex tyler our man the guy who's got a uh hourglass he turns it over he's got super strength for an hour um this this is for hbo max for sure right (laughs) it doesn't say but uh no i know it doesn't say but like i'm i'm asking your opinion this is the hbo max one yes that's that's like it's been a while all that's his powers he he turns this thing and, and for an hour he has super strength yeah. Okay. That's definitely an HBO Max show. That's not a full movie. <laughs> um, these are the same guys who are apparently writing the San Andreas sequel. <laughs> They're making a sequel? Definitely an HBO Max movie. Definitely an HBO Max. Um, oh, oh, you mean the movie about the earthquake? Oh, the rock okay. movie. No, which no. Is actually, no. It's just, which is not bad. It's fine. It's, it's not a bad disaster movie. film. You're right. When, yeah. when, all right. So, because when Brandon said San Andreas, my mind straight, went straight to Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course mm. it did. San Andreas sequel, man. More. Like they did make a San Andreas sequel. But again, <laughs> it's like they did make a San Andreas sequel. It's called GTA Five. At the, for, I hope. I hope that the sequel is titled San Andreas: Time to Move. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, spoilers for spoilers for San Andreas, uh, I guess. But at the end of that movie, California is split in two. <gasps> And then it's gonna split in four. Well, it's split into like down the middle, vertically, right? Not horizontally. Creating... No, it's it's the San Andreas Fault has split. Oh, okay, and so like part of California is in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Fifty-one states. 
Um, they wouldn't even. They, they're so committed to the 50 state thing. Never. We got to buy more flags. You kidding? It's see, it's either got to be like like a, an additional like 10 or like nothing because you're not going to add like one or two. Bullshit. Yeah. Make it, you got to make sure we got a lot first. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're collecting states. <laughs> yeah. Give me up. Give me up. This is right. a nice round number. Um, okay. Naomi. This is the uh, TV series Naomi based off the Brian Michael Bendis creative character that um, Mia DaCosta is working on. Yeah. No. Yes? Ava DuVernay is working on it. Ava DuVernay. DuVernay. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Um, Casey Walfall has been cast as the title character of Naomi. Uh, Alexander Wraith, Cranston Johnson, uh, and Camila Moreno have also been added to the cast. Yeah, they released a little video of her like under a street sign that said Naomi, and she's like, "It's me, I'm, it's me, I'm the Naomi." And I'm like, yeah. I like, again, like we always talk about those cute videos when those happen. Um, I this is one of those DC characters that's really new, and I haven't read anything about. Um, I'm probably gonna at least check out the first volume when this gets closer to coming out, uh, yeah. just so I have a basis of judgment. She's uh, on the I Justice usually, League. She's there. You go. She's on the Justice League. Like I don't know who that character is, and I usually oh, know the Justice League. League. The current the Justice League run uh, by by Bendis. Um, uh, he brought Naomi over. I would have, man, they were sold out of this week specifically because I went to the comic shop today. My entire wall of DC comics were sold out, so I couldn't, I couldn't pick anything up. I wanted to. Uh, I passed on Justice League, I'll wait for the trades. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, Monsters at Work has announced its cast. This is the Monsters Inc. sequel series coming to Disney Plus in July. Um, so Monsters at Work has cast Alana Ubach as Cutter, the officious rule follower, Lucas Neff as Duncan, an opportunistic plumber, Henry Winkler as Fritz, the scatterbrained boss. Uh, You can see all these character uh, images in the web, by the way. Oh, nice. Um, Bed Feldman, who played Tyler Tuskman, um, who is the lead of the series. Um, Mindy Kaling has been cast as Val Little, an enthusiastic member of the Monsters Inc. facilities team. Are we not following the two guys? No, they're in it. They're just not the leads. That's cool. I, I, I I'm happy about that. I was expecting it just to be my consultant. Oh, I thought I told you that from uh, the the D23 a couple of years ago. Oh, they, I don't they, remember. Yeah, they explained that uh, it's all about like a guy who's terrible at telling jokes, like wanting to to make a good impression, and so Mike and Sully are are not Got the leads of the show. They're in it. Cool, cool, cool. And then uh, reprising her role as Mrs. Flint, or Miss Flint, Bonnie Hunt will be returning from Monsters, Inc. will play the formerly in charge of training. Uh, she was formerly in charge of training new scarers at Monsters, Inc. Uh, Miss Flint now manages the department responsible for recruiting and training the funniest monsters to become jokesters. Nice. I cool. want more Monsters, Inc., please. I'm cool with it. I'm excited for the show. Hopefully, a uh, friend of the podcast is uh, still somewhere in there as well. I was, I was, I wasn't gonna jinx it, but I it was in my brain. Yeah. As I was reading those, na- uh, those names. I was thinking about it. I was like, mm, don't say it. Uh, and did you ever think this was happening? Ace Ventura Three. Not really. Ace Ventura Three is a go at Amazon Studios. Not, um, not with Jim Carrey. With Sonic the Hedgehog screenwriters Pat Casey and Josh Miller. Uh, right in the script. I can't like. It's not like those Ace Ventura movies are are high 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 art. So like I can't. That seems like a fine comparison. Um, old, old man Ace. If it's not Jim Carrey, I don't give a shit. 
I don't see why it wouldn't be Jim Carrey since it's the guys from the Sonic the Hedgehog team that worked with him. I'm just saying. Oh, you're right. But I'm just saying. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I think that's why it's happening. I, just, I didn't put two and two together. And they're working on the sequel, and he's returning for the sequel. I. That sounds great. That sounds okay. All right. I don't know if we this turned is, you around fast. I know. I just don't know. Still, if this is the character I want. Actually, I just like Jim Carrey. So, like, whatever. Who cares? If it's yeah, good, sure. I just don't want it not to be Jim Carrey. But like, yeah, it's the it's people who work with him. So good. Yeah, considering it's the the team from Sonic the Hedgehog, I'm like, I I assume that that means yeah. they're doing it because of their yeah. relationship with Jim Carrey. Man, I'm just looking at yeah. a lot of these like a lot of these movies that get sequels way later, and I'm like, I don't know. But it's your favorite trope. It is my favorite trope. Not, comedy, to, old man ace. <laughs> to Ryan, to Ryan's point, there's not a lot in the comedy genre that work, but other genres have found success in them. Yeah, it's for the sure, comedy genre for that sure. suffers. It it, the other Jim Carrey one that did this didn't didn't land so good. No, I it didn't. landed okay it at was, best. Yeah. Um. Oh, speaking of of the trope, like um, the Hawkeye stuff. You like you play as old man Hawkeye for a bit. Like there's there's a part where there's like past, president, future Clinton, and I'm like. Oh, it's my favorite trope. Well, <laughs> well, I think that older Dumb and Dumber movie overall is just fine. The gag about him having pretended to be like catatonic oh, yeah. for decades is yeah. so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Got you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, I forgot oh, for, about that. Oh, for Ace Ventura, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the, uh, the, the Dumb and Dumber movie, yeah, it's Brian Cranston. I forgot about that. No, it's uh, Bill Murray. He's Bill Murray in the in the mm-hmm. hazmat suit. Yeah. Uh yeah. I I uh think Jim Carrey found a lot of rejuvenation in playing Song of the Hedgehog. Undoubtedly he's the best thing I would argue in that film is is him just like being reconnecting with a lot of like that youthful uh crazy energy that he had. Mm-hmm. If he's gonna bring that caliber and he feels like he can bring that caliber with this team, uh then I'm open to an Ace Ventura three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. interesting because Ace Ventura 2 is the reason why he has his no sequel policy yeah. and had his no sequel policy I, I remember liking that movie I don't I know do. Do, you, do you know what I'd rather see him re- return to? What? Old Man what? Grinch oh my god Whoa. A new sequel. Old, old Man who? Grinch. Old Man Grinch, Grinch. Like his, his grandkids are like a bunch of assholes and he needs to teach him like how to be nice I was, was going to say are you going to say 23? no <laughs> number 22 um okay we like to talk about game of thrones every now and then right Dep- yeah. it depends on what you're about to talk about Brandon. well hbo is developing three new spinoffs all right you can stop oh, no. <laughs> okay. uh Re- resident evil um <laughs> <laughs> didn't we just talk about stop at game of thrones and they got three more what is what's going on uh nice talking yeah. about game of thrones they are in various development stages uh tentatively titled sea snake Flea Bottom and Ten Thousand Ships. Sea, sea Snake is the one that's furthest along because it has a screenwriter, uh, Bruno Heller from Gotham. He did, where he's, he did Gotham, and I think he's also working now on Pennyworth. Ooh, <laughs> Pennyworth! That, that epics exclusive show. Uh, well, now he's got a Game of Thrones. Wild the what, failure where, upwards. What's uh, Sea Snake about? Because I have no. Oh, okay. So Sea Snake um, said to focus on the explorer Car. Corlys Velaryon, uh, who Valerian. sailed, ev- sure, yeah. uh, who sailed everywhere from Dragonstone and Lies to the mysterious land- lands of Yi. Wait, of Yi Yi to Lang. 
Yeah, that's way, way super east um, Essos. But... He eventually uh, traveled north in, in search of a passage that would take him around this top of Westeros, but only found frozen seas and gigantic icebergs. That's just a terror. You're just describing the terror right now. They go yeah. to Antarctica and they get trapped. <laughs> that's just like some guy thinking, oh, I could find a spot, but then he doesn't you know find this, it. This sounds like... This sounds like a really small scale. It's it's just it explored living in Game of Thrones. So this one I'm okay with. It's not trying to be 300 years ago about the dynasties. It's just like it's a story in Game of Thrones. I'm okay yeah. with this one. I'm okay yeah. with that. I mean, mm. Flea Bottom uh, will showcase the poorest areas of King's Landing, and 10,000 ships will follow the warrior princess Nymeria and the surviving members of the Roinar people as they flee Essos for. Dorn following the wow, that was a lot. See, but I understand everything you're saying about so. yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> following their defeat at the hands of the Valerians. Okay. Okay. This so up the past still, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh Fleet Bomb, I feel like we don't need. That sounds I like mean, a more a show like that's like, look how sad and poor we are. Because we got because we got a lot of that in the regular show of Game of Thrones. We got a lot of stuff from Flea Bottom, and we got a lot of people who were from Flea Bottom that rose up. You got uh, um, Gendry, and you also got uh, freaking what's it, Sir Davos Seaworth. They're both yeah, over yeah. Flea Bottom, so it's like we don't need a Flea Bottom show. Um, we don't even need. I mean, the the third one sounds really cool. I really like the old stuff when people leave to go to found the found the kingdom of, or make the kingdom of Dorne. But at the same time, we don't freaking need it. We don't need all this other well, stuff. I mean, yeah. Like maybe the Explorer one, I'll I'm I'm kind of with Ryan. I was like, actually, yeah, if it's just a guy looking around, it's like, hey, what's over there? Cool. But just HBO, stop. Just make one. Just make one. See how that does. And then focus on the other stuff. Stop saying, hey, we're getting more, we're getting more. It's like you already messed up once. Don't oversaturate it, okay? That's what it, that's what Warner Brothers wants to do, though. They just want to keep making more of a thing. Yeah. Um yeah, the only Game of Thrones spinoff I really want is one they're never gonna make. Is it which the is, future? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know one, one just like because there's con- concept ideas that are out there uh, where it would follow if if that world got technology that brought it up to about modern day, uh, yeah. and what that world would be like. And I'm like, yo, the Targaryen party. I'd, I'd yeah. watch the crap out of that. Yeah. <laughs> like how the saw... how that world would have evolved. I'd be yeah. like, yo. There's no rules. Like be be whatever you want to be about it. That'd be so cool. So I um, love Cora. But I think, that's I, watched, I, think I watched a concept trailer of that. Like you were looking at King's Landing. It looks like a New York City. You have Targaryen Square. You yeah. have a master in a hall who looks like he's running for office. Cars are driving down the wall. Are driving next to the wall. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, that's, yeah. That's what we're, yeah. It's like yeah, I I would watch that. Hell yeah, but. At least it's something like different instead of just look. It's just so much more Game of Thrones. <laughs> right. I do like the idea of like going back to the past to see the, the reign of the Targaryens. That uh, is the only thing I'm cool with because hey, more dragons. I like dragons. But yeah. everything else, just make the one thing. Stick to the one thing. Make it. See how it does. Then you can work on the other spinoffs and not just constantly saying we have stuff in production. Because yeah, cool. It's in production. Doesn't mean it's gonna come out. It's been a year and like all we've done is talk about like literally like ten prequel shows or 10 in development shows and none of them have come out and like game, I, game of thrones uh television series is now the transformers writers room from a few we got seven <laughs> movies in development it's just all over the yeah. place and you're like oh like, no listen, bro oh, you have God. the one show that is like getting made like the one with matt smith and naomi watts like that show's getting made just get that one out 
maybe they just think it, maybe what they're saying, they, they believe in it. So they're going to uh, fast track another one, but don't fast track three at once. Like it's crazy. Do you know what I'd be more into? I'd be more into now that they have like HBO max set up and everything. I'd be into like a lot of these being like just one-off film special things. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. we're just going to tell this one concise story in the world of game of Thrones. I'd be way more into that than like this concept of just buckle in for a whole lot more episodes of content, why, content, content, content. That's why the like, first no. one that they said, it's about, it's an explorer just trying to find passage through the snow. And I'm like, that just sounds like a dude in game of Thrones. That sounds like an adventure. That doesn't sound like 300 years of conquest. Um, they're more accurately probably doing what, what happened when they kept announcing a bunch of uh, DC movies that never happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we yeah. just put up that wall that came out in like 2017. Look, Flash and Cyborg and... Blue and gold. Blue and gold. All right. It's like we have a bingo card of what has and what, ha- what, what gets announced at Warner Brothers and what never gets made. Yesterday, um, we got this announcement at SXSW. Um Resident Evil has a title. The new Resident Evil movie, not the TV series or the anime. Um, this is the this is the remake. This is the re- reboot movie. It's called Resident Evil: Welcome to Raccoon City, and it will be a adaptation of the first two games. Hmm. That's that's totally fine and cool. Um, I mean, like you obviously can. There's enough content in each of those games to make their own thing, but there is a there is a way to combine them, I suppose. Absolutely. Um, I think because like like again those 1998 like stories and like super super in depth or anything. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm just so excited that we're getting like literally three different Resident Evil things in the same year. Like whatever flavor of zombie you want, you're gonna get probably. Um, um, this cast, I like this cast too. This is the cast. You know, I like. this is kind of what I like too. You know, it's a period piece, genre piece because it takes place in 1998. Oh, when that game came out. Yeah, yeah, that's the year when the game came out. Um, so that technically makes it a period piece. Be still my aging heart. <laughs> it's just gonna be just like yeah, they're wearing this like flannel. Like we're flannel. reaching, we're reaching that point. The '90s are for period pieces. Oh, yeah. Yo, yo. hold up. I got a quick tangent. So I went to um, I was shopping with Fanny the other day, and we went to Forever Twenty One, and all over the store was like shirts saying '90s baby, '90s kid, and I'm like, what's with all this stuff? She's like, well, that's the end thing. I'm like, oh god, I'm old. Yeah, end thing. Yeah, um, the 90s aesthetic is now the in fashion trend and I'm like ow so yeah uh, set in the year 1998 Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City will tell the events of the city under siege from infected zombies both the mansion from Resident Evil 1 and the city itself and police station from Resident Evil 2 will be present in the movie love it and you know that's why we know we you know we saw it kind of makes sense because we saw that they cast like a, a ton of characters from that game all the characters from the resident evil franchise and i'm like <laughs> that's crazy if there's one movie so this makes sense that it's one and two yeah um I'm, look i'm excited i've never played the games admittedly uh the movies are sloppy fun i'm excited to see oh, a yeah. good one yeah um i just hope like again yeah those movies are fun for what they are um like it'd be cool to get into like honestly holy shit i just like the Resident Evil franchise has so much in common with the Alien franchise because it's about an evil organization trying to do really bad shit. We uh, said this actually we, earlier. We today. did. We said it earlier today. Uh, watching uh, Alien Resurrection. Um, Alien Resurrection is definitely partially inspiration for the Resident Evil films that Anderson made. It feels like uh, like Ripley is Alice. Like no, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, you're I, still right. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I think Resident Evil is cool, <clears> and I just. I can't wait to get to that like super stupid science like mumbo jumbo also zombies. Yeah. Anderson would have been the right age to to have like been young and and like 
in high school going to the theater seeing Alien Resurrection and being like, yeah. No, that. he made Mortal Kombat in 1995. Yeah. You said high school. Or whatever. <laughs> he made Mortal Kombat <laughs> two years before that movie. Whatever. The dude's like 16. <laughs> Is he really that old? He's been making movies since 1990. Mm. Yeah. I want to make him 60. Okay, he's older than high school <laughs> in the 1990s. That's the... Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Anyway, I'm excited. College. <laughs> Man, I wish I made Mortal he Kombat. Made, he made Mortal Kombat, then went to college. Hell yeah! That's that's how he got into college was with his Mortal Kombat movie. Yeah. <laughs> All right, trailers. Wow. Prepare yourself. For, for what? D and D Dark Alliance. Oh. Hey guys, I like multiplayer games. I like games where you can level up characters. Every game is turned into that game. But guess what? Now I can do it with Drizzt, the coolest dark elf that's ever been alive. Do you know who Drizzt is, Brandon? You ever heard the name Drizzt? No. Okay. He's he's the most famous D&D character ever made. He's like the one guy people who... He's a cool dark elf ranger guy. Cool. Yeah. Uh, hey, guys. I like I like Left 4 Dead. So do you. This looks like a cool mission-based D&D game. Like, you, sound like a, you sound like an infomercial. Hey, guys. I like Left 4 Dead. So hey do guys. you. Let me tell you about D and D Dark Alliance. <laughs> uh, no, it looks fun. It looks uh, it looks really goofy. Yeah, it, it's I, I love the and this is actually it's based off um, R. A. Salvatore's set of books, which came out I believe in like the eighties and nineties. So it's following his character that he made Drizzt. Um, and those are about like th- like these supervillains came together, which is this trailer of all these like this like, like lich and this like, troll all came together. Like the, some of the most famous D and D villains are are monsters that you can never fight. Yeah, band together and you have to go kill them. Just yeah. watching the trailer, seeing um, seeing one of the the wizards or the spellcasters just like fling spells, and then you got a guy with the axe just charge in and hack and slash. Like, oh man, this this game was like made for a basement arcade episode. We need to play this. I yeah, think um, Ryan, when you tweeted this out, I tweeted at you. I was like, dude, we need this game. Yeah. I'm just I'm just like this is this is the 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 last six months have just been D and D in the brain and uh. Super excited. Do you have D and D in the brain? I got brain. I got worm brains. I got brains. Then I have a pill for you. <laughs> oh, cool. What are the side effects? More brains. More worms. More brains. Um, <laughs> Do you go sleep at night just dreaming of D twenties? Yeah. Bird girl. The spinoff of Harvey Birdman, attorney at law. Guys, Adult Swim growing up was my shit. I was watching that as way, way too young. But Harvey Birdman, Attorney of Law was the best. Stephen Colbert was on that show. That's how I discovered him. I make There's a reference I always make. Did you get that thing I sent you? And nobody ever knows what that is because it's from Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law. I cannot believe the show's coming out. It looks so fun. I love it. It's so stupid. Paget Brewster plays Birdman's daughter. Yeah, she sounds great. Uh, the animation is like an update of that classic, like early 2000s style. Like, I, I just, I'm just, I'm thankful. Just, I'm hashtag blessed. Yeah, that was fun. Cool. And then finally, the Irregulars. I thought I'm this not, looked really good. It, I it also doesn't... thought this looked really good. When you described the Brandon, like last week or whenever we talked about it, I thought it was going to be like a young adult, like a bunch of young kids hanging out with Sherlock Holmes. That's I not did what too. This that's not what this is at all. I did too, because that's what the description of them are. And then they yeah. just like completely overhauled those characters. Uh, it looks really spooky. I love the, the design work of it, some of the prosthetic and VFX work on it. Uh, yeah, I think this looks really cool. Yeah, it looks so, like Sherlock Holmes: The Runaways. Yeah, I'm yeah. This is uh, out next week. Hot dog. Oh, wow. um, oh, yeah. 
like Sherlock Holmes is cool. Like I like I like I wish we had more like really supernatural stuff and like especially mm -hmm. like Sherlock Holmes super super supernatural super stuff. Uh, this looks cool. Yeah, I'm really stoked for this. Sherlock Holmes and uh, John Watson are in it, uh, but they're not main characters. And Sherlock Holmes is missing. Oh, he also looks like he's like a weird like hippie dude. I like his look. Yeah, he's, he's, he got like the long hair. Like he's not your traditional look in Sherlock. This ain't your daddy, Sherlock. That's what they said during the Guy Ritchie one too. There you go. <laughs> he's not your uh, dad. All right, that's it. We're gonna get into our topic now. Y'all ready? All right, well, if you've been living under a rock, then you probably don't know this. But if you haven't, then you know that we are going through all six Alien movies because there is a new Alien comic coming out by Marvel on the 24th. Uh, that is this coming week, so check that out when that's out. Yeah! We decided to, to discuss all the Alien movies because we've done it for the Predator movies, and it was only fair. So last week, we did uh, the Ridley Scott films, Prometheus, Alien Covenant, and Alien. And this week, we are doing Aliens. Alien 3 and Alien Resurrection, the sequels. First thing right. I want to say is I enjoy doing these retrospectives and I think we should do it more often. Second, I second, I think it's funny that Ridley Scott maybe made the worst Alien movie in his own franchise. Because <laughs> yeah. I liked all three of these movies. What am I going to tell you? Um, real quickly, though, may I speak to you about some of my Prometheus rabbit hole? Oh, yes, let's do it. Okay, I found out some shit. Okay, mural. Think mural. Remember the mural on the wall, the thing that breaks the movie? The yeah, fact yeah. that that's a xenomorph? That's not. It's called the Deacon. Do you know what the Deacon is? I, looked, I saw it, but I didn't do enough research to really care, so please help me. The Deacon is what comes out of the engineer at the end of the movie. The, the protomorph? That's not the protomorph. The protomorph is what David made on, 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 the, on the engineer's homeworld. Oh, no. So oh, the no. deacon was that thing. Okay, so the deacon was the thing that looks like an alien, but wasn't an alien, and we thought it was an alien because the it but is an alien precursor. It is what what is considered considered the purest form of xenomorph, because after the engineers evolved beyond everything, you know why they're eyes are black because they can see an extra dimensional sense. They are beyond everything, beyond sex, beyond reproduction. So their species ended up dying. Until they ran into the Deacon, which created the ability to rebirth, obviously, Deacons. So the original Deacon they worshipped after was dead and used its blood to seed life on other planets. Wait, wait. They didn't even make it? No, they found it. They found it? Yeah. Yeah, no, hey, you know what? No, Ridley Scott, don't... You know what? No, take the franchise away. I like Alien 3 and Alien Resurrection so much more in Aliens. Come on, Ridley, no. There's so, so hold, there's no, more. No, time out, time out, time out. Question. So the black goo is the blood of the deacon? No, no. Okay. So, they, so the gold goop that we see the engineer drink and seed life on our planet, that was the uh, deacon's blood. Now... They ran out of Deacon blood, so they okay. decided to create more, which mutated into the black goop that we that is the major crux of this move of Prometheus. Okay, it is uh -huh. replicated Deacon blood. However, it's faulty because it makes everything more aggressive. Okay, so you're telling me that before they were more just normal animal type things? <laughs> no, the Deacon was always an asshole, but he wasn't quite. The asshole that we know the xenomorphs to be. 
So the Xenomorph didn't exist before then. No. Just the Deacon did. This except, is so much worse. Brandon, this is so much worse. Except because I told you there is 20... I'm not making this better. I know that. I, there are 20 <laughs> drafts of the script. So many of them written by John Spates. Now, Damon Lindelof came on board in the last draft to create to write, write with the final draft of the script because they wanted a known screenwriter. Damon Lindelof came up with the idea that Prometheus would... And he's the one who muddied this all up because it, it he said that Prometheus exists in the same world as Alien. It exists before Alien, and it does dive into the Xenomorph's creator, but it is not going to lead to Alien. Okay. It will lead to a different a different side quills. So there are some drafts of the script where, the, where, in fact, the engineers did create the Xenomorphs while trying to replicate the Deacon. Okay. Okay. Um, and they and so there, there's other drafts of the script where there are engineers on LV426 getting ready to destroy human humanity because they don't like how we we evolved, and that wasn't and there was going to be two planets, one with the xenomorph eggs LV426, and then one with the the goop LV223. Okay. So it's just so it was learning about the Deacon opened this movie up so wide. To the possibility that there, I guess, was a plan, but maybe the more ambiguous plan was better. This is the better direction. It just, uh... I did find out he's in Fire and Stone, though, that comic book. Right. Um, he was supposed to be a major antagonist of the Prometheus version of the comic book. Um, the Deacon. The okay. one from the end of 223. Uh, Prometheus. So, the Deacon... In that is still in that comic, but now he is he has mutated around the Prometheus into a giant mountain. Yeah. Okay. That's I know the that. Deacon. That's okay. So uh, I assume something else happened to make the mountain. Um, <laughs> if if they're very easily like one line of like I think they worshipped it or something like when they see when they see the Deacon uh, mural. Just give me a couple lines to just how try to explain it, because then we're just gonna get all this bullshit that we're gonna talk Wait, about. Wait, how come? How come the thing at the end of Prometheus would be the Deacon, if it's still made from the faulty goop? Yeah, that's a good question, because apparently there are other versions of the script. And see, here's the thing: because there's so many different versions of the script, nobody knows what the final draft was meant to was meant to lead into. Mm-hmm. And most of these scripts are actually. So I talked about this documentary that I watched. A lot of these script pages are in that documentary because in the very beginning they talk about how much the story kept changing even up to filming. Wow, which is always the thing you want to hear. <laughs> um, and hey, guys, you know what movie is awesome? Aliens. Aliens. Real, real quickly, Sparks. To answer your question, though, some drafts of the scripts had the Deacon blood be used for creation, and the trilobite and the Deacon itself. What had already existed uh, to be a, a to be a, a way to wipe out the thing. This the Deacon comes from though the ult, the concept of the Ultramorph, which was going to be the central antagonist of the of Prometheus before the Deacon was created, which was going to just be hey an engineer had a face hugger on him and what came out of it was a larger xeno a larger pale white xenomorph called the Ultramorph. Glad so there was that too, man. Talk about just muddy. It really just it really just makes clear how like Alien Covenant is stronger because at least it has a sense of direction, whereas mm-hmm. Prometheus is like cl- always feels confusing because everybody's confused and they had no plan and they had no answers to a lot of the questions they wanted to ponder. 
and what we talked about with with Advent, with Alien Advent, with the idea that that should be in the movie, but well, but David was trying to perfect an idea that the engineers already had, meaning that the Xenomorphs already were cre- created. That was also, I guess, meant to be in Prometheus. It's just never used. Yeah. Leaving it much more ambiguous. So it was always supposed to be that the engineers had already created the aliens somehow. God. Alien Covenant can work in the world of Alien and everything else, but Prometheus can't. But also Prometheus is the backstory of David for Alien Covenant. Yeah. That, that whole as good as, as Covenant could be at times. Like it's still it's still buried Hindered by Prometheus. Yeah, that's yeah. again just watching this trilogy of movies, I'm just like, I so prefer other people's ideas of this franchise just fundamentally like i like i love all the way Yutani stuff from all three of these movies like i wish like i know ridley had his own his own way of going about it and making it more heady than it than it originally was um but like man i i you gotta t- have a point if you're making it heady though yeah that's the point and it's not it's pointless it's like literally you don't have a point yeah. um aliens rules guys so let's it? get let's get into it that's all i got that's all the, my rabbit hole yeah. have created I, crazy yeah, stuff. Last week, Brandon, like I did not nearly as much research as you, but like I saw Deacon stuff and I'm like, this is another rabbit hole that I'm just like, I can't. Ridley Scott, what are you doing, dude? Took me a while. It's crazy. Um, um, anyway, so why don't we just start with Aliens? Now, Ben, I'm actually very interested to know what you thought of this because this is your first time seeing it. Uh, what did you think of Aliens? Ben, did you watch the director's cut? No, I don't think I did. Because I only watched the director's cut for Alien Three and uh, Resurrection. I didn't need to do it for Resurrection. It's only ten minutes. Yeah. Wait. There was a director's cut for Aliens. Yeah. There's a director's yeah. cut for all of them. Oh yeah. Not a director's cut. There's a director's cut for Alien and Aliens. There's an assembly cut for Alien Three, and then there's a special edition cut for Resurrection. Right. Um, I just watched the extended versions on HBO Max for Three and Resurrection. I just clicked on play for uh, Aliens. Okay. Cool. HBO Max may not have the extended cut. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, either way, I freaking love Aliens. That movie's great. Yeah, that movie rules. That's my favorite of the franchise. I had a blast. So uh, Mag was uh, talking about. He had a comment that I saw that we didn't pull, pull up that um, Ripley was one of the inspirations for Samus Aran, the main protagonist in the Metroid games. And oh yeah. As I'm watching these films, the the Ripley films, I'm like, yep, Samus probably do shit like that. And I think I just made a connection a few seconds ago that the that the main bad guy Ridley possibly could be named after Ridley Scott. I'm about to double check that if it's true, but Ryan's shaking his head, so I'm pretty sure it I is. It 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 makes sense. I don't know if it's true, but it, it makes sense. It does make sense. Um, I'm about to Google that right now. But oh, I had a blast with Aliens. I'm like, damn, James Cameron can make some really good sequels. This this was, his, this was his first. This was his first big thing before this. He had done Piranha. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was about to say, he made a Piranha movie, which is a lot of fun, but not very great. Uh, he also walked off that set very early. Yeah, uh, that's funny. Um, I This is also my favorite Aliens movie. It is, when I think of Aliens, this is what I think of. Not just because, like, it, it's like it's so, uh, what's the word? Like, uh, everyone knows the Space Marines and, like, the Aliens and the Alien Queen. Like, the, the imagery is so is so uh, iconic at this point. But, like... Just like the like the the silly marines who think that they're better than they are and they get overwhelmed like that that scene when they're all getting annihilated is like it's just such good filmmaking and the tension is so real and like the aliens living in the walls and then like coming out of the walls still some of my favorite things that I ever seen in film like just mm-hmm. the practical effects of the aliens like living in their environment and also being the environment it's still spooky to me 
Um, also, it's a great action movie. It's not as scary as Alien. No, it's not trying to be, but it it is it is still scary. And it's like it's so good. I love everything about Yo, it. So that scene where they first get into the nest and you see the aliens start moving in the darkness, that freaked yeah. me out. I oh, was yeah. like, ooh, because. I'm talking with you guys, because you, you guys said that that alien, because Alien is a horror film, Aliens is an action movie, mm-hmm. and you're completely right. But see, get into that scene where the Marines are going into the are going into the nest, and then you see like they're all this this great H.R. Geiger design, and then they start it starts moving. I'm like, oh, I hate that. Well, James Cameron never forgot the horror roots of that of of Alien but was more interested in what his strengths were, which he knew he could do an action film. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and also, to earlier point, because I just looked it up, according to the Metroid fandom wiki, Ridley's name is likely derived from Ridley Scott, the director of the Alien film, because they have said, that the producers have said, they've taken a lot of inspiration from the Alien film. So it's very likely that Ridley is, is named after the director. And also, if you look at the yeah. He kind of looks like a xenomorph, and he is very loosely designed on a xenomorph. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, th- watching these films made me want to play because I I just played zero I played Zero Mission a few weeks ago. I have Metroid Two: Samus Returns on my 3DS. I'm gonna play it. I've been and don't the Metroids don't they don't they lock onto your head like a face uh, hugger? Yeah, yeah, yes they okay. do. There and you I go. Have, alien, I have this alien beauty. This is, this is my 3DS one, but it's the reverse cover. Yeah. I'm going to be playing this soon because holy crap, it's like, I got to play some Metroid now. This, this love is it. awesome. Um, I lo- one thing I really love about this about this movie is the, the theme, them- thematicness of, of mothers, motherhood, uh, with Ripley, Ripley having lost her daughter in the 54 years that she was asleep. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, which sucks. So heartbreaking. Oh, yeah. um, and then the uh, and then finding Newt as like a surrogate daughter. Yeah. Um, who is so good. Yeah, uh, Ben. It's a shame that you didn't watch the, the like the director's cut or whatever because there's like like what, like twenty more minutes of like character building for all the stuff with the colonists. Okay. Um, you get to meet Newt and you get to meet Newt's family and you get to see everything. Oh, yeah. For you see her family go to. They're the family that first encounters. They go to the engineer ship from Alien. Yeah. And oh, uh, her dad is the person who gets a face hugger and brings it back to the colony. Oh yeah. no! Yeah, you get you get the whole like because like otherwise you just like meet Newt like in just in in the gutter or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I actually I love Newt. I love her so much. I love Ripley so much in this movie, and I really love how when uh like when you see the the company guy um it starts with the B Burke Burke. Oh God, I hate that guy. When you first meet him, he's like, oh, I'm I'm on your side. He's like, you are gonna be a sleazy company like the, the first scene when ripley is in well, after she recovers and she's talking to the heads of whaling yutani and they're trying to grill her is like you blew up the ship because why she's like i told you there was a i lost my entire crew she's trying to tell them and of course they're like all they care about is the bottom line uh ben real quickly mag is asking us a question was queen alien created by geiger i don't know actually I'm, i don't I'm, know if james cameron consulted hr geiger I was trying to look it up and I didn't immediately find it. I'll look it up real quick if I can. I would imagine because so much yeah. of the design is HR Geiger. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, but I love how when they find out that the alien nest has taken over so much of the colony and rip and there are about and rip and like a bunch of Marines die. And she's like, nuke it from orbit, let's get out of here. And of course Burke's like, no, but we need to the company has a huge dude, your investment's gone. Cut your losses and get the hell out of there. 
Got um, it. The, the Queen was designed by James Cameron in collaboration with Stan Winston. Interesting. Wow, I didn't know that. I, yeah. I, I, Stan Winston, probably, he's the guy who worked on Just I mean, Park, it's right? obviously just like building yeah. on Geiger's concept of the Xenomorph yeah. and making it bigger with a big, crown. Big puppets and shit. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. um, I really loved uh, my, my favorite character in the movie, Bishop, obviously. God, yeah. he's... Man, this is definitely the best. The best, like, I, I mean, David obviously is like cool, but like in these older movies, like this B Bishop rules. Lance yeah. Henderson is so good. He has such an interesting like personality. Like he has like a really dark comedy to him, but like he's he's not a human, so he's like he's really like monotone. It's it's a really good performance. It man. was uh, surprising to me coming from from the Ridley Scott trilogy, and like Ash was sleeping with them in cryo sleep, and that made sense because he was secretly synthetic. undercover. But David. Uh, sorry, not David. Uh, Bishop. They all know that he's a synthetic, so it's a little bizarre that they sleep. Uh, that they have him asleep and yeah. not just awake and running the ship. Well, that's because. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Oh, Brandon, you're 100 right. Dude, I wish I wish you were a little louder because that point is very true. Sorry, I just I you know I had something in my throat. I didn't sure you guys got it. <laughs> um. I, I, I don't think there's an a real answer. No, there no. isn't. I just, I, I thought it was interesting that like, in this case, uh, that, that he was, I just. If, it's, if it's I, a, if it, I had to make a stupid reason why they didn't want, a, they didn't want the, the, the androids to interfere, like with what might've happened with David or something. I, like. I would even assume that like, it's just that they didn't really consider it honestly at the time. I'm just saying like, I think yeah. that that made a lot of sense when I see it in Prometheus and Covenant, that yeah. there would be a synthetic just running things while they're sleeping. 100%. It actually made a lot of sense to me. So I was kind of surprised that that wasn't, that that wouldn't be a standard. It, it's not something I would think about without those movies having existed. Yeah, but yeah. because those movies exist, I was like, oh, it's kind of a weird, it's interesting different. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love this movie. I think it's great. Yeah. Uh, I'm, we, I'm, I'm glad I finally saw it. Um, I was like cheering when Ripley comes out in the in the uh, power front. loader. Yeah, the power loader. It's like get away from her, you bitch. I'm like kick her ass, Rip. I'm like in my seat, like it's like four o'clock in the morning when I'm watching it, but I'm like kick her, ass. kick that queen bitch's ass. Go save new, go save your daughter. I was like <laughs> cheering. I was and like when they they get on the ship with Bishop and and new, I'm like. Can we just just end it here? I don't need any more. Live happily ever after, and then we get Alien Three. Uh, there's there's just something, and again, like like my favorite horror movie is The Thing, and it's really because of those insane practical effects. But there's just something about the era of like the 1980s and monsters that just something that just works for me on such a level that no other decade works. Like the Alien Queen looks so good, and it's none of it is practical. Sorry, none of it is uh, special effects. It's all it's all practical. It's like it's a, it's a pit. Like there's no there's no CGI or anything, and every shot looks so good. And some shots are so good, I can't I don't know how they did it because now it would just be CG. Like it, it is it is such a it is such a blockbuster. Like they just don't make movies like this anymore. Just yeah. seeing that alien, just when you first see the alien queen, I'm like, oh shit. The that, big head, the moving head. Yeah, that's a cool the, design. The queen had constantly laying eggs, and Ripley with. Like you get a sense of dread when Ripley's trying to go save Newt, and you see the Queen, and she like unloads, and you see the counter going down, and like Ripley's mad, she's pissed, and just all these emotions when she's unloading on the Queen. I feel I'm like, do it, do the thing. This is this is one of Sigourney Weaver's best roles. Period. Oh yeah, hands down. I absolutely love Sigourney Weaver in this movie. Absolutely love. And Aliens is this okay? I know it's it's probably low hanging for me to say it, but this is my favorite Aliens film. 
it's, it only took me one watch to, to say it because I've seen Alien like three or four times in my lifetime. But after watching Aliens, I'm like, uh-uh, that one. That's my favorite. Seen I most think, of these except for Alien for the first time, right? Actually, yeah, I saw Prometheus before. I this is my I saw Conan for the first time last week when we watched it, and, and this is the you've watched all these for the first time this week. Yeah, I've watched the rest for the first time, but I'm like, nope, Aliens, that's my one. Um, hey guys, we all love Halo. <laughs> How much does this look like Halo? So much. Oh baby, the Space Marines, the Pelicans, the Sergeant is the Sergeant lifted. is literally the Sergeant. Oh, okay, Ben. We, um, I I love the the Space Marine aesthetic so much. Like again, it's why I like Halo so much, and why I like like Warhammer and stuff. But like, I love the cocky, like like sure nature of these Marines, and just like they are they are the baddest boys. Also, it's cool world building because it says, "Oh, sir, are we on another bug hunt?" Does that yeah. mean that they fought the other aliens before that are not the Xenomorphs? Just things like that are just I like don't, I don't necessarily think that it's that they fought them. I think that it's that they've been looking, they've been sent on missions looking for them. Got it. Yeah. Um, uh, 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 just great world building. Um, I like those Marines. I like Hutt's, uh, uh, Bill Paxton. He's game over, man. Like that is a, that is an iconic goofy performance. Finally getting to watch the scene where that happened, where that happens. I'm like, now I can finally say I saw it. Cause I um, only knew the line. I never saw the scene. Now I have Michael Bean. Like I, for, he's really good as Hicks. Like he's, it's a yeah. really good performance, but like that dude and in Terminator, like that dude's a really good, like, yeah. like okay. subtle action actor. Okay. So. I wasn't really trying to ship Ripley with anyone because Ripley's her independent woman. She definitely don't need no goddamn man. But not until free. No, but I love the respect <laughs> that they have with Hicks and Ripley. Yeah. Where I felt, I mean, I could be wrong because I've only seen this movie once. But it's like Hicks isn't trying to hit on her. He's not trying to bone her. He's like, yo, you've seen after that first encounter with the aliens in the nest. He's like, okay, you see some shit. I'm going to go in your league because you know how to deal with these. You lived the first time. I don't know what the frack I'm doing over here. It's, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's the, actually, I don't, Rogue One, do they kiss at the end or are they just like holding hands dying together? They kiss no, at the they, end. They, they, they don't kiss. They, they, kiss? Okay. they just, they, they do the forehead touch and then they die. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. Uh, not, I'm just saying like not every, again, like not every, uh, uh, relationship or every uh, boy and girl has to be a romance in a movie. Right. Um, which is nice. But it is, but they are Newt's surrogate parents. Uh, yes. Hicks yeah, is very much her dad. Yeah, uh, in which would have been really nice. And Bill, and Bill Paxton's her weird uncle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that would that would have been a nice sequel to get. Uh, just like seeing Hicks like pick uh, uh, Newt up and just put her down, and and Newt is just sitting there, and then he's like, "We're just gonna take care of this girl. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say anything. I'm not gonna yell at her. I'm just gonna make sure she stays alive." And when Rick uh, is like, "We're gonna go get Newt," he's like, man. "Yes, we are. Let's go do it." That 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 dude. The company man trying to kill the kill the two of them with the face huggers in the lab. Burke. It's such a good so, scene. So I really, really like Burke as a character. Um, I like that he's not uh just like by the line kind of dude. Mm-hmm. It's ballsy of him to go there knowing what he did. Yeah. Yeah. Like I the fact once it's uh, revealed that like he's the one who sent the message for the colonists to go check the ship because he wanted to start a reason for them to have to go there. Yeah. Knowing what he was possibly putting them at risk of. And it happens. And he's like, yeah, I'll go down to the planet. I'm like, yo, man, most people in your position would be like, nah. And he's got the balls to do it. And I also think it's really impressive that he he does have moments where he backs Ripley yeah. on logical plays like against Gorman. He's like, no, like you let Ripley do what she's doing. Stop it. He's a really, uh, really good antagonist without he, being he like evil. Because he's not just like 
only motivated by the one idea he's got he's playing all the levels yeah. in the best way that he can mm-hmm. um like still the antagonist for sure mm-hmm. but really really complicated and crafty about it yeah that that face hunger that face hunger scene between those mm-hmm. two is, is so tense and so well shot yeah um, the scene in the med bay yeah yeah oh so good yeah so good yeah i, I really I, you know how many times can i say i really like this movie yeah, I, I I I watch it every few years, and I'm just like, there's a reason this one is a lot of people's favorites. Like, yeah. it, not just because like it, it's different than Alien, but like it just expands on the world so much uh, while still being faithful to that original movie. Um, I, I think it's I just think it's, it's so good. Speaking of Burke, uh, his super lame defense of like she's paranoid <laughs> when she outs <laughs> him for the face hugger thing. He's you know, so like once he's pinned, he's he falls apart. Yeah. You know what that reminds me of? No. no, he's like she's paranoid. It reminds me of someone accusing someone in Among Us, trying to think oh, of a yeah, really yeah. bad oh, yeah. excuse. And if we know it's me, this- you can call me out, Ben. I get it. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> like if we were to if we were to put that as like, yo, Burke acting sus. Yeah. Yep. This is a. Do we do we all agree? Is Alien our favorite? Or is it Aliens? Yeah. Do you have do you have a different one, Sparks? Or is it Aliens? No, I'd say it's Aliens. Yeah. I think this one's got it all. Horror and action, great world building, great characters. Oh, yeah. Really right. cool, really cool stuff. I've actually got some notes I want to run down. Go so. for it. Um uh I really like okay, so all of the alien films have super unique openings. Um specifically uh the the non like the non Prometheus Covenant ones. Mm-hmm. Uh from 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 alien all the way up through these like they're all so dynamically different uh i'm really impressed that they're not always trying to replicate like the tension of ridley scott's first opening sequence yeah Yeah. uh this one lets you know right from the beat it's got that loud harsh noise as the light comes up the logo is different yeah like they're like this is there's gonna be different aliens um and sets a different tone i thought that was really good uh (laughs) i really love i really love the touch that when they find the pod that she's sleeping in with jonesy that they Mm -hmm. send in a scanner first because they already know they're checking to see if there's an alien on board they don't send in people because they're like that's what they're looking for they're the company they know what's up and they're looking for it already uh i just think that's a good touch because you could have just as easily had just like the dudes just go straight in and look for her yeah but they're like no 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 send a thing have it scan take our time it's 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 good setup um Idiots. i i do love the whole story we touched on a little of ripley having been a mom losing her daughter just finding out that her daughter passed because she's been asleep for 57 years uh um, that's rough and then and then the the way that newt ties into that later oh was that in the director's cut because i don't think i heard anything about that in oh i guess it must be yeah it's in the director's cut so in the director's cut uh burke reveals to her that her daughter who was living on earth because they're on a station just out off earth's orbit uh she died uh two years ago from when ripley wakes up at the age of 66 ben you've played alien isolation that's her daughter that's her daughter. amanda ripley is that lady oh Ooh. so spoiler alert for alien isolation eventually she gets off Eventually, she yeah, she wins. <laughs> she goes to Earth and like never again. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I really like the whole scene where she's challenging them for uh, for questioning her experience, what she's been through, and I think it's really silly that they're like, "Yo, you're court-martialed. 
but we're not going to convict you. You just, you just can't fly anymore. And yeah. I'm like, yo, if you're really committing to believing her, then you are saying that you believe she murdered her crewmates. Like, yeah. like a hundred percent put, t- don't pussyfoot it. Like yeah. you, you are clearly just trying to, to keep her shut up. Uh, they, they know what's up. Um, I just think that's well done. All the company stuff is well done. Yeah. Um, burn way when you turn to the ground. Yeah, I think it's really interesting that uh, Ripley specifically states, you know, I'm not a soldier, that kind of thing. Yet they subtly make her a lieutenant by the end of this movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's it's never like overt in the film, but she's she becomes a lieutenant all of a sudden. I'm like, oh, OK, <laughs> uh, I guess I'm fine with that. Uh, I, uh, I struggled with like, why would Ripley go after knowing what they've done? Um, and I guess like in watching, I was like, so there's only two reasons I can think of. She either thinks that it'll somehow make the nightmare stop if she goes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, because it's after she has that really bad nightmare about chest bursting again, that she says calls to Burke and, and, but then she also says, tell me, promise me you're going to, to kill them all. Mm-hmm. And if she's going because she doesn't believe that they're going to kill them all and she wants to make sure then I could kind of buy it. Cause I'm like, otherwise why would she put herself through this? Yeah, uh, Cause she has, cause she has a reasonable logic when Burke first comes up. She's like, why the heck would I help you? You just threw me under the bus. Yeah. Yeah. I, cause when she calls Burke, she's like, all right, tell me you're going to destroy them. And he's like, you have my words. Like, all right, they're going to kill them. I'm going to be there to make sure they're all dead. So then she could finally sleep. And then of course it's revealed that nope, he wants to bring one back and he's going to, he wants to bring two of them back and put them inside Newt and Ripley. That's the, that's the end of the species too. Yeah. Yeah. Should have been. Um, wow. I, I really love that they have to remove their magazines to not cause a thermonuclear explosion in the hive. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, but definitely Gorman needed to tell them why. Cause they're just like, why don't we have bullets? Because <laughs> you'll like, kill us all. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why they just didn't say, cause it's explosive down there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah cause if um, you miss, you're going to cause a nuclear reaction, buddy. So, uh, I, I guess, um, I don't even remember what the original of Alien is like anymore, but I guess she doesn't find the the crew members encased in the in the stuff on the walls in the goop because, no, or or in the original, not in the director's cut. No, no, in the original they do. Right, the the non-director's cut version. Yeah, non-director's cut. They find uh, people in the walls. One of them looks up, and then all of a sudden it's a chest burster, and then um, I want to, and then that's when. Are you talking about this movie or I'm Alien? I'm talking about Alien. Oh no, I, I forgot. Okay, I so in Alien, in Alien's director's cut, she definitely finds two of the crew members mm-hmm. being encased in the thing for later harvesting. Yeah. But yeah, I don't yeah. remember if that's, I don't remember if that's how the theatrical version is. Because only... I'm only bringing it up because when they get there and they're looking at the stuff on the walls, Ripley says that she's never seen it before. Yeah, so it's only, mm-hmm. I think that's only a director's cut. Uh, so, it, so it seems like it's kind of, if you watch the director's cut of Alien and make that canon to, to this, it's a little bit of a small inconsistency, but that's fine. Never, never mind, because I do because of Alien of Alien, I did watch the director's cut of that, and yeah, she does see the her friends. Never mind, I thought you were talking about apparently. Aliens. Apparently, Alien uh, was a hugely influential film to James Cameron, which yeah, is why he I, he lobbied so hard to do Aliens. I believe it. Um, I really like uh, Ripley's developed relationship with Bishop over the movie. I think yeah, it works too. really well, especially in the especially in the director's cut. Um, uh. The queen is, this is the first time we're shown any indication that a xenomorph has intelligence, mm-hmm. which is the queen. Uh, she has a sense of intelligence when the threat of burning the eggs comes up. 
Yep. And then everything after she uses an elevator, for God's sake. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, can you imagine? Just like, how, wait, uh, oh, three. It's like the um, same Jurassic Park, unless they learn how to open doors. She's, she's like, I can use an elevator, bitch. The entire disembodiment of Bishop sequence looks so good, especially when the, his top half goes sliding across the floor. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It looks great. Um, I, I felt bad. I mean, I knew it was coming, but I'm like, I, I, yeah, I love Bishop. And uh, oh boy, would Ripley's arm be broken from holding on to that thing? There's no way. Oh, <laughs> that girl would be in space. <laughs> I get she, I get she strong, but like, holy crap, yeah. Uh, with with it holding on to her, yeah, like, yeah. nah, yeah, broken yeah. arm. Yeah, nah, you're in space. You're in space, girl. It just the next thing you hear is, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like arm out of the socket if it even if she can hold its grip there loose. like it comes off like no way space yeah. is too much. Um, shall we move on to Alien Three? Yeah, Aliens looks yeah. really great. It's so good. All right, uh, Alien. Again. We all watched the the assembly cut of Alien Three this time around. Yeah. So two that, the two and a half hour one, right? Yeah. Yep. So yep, that's watch. the one. That's the one where I told Zara we're watching the extended cut and she's like, how long is it? And I said, two and a half. And she's like, how long is the original? Less than two. <laughs> if I'm being 100% honest, I kind of wish I watched the original but just had some of the more detail of the longer movie, but I didn't want a two and a half hour long version of this movie. It's so, it's so, you know what I mean? It's so complicated because like I, I was refreshing my mind because I, the, I, I really like the assembly cut better. Um, yeah. I had to refresh myself on what the theatrical version is missing. And the theatrical, like, it doesn't have any of the exterior setup shots of the prison planet. Yeah. Um, it's a dog. You you don't find Ripley on the beach. Uh, none of the lice stuff is uh, set up. She's just in the pod. Um, it's very simplistic. Yeah. Uh, everything around uh, Paul McGann's character developing wow. is gone. Uh, he just randomly stops being in the movie at some point, and you just assume he died. That's awesome. um, Paul McGann again. Paul McGann is the one who lets it out. The he's, uh, the crazy one. Yeah, he's the one who goes crazy and seeing it and everything. And I'm like, that's that is one of the more interesting things. They basically cut that whole sequence of them trapping it and him letting it out because they felt it added too much time for the theatrical version, which I understand. But like, here's my thing: I don't think Alien Three is actually super great unless I connect with the characters yeah and i think i connect with the characters better overall because of the assembly cut I do too. and in the theatrical version while i think the assembly cut is too long it absolutely is the theatrical version just nixes all of the good that's characters. literally the snyder cut dude that's literally the snyder well, that's cut. what that's what it's i was good. that's what i wanted to bring up that's what i really wanted to bring up is that we're we talked about the snyder cut i said we were going to talk about it again this is it alien yeah. 3 this is the Snyder Cut of Alien 3. What happened was David Fincher was being forced by the studio to do a lot more to make the movie closer to Alien because they weren't liking what they saw. So he quit. Or they fired him. It's unclear. I so got he Brandon, did not finish the movie. I got to show you. Keep talking. The, the, the behind-the-scenes stuff of Alien 3 is almost as crazy as the stuff behind Prometheus. Uh, Prometheus. Like, it yeah. is insane. Uh, I'll find so it later. So he... Uh, so David Fincher did not finish the movie. So the film... The, the release of the movie that is in the, was in the theaters was not his movie and even the assembly cut isn't his movie the studio wanted to get closer to what his vision would have been but he did not come back to do this right so who knows what his version even looks like it could be yeah. shorter yeah 
Um, I just want you guys to know that the third Alien movie, um, it was going to be, uh, it was going to be the underhand and Whalen Utani Corporation facing off with a military aggressive culture of humans whose rigid society has caused them to separate from Earth. It was going to be a human versus human versus xenomorph movie. Hicks was the star. Ellen Ripley was only a cameo, which would have led into the next movie, which would have been a huge galactic warfare movie. So yeah, th- that that's before the, David Fincher even came on board. Yeah, that's the William Gibson script when when um, uh, Sigourney Weaver didn't want to come back. Uh, it, th- the fact that this movie turned out as good as it did is insane. Yeah. Uh, David Fincher got brought on like super late. Like it's so much. It's insane. This movie is as good as it is. So uh, just like really quickly brushing over the the differences before we just talk about what we watched. Um, you lose just so much of like what are the good character beats? Yes, this mo- this cut is long. It is very long. But the best character stuff is in this cut. Yeah. And the theatrical version tries very quickly to get you to the action beats, which, especially today, don't hold up. Um, the, the alien most of the time looks really bad uh, in the way that it's put into the film, which makes, me, makes it so what I rely on is that the character beats are really good. Yeah. And while long, they are. Uh, I find them interesting and engaging. Uh, it is beyond crazy to me that even in the assembly cut, Peter Postlewaite is in this movie and underused. Yeah. Five that, is yeah. that is insane. That is insane. Peter Postlewaite again? Uh, he's in Dragonheart. He's in Inception. He's a Bald oh, man. Lost World Jurassic Park. Yeah. He's a oh, okay. Okay. That, that, okay. Romeo yeah. Juliet. He's no, no. there. Yeah, and he's true. one of the most underserved dudes, which is insane knowing that guy's career. You know, uh, I, saw the Titans. Like, I didn't see it. Yeah. Class of, I saw him. I was like, you look familiar. I know you. I don't, I don't blame him for not, for not recognizing him. Cause like, you don't know who that char- that actor is very well either. And most of these white people look the same anyway. They're all bald. They're, They're all, all bald white people. Yeah. I did recognize uh, Charles Dance though. I mean, well, uh, of course I recognize Charles Dance because it's freaking Tywin Lannister. Yeah. I, I can only keep track of, like, I can only really keep track of the guy who, I don't know is the character's name, but the guy who survives at the end mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and is taken away. I can keep track of him. I can keep track of Paul McGann. I can ch- keep track of Peter Postlewaite because I know him uh, mm-hmm. and Charles Dance. And then after, uh, uh, after that, it gets a little muddy. There's like two or three <laughs> that I'm just like, are you the other guy? Uh, there was there's... there were moments there were moments where when a lot of people died during in the fire where I go like, you just died, right? I really, yeah, <laughs> I had a few moments like that too. But also, I really like the priest or like the the head yes. of the religion. I really yeah. like him. I like. I, I can keep track of him. I was talking about all the bald white dudes. I can keep oh, no, track no, no, of no, the black. No, no, sorry, I about the bald white dudes. I was saying that him as a character, I really enjoyed. One of two one of two black dudes um there is one guy who dies fairly early into the killing of people uh who looks like paul mcgann is even traveling with him at one point yeah uh who kind of could confuse me but he dies and then i'm like okay i can keep track of paul mcgann it's okay he's got real bad teeth so that's easy to take care (laughs) of yes yes um yeah i really i really like this this cut of the movie i've never seen Uh, this one before and i really enjoyed it oh nice discussing the cut the one thing that that is a change that i think i know brandon how brandon feels about it i know how ryan feels about it in the theatrical cut then uh when ripley is falling into her death the alien bursts out of her chest while she's falling and she grabs it and holds it as she plunges into the lava bishop's like no it's a good no that's a very good no normally those are pretty bad lance lance hendrick can uh yeah the hendrickson's he sells really it. good in this yeah um yeah the the 
the that's the only thing in the extended cut that I missed was the the final chestburster sequence with her clutching. It's the it. only thing from the theatrical cut that I I wish was still in the film. Yeah, yeah. Because as a so, I like a lot of this movie, but there are parts of it that I really don't like, and the parts that I really hate is the very beginning where they kill Newt and Hicks. I, we so okay. So we've I I totally forgot. I totally forgot to mention that because like. We've had enough time to live with that disappointment. You just saw it. Uh, I was pissed because I'm yeah. like, how dare you? A part yeah. of me just wants to say, like, nope, Alien 3 Resurrection, not canon. Ripley lives happily after after with Newt. She has a family. They're fine. Everything's you got fine. Some comics. You got some comics. You want to read those? Cool. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, yeah. That was going to be Blomkamp's film um, was them still being alive. Uh Ben, uh, you are saying the thing that a lot of fans feel about Alien 3. I can only imagine how much more you'd feel that way if you watched the theatrical, because the theatrical really speeds through any amount of her giving a shit about them being dead. Yeah. Which is another reason why I prefer the assembly cut, because I don't, I also am like, it is rough that they take out Hicks and Newt at the beginning of this film. I at least appreciate that the first 45 minutes of the film are about Ripley dealing with that. Yeah. I'm what? Because I in the very I do like how you see an alien egg on the ship. How to get there? Oh, you know, I know that's one of the things I was trying to think about. I was like, how the hell did that get there? Because the Burke. queen walked her egg sack. Burke. Oh, oh yeah, Burke. Oh, oh that's, that's how I just he said that to me, and I'm just like, I, I'll just I'll allow it, whatever. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. There, okay, so between this one and Resurrection, there are times where I was trying to figure out is like where are the inconsistencies because Aliens was like cool, done. I we're good. But then going to Alien Three, seeing the alien angle, like how did I get there? And then seeing the face, I was like, "Who's on the face? Who's is that face hugger on Newt? Is that on Ripley? Who, who who's the face hugger on? How the alien? Where the hell did the oh, alien show up from?" It's not even that. It's not even that I. It's not even that I. I'm mad that that Newt and Hicks are killed in the beginning of the movie. I'm mad at how quickly they just like destroy Newt. Yeah. Oh, she's like, yeah, her like, you see like her broken jaw and stuff. No, no, yeah. no, yeah. no, no, she's still together. It's Hicks who's. Oh, sorry. Hicks oh, is no, just no. like mangled. Because they, they dissect her. That's right, that's right. That's Hicks right. is just a mess. Hicks is yeah. just, Hicks is, Hicks is just, just, is completely. I, uh, I will, that's upsetting. I will, throw in, I will throw in that like what you realize later in the film is that there were two face huggers on that ship. So two eggs, yeah. not just one, uh, because one gets on a bull. And one also mm. that's in the theatrical cut. It's someone's dog. It's and lucky. It, it, yeah. it doesn't work as well. Um, the bull is better. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, that's another thing. Because when they bring the bull in and they say, "Hey, what's this?" I'm like, "There's only one face hugger. Where'd that one come from?" Because you only see the one egg in the director's cut. Right. So I'm like, so it's me doing a girlfriend review. So hold up a minute. You don't need to. I mean, that I've never cared where the alien eggs came from. Um, I don't think it's a big deal. I think it you. In order to get the crux of an alien movie going, you got to get an egg somewhere. Yeah, yeah. you got you got to get an egg. Somewhere. But I yeah, do just, like, just assume uh, Burke had like an ulterior plan, just in case. I yeah, so, so but what I do like is as I'm watching this, I mean, this film is a very long movie, but I do like when she does turn Bishop on. Bishop's like, no, it was always with us. We were, it was there. We, it knew. It is like we were. No, it said there. it said it traveled with us. Yeah, it traveled with us. It was with there. It was us yeah. ever since we left uh, the skull, whatever it is. The, the ship, their, their first ship. The ship. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. I mean, because there are parts of this movie that as it goes on, it's like, okay, we get some explanation. We get some of this. I'm actually, it's gonna, it takes a while, but okay. My question, some of my questions are answered, but then we I, get into the, then we get into, 
it's weird because the very first, I want to say 45 minutes of this movie, I'm still, I'm like, okay, this, this, and this problems, this, this, this questions. But as the movie goes on, I forget about this. Like, no, I actually, I care about Charles Dance's character. I love that scene he has with Ripley about why he has a prison tattoo, even though he's not technically a prisoner. I love his story about him being a doctor and losing his license. I like how um, at first a lot of the prisoners are were the the I'm just gonna call him the priest. Where the priest is like, I am a murderer and rapist. Dylan. Stay away from me, Dylan. Thank you. Where Dylan's like, you better stay away. But he comes to her aid. He's like, I need to reeducate this brothers when they attempt to rape her. And then he straight up says, like, how dare all of you do this? You're trying to you you came here to you were here to fix yourselves and you are not doing that. And then they, uh, they look at Ripley to lead them as um the alien is coming in and i i guess like okay i'm actually kind of into this i like how even though she's not prison she doesn't have any of the resources she had in the previous two films she still makes it work and i love how the alien gets out because when they trap him in the, the waste thing i'm like that was too easy something bad is gonna happen we go back to the other crazy guy i'm like there it is um i definitely like one of my least favorite things in in the film in general is the rape scene the attempted yeah. rape scene um and my biggest reason for that is I don't mind it in itself because Dylan shows up and prevents it and that kind of thing. My problem is that later when like they're all having to rally together for survival against the Xenomorph, it's not a, it's not a character fact at all. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter between the relationship dynamic of her and those guys. There's no moment where like, you know, it, there's a tension of if she'll leave them to die or something like that. It's never built on. So it feels unnecessary in yeah. every way mm-hmm. uh and that bums me out because it's really just furthering like my my one gripe about the film is this idea of like automatic this automatic unburdened misogyny like the the men are not responsible for their actions because for the first time ever they're around a woman yeah and uh they can't be expected to control themselves um and even dylan perpetuates that idea the only person who doesn't vocally perpetuate that idea directly is is charles dance's character yeah Mm -hmm. um who's aware of the tension of it but he doesn't say that that means it will inevitably be a thing uh we barely now that being said like yes obviously this is prisoners many of them convicted of crimes of rape or violence against women so it's like yeah okay but it's still such a like a given that there's no amount of rehabilitation for the time that they've been there that they can control themselves or consider something different um and it was unnecessary to do this scene especially if you're not going to have it any ramifications pay off in any way of their dynamic going forward in the film yeah, mm-hmm. I can't even place those dudes later in the film because the relationship yeah. is so unclear, and that makes it uh, utterly fruitless. Yeah, Xenomorph, he's fast when he's green. Yeah, they, this they is the. Uh... Go ahead, Brandon. Ben. They eventually oh, become the guys you're talking about, Sparks. They eventually become can fodder for the alien anyway. So you're right; they, there is no ramifications, except they're just getting their asses beat by it with a crowbar. I don't so, think there's another alien in this movie. So canonically, yeah. this is called the Runner, um, and the, since the since the theatrical cut would be the one that's canon, um, it it comes from a from a dog. So NECA or Dark Horse, someone has created what would come from a bull. What mm-hmm. kind of xenomorph would come from a bull? Um, but I, I like the I really liked how this how the xenomorph shows up in this one. I think it's a really cool sequence with the, with the bull. Um, when it first comes out, it's cool. But then when you get like you see the alien when it's running down the halls, you can see it's really bad early '90s CG. This came out. In the that's 90s. not even the problem. That's not even the problem I have with the xenomorph. It's 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 that it's what Ryan said. It's not enough. Yeah, it, it's not it's not really enough. 
Um, and again, like it's it's a it's you know it's like it's a thing like a kaiju movies. Like you know, uh, if you don't have enough of the of the monster, you need good characters. And I do think uh, this does have good characters, but I, this isn't a big monster movie. This is a small monster movie, and I I just needed more of the alien. I think for this it. Movie. I think it would have been in it enough for a theatrical runtime. Sure, uh, oh, yeah. but you're but you're getting all that that extra character. And again, like yeah. There, the stuff in the assembly cut is stuff I want. Yes. And there's other things that I think could have been trimmed away from it that are the character beats, but the but then retaining the things that didn't make it to the theatrical, and then I think you cut that down and you would have the appropriate amount of alien. There's stuff. one more cut that we I think we can do. If we combine both these versions, there's there's the perfect well, movie it, there. it would be the director's cut. It would be David yeah. Fincher coming back and finally putting together what his movie would have been. Give him seventy million dollars, bring the cast back. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but I, I think that's the the issue is that like the the amount of alien stuff I think is the probably the right amount for a theatrical cut of this film. This film's just like the assembly cut that we watch is is just longer than it needs to it's be. It has yeah. the right stuff. It's thirty more minutes of character stuff, but not really an additional alien stuff. Or again, the mm-hmm. theatrical cut would be fine. Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, again, the character stuff I like, but it makes it just a little more uh, disjointed. There's other things that needed to be trimmed. Yeah, yeah. for sure, for sure. Um, but uh, the I, movie, I the, because the movie feels longer. Yeah, you feel it exactly. Yeah, I think it looks great though. I think like David Fincher had a good eye for what he tried to do with this movie. Um, like it, it, it feels like an alien movie, just you know, but in a prison. There's a there's a visual uh, thematic feel for the film that is that is really nice and distinct. It doesn't feel like any of the other alien films they all in the distinct. visual way. Yeah, uh, and and I I dig the vibe. There's something uh both. He doesn't use a lot of tight shots, mm-hmm. but there is something that still feels claustrophobic. Absolutely. I love the shot of, 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 of yeah, uh, Crazy Palm again opening up the nuclear door and it's like walking into the darkness, like ready for the dragon to there's take that, him. There's that one incredible shot you and I talked about, which is the one where like most of the screen is the black room and oh, they're the only door. in the lower corner as they come through the door and yeah. everything else is darkness. And I'm like, man, what a good shot. Yeah, uh, what a good isolating shot yeah there's there's definitely a lot of good stuff in this movie and i i wonder if this is one of those movies where like it's just it's it's gonna get forgotten it won't get like a special 25 year anniversary thing um but i think it deserves it i think there's there's good stuff here yeah i i I don't think this is the worst alien film by far no (laughs) i think Um, the movie's pretty good yeah, I, I agree. I think the cremation of Newton Hicks is a strong sequence. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, like what's in the assembly cut uh, makes all of that feel the weight of it. Like if you're going to kill those characters, I want to sit in the weight of that. And this movie in its assembly cut really allows you to do that. It allows you to feel what Ripley's going through. Uh, and it feels like that that painful loss, mm-hmm. uh, which I appreciate because most films would just kill them and forget about them in the first 10 minutes. Yeah. And move on. True. Um, and and I really appreciate that this version doesn't. Um, I I really love the concept of the convicts being driven towards this manufactured faith that they have. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, you know, it's not it's not just straight up Christianity. It's this, it's this whole other thing that they've had to kind of craft as the only thing that keeps them going. Yeah. The only thing that functionally allows their little society to work. Uh, and I, that concept, like the whole idea of this prison place that she's ended up with this, with this stuff is really good. Um, I'm really glad that there is a, the, like, you don't get the explanation about the lice and the theatrical cut for why Ripley shaves her head. She just shaves her head. That's crazy. Uh, That's crazy. I'm really glad that the assembly cut has that explanation of like, yo, we got like crazy big lice. It's a big problem. It's a super (laughs) planet, a super bug planet. Uh, I, I think that's really good. Um, I think it's really funny that they find the dude 
diced up in the air shaft before they find the bull with its shit <laughs> open. But they do. Um, there is a oh, lot. That's what I. That, sorry, I wanted to tell tell you something about the the. You guys didn't watch it with subtitles, did you? No. No. Okay, so in the subtitles, what's really funny is the alien is supposed to be born in the theatrical cut. The alien is born in the uh, in the the ventilator scene. Yeah, with the um, dog. with a dog. So in the assembly cut, the subtitles are lifted from the theatrical cut. So as the dude is crouching down to look into the vent where he where he will see the the xenomorph, um, you see the subtitles are saying Spike. Spike. No, he, no, no, he, he says look, it. He's looking for his missing dog who he has. He says Spike. Yeah. And the director's still, cut. Yeah. In the assembly cut, he says Spike. I, yeah. I made a note of it. Yeah. He they says. Just, yeah. They just change it for being that dude's dog who gets to be xenomorph into just a bison. That that dog exists in both cuts. No. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's really weird that the dog isn't never, physically in the second. Isn't. You, yes. Yes. It is weird. You never see the dog, but that is who he's calling. He is calling because the dog. I didn't. I didn't hear it. I only saw it on the subtitles. I thought no, it was sneaking out of. I, that that is a funny thing. Yeah, they don't even they don't even show the dog, but he's he's talked about. That that is a yeah. Because, I, because I made the, a note of that. Yeah. Because I, I because I, I read that the the dog was not David Fincher footage. It was the studio oh. footage. Was just just put the dog in. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so the that's... fact that that guy would say it in that scene is weird. Yeah, but he does. Uh, yeah, you do hear it. You can hear him say Spike. Weird. Um, there is more blood in this one than I think in any of the other alien films. Not the next one? No, not more than alien. Like there is a lot of like human blood. Like yeah. this, this, this one, because it's more animalistic, maybe pulls people up to the ceiling and spills oh, blood true. over Paul again. That's true, yeah. uh, there's the bloody mess when it pulls the super Lieutenant up. Yeah, you're right. Uh, that the guy has to just mop blood is a big, that's such big a big thing in this one where the dude's mopping the blood and he's that's like looking up. With oh, like, oh. <laughs> uh, that's really funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm gonna steal a moment from you real quick, but I like it. I like the home aloneing of the whole place, Same. of like of a uh, uh, like uh, putting like a uh, gas on all like uh, the vents and stuff to try to like to zoo zone it out, uh, and it ended up failing and killing half the people. See, I think that's where you could have trimmed a lot of time. Is I think a lot of that stuff could have been montaged faster, uh -huh, and uh -huh. you could have cut down the time, but not lose a lot of the character stuff. Yeah, uh, and get us back to the xenomorph action faster. True. Um, I really love Paul McGann babbling. Uh, once he comes in, I really like that he thinks of the xenomorph as a dragon. That is, that, that's he, how he describes. He's probably it. my favorite character. He's like he he he's obviously very disturbed, and like yeah. you think at a point maybe oh maybe he's not so bad. He's just a little nuts. But then there's like a turn in like his tone and dialogue. It's, it's so scary. It is a little bizarre to me, and I don't think that it's even in the assembly cut. I don't think it's justified that when it does come to the scene, it it I was he's questioning like why am I still chained up if you caught the xenomorph, and I'm questioning like why is he still chained up if you know the xenomorph is real and there's no justification from anyone that they're worried about his mental sanity yeah uh and i just wish a little bit more of that was there because it does come from like yeah they were right to be worried but i don't know why they yeah. were right to be worried i just think i agree i could use more i just think he plays it really well he does play yeah. it really well the um, doctor everybody poor again poor charles dance never stood a chance yeah nope <laughs> again another another thing like killing 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 your lead like in the next movie they do that too uh i think i th i like that i was like oh well uh, I really, really like uh, the the sequence we get that like proves oh we're we're in the shit now. Permission to terminate denied, especially like as they keep giving information. Wayland is willing to speed up what they're doing for yeah, yeah, rescue yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm like oh company, Man. oh company. They're the best. Um, 
so here's the weird thing and like it just it just doesn't jive i think in general with alien films it doesn't make a lot of sense uh ripley is able to go an obscene amount of, of time with the alien inside of her chest yeah and it's never really explained i guess the inference would be because it's a queen it just stays longer That's though, yeah. though, though mm-hmm. again like my other thing is that this is the this is really the only thing that makes it very clear uh a queen comes from a specific egg rather than a queen evolves out of the species naturally. Yeah. Um, Which the other films would, uh, would, would kind of hint at. I told Ryan that the novelization of aliens says that uh, Bishop suspects that uh, he hypothesizes that the first of the species evolves into a queen or that there is a type of jelly inserted into the egg that creates a queen. Uh, and he says it's one of the two things, and clearly in this, they decide to make the choice. Like, there's a special egg. Yeah. Um, Comically read, it, it's this kind of similar thing where, like, the a xenomorph queen would be birthed, and then they'll take a pack to a different location. Yeah, the, the comics the comics also made, like, their very... their distinctive choice on what it was going to be, but it's... This one, I feel like the the con- the concept of the queen is still very vague, but, like, it, this one, I think, just doesn't it doesn't jive cleanly with the world of alien outside mm-hmm. of it. Um, certainly not in the way it's established, but I accept it because I enjoy the film anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, it won't kill its future is such a good concept. I do yeah. like for that. The fact that like, she knows she won't be touched because she's carrying the mm-hmm. queen. Yeah. Um, I think that's pretty good. Uh, yo, how does it survive hot lead? No way. <laughs> yeah. But uh, real quickly, uh, our friend Matt brought this up to me. I remember the the scene where the 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 dude is, is like trying to keep keep the xenomorph down there. He's like, "Hey, come here!" And they yeah. just start duking. That was cool. that was really cool. Yeah, it is good. Went out like a champ. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know how he does the lead thing. At least at least the cold breaks it apart. So like, if yeah, that yeah. didn't happen, I would have been pissed. Like, what, right. what does it take to kill it? Yeah, yeah. Especially because like we see other things take care of it much more handily in other parts of the alien fire. There, the, the alien, the xenomorph's resiliency is not consistent. Not <laughs> in at all. Anyway, um, uh, the only other thing that really put me off a little bit during the film is that I have a really hard time believing that Ripley, where she's at, who she's become at this point, uh, is not capable of taking her own life. Sure. Um, she she goes to Dylan and says, "I need you to do what I can." And I'm like, I have a hard time believing you're the person who's at, like alien. Maybe even aliens. I could see you being this. You've been through a lot. You've been through enough. I feel like you could do it. Yeah, I feel like you're capable. I oh, yeah. uh, and then of course she is when she tosses herself back when she's got no other choice. But yeah. uh, uh, it, it, it rung a little hollow to me when she goes to Dylan. She's like, "I can't do it," and I'm like, "I feel like you could. I feel like you're not trying." <laughs> at this point, you know you have a queen. You absolutely you went through two now three encounters with these things if you knew you're carrying the queen you probably off yeah, as soon as that thing was dead you off yourself the instant you're like cool if, bye if gorman can do it in aliens ripley can do it in alien three i uh i so bishop shows up lance Henriksen shows up as the person who created the bishop androids uh thanks to alien vs predator i've always assumed that was a descendant of bishop wayland uh in some way um, and so I told Zara that a funny little anecdote. I told Zara that I had always assumed that was Bishop Whalen's grandson or something, um, a great great grandson. And and Zara's like, but Whalen didn't couldn't have any kids. I'm like, no, I'm not talking about Prometheus. That's where you get messy. <laughs> I'm not talking yeah. about that. No, yeah, I, I again because I, Alien versus Prayer can't live in a world where Ridley Scott's Alien. Yeah, I, 
this. Again, like I think the David stuff with with uh, Fastbender is amazing. I love the Bishop Lance Henriksen stuff. Yeah. Even if he, he's in this movie very little, like he comes to this planet and he gets his ear almost cut off and he's like, Ripley, I'm a human. Look how, look how invested I am in this shit. That is, that is a corporation man to the letter, man. I love and it. What a, what a cool reveal because we've seen, we, we are, we like this face and then he shows up like, Hey, I'm the real face. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm, yeah. So cool. Yeah. Um, good, good, yeah, good, good, good movie. Uh, I, I yeah. will say that I'm like, yo, are you are you actually a synthetic though? Like that they just made look real human? Oh god, because, because so much of his head is hanging off the side, and he's still yeah. just fine. And I'm like, I think he's just man. like the adrenaline. Like this is like his life's work. In sure, him. sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like I can buy either way. Um, but it's it, it is just nice to have him. I think it's a cool nod, even if it uh, in in yeah. like the wider lore of the universe, you can't necessarily hey man, heads we, we got it. the ridley scott universe and we got the better universe but, yeah yeah you know. yeah yeah um real quickly i noticed i have notes for alien covenant that i wanted to say i guess during alien covenant they weren't sure whether or not the xenomorph and that would be a proto xenomorph leading to alien or its own thing you should go in the movies knowing what you want to do i'm just saying especially if it's um, a prequel so here's a prequel to your movie <laughs> maybe all right alien resurrection yeah. Okay, guys. What happens when you give a weird French guy a hundred million dollars to make an alien movie? This is what you get. I remember not liking this movie as much. I think this movie's a lot of fun and weird. Super weird. I think this movie is very weird. Uh, Joss Whedon, real quickly, is the only credited writer, but he has come out and said, and the studio has confirmed that there were four people who wrote the script after him. Okay. So he's really pissed that he's the only credited name. Yeah, because some of some of the stuff in there, I'm like, wow, definitely. 2021 Joss Whedon definitely feels like that. Yeah, it, it, there are obviously Whedonisms. A lot of this story, a lot of this cast uh, ends up at Firefly. Yeah. Uh, to, to Firefly. So you see where the Whedonisms are, but like there were many passes after he left. Um, This one also had a trouble production like Alien 3. Yeah. Um, I think for me, this is the best the aliens have looked. I think the I think the xenomorphs are so gooey and their teeth are back to normal instead of having human teeth, which is weird for one movie. Um, they look so monstrous, like this, and like they have such a they have a different design too. Like they have like different hands. Like, and the queen looks so good. This is my favorite look for the aliens. It's not my favorite alien movie, but this is my favorite look for the xenomorph. My favorite still aliens. I like the yeah. bone uh, head. Yeah, yeah. Brandon, I know you watched the theatrical for this. I did. Um, uh i i'm looking over I, i've been looking over the differences uh i definitely like the special cut it's it's barely changes much but um the opening and ending are massively different um the opening is really cool if you haven't seen it branded it opens on a close-up of the mouth of a bug uh, that looks like the alien and pulls out and, and it's, it's just like bug. a fly and it's just this it's just this weird moment of a dude who works on the ship just like killing this bug and like it's um, like the fly is right here and then it zooms out and he smashes the fly and it keeps zooming out and it keeps zooming out and it keeps zooming out and you see the, the, where he's working into the space place of the space station it's almost like valerian yeah it's great it just, oh i must i do that sounds familiar i must have seen it a while ago Okay. It just it just sets a, a different tone. Uh, there's some some other minor changes. Like the biggest things are the opening and the ending. But uh, the there's other minor changes. Like just 
increasing Ripley's character beats, things like her waking up mid the surgery and reaching up and uh, grabbing the doctor's hand and breaking his arm uh, when she's uh, being operated on. Um, when she sees the picture of Newt, her pause is drawn out to give Ripley more characterization about what she's feeling. There's surprisingly a lot of, of still her reflecting on Newt in this movie, which I, which I liked, um, yeah. considering she's like a weird clone monster. Who has memories. Yeah. Um, and then I just want to... I. We'll talk about the ending later, and I'll I'll get into that because uh, I got specific shit to say about that. This movie is 200 years after Alien Three. They've cloned Ripley um, to get the Alien Queen out out of her, and she has alien DNA now inside of her, so she's like super strong and has like because a connection the, to the alien. The cloning was not good. I don't I don't understand. Like because they got blood samples while she had a queen alien in her, they could separate out both. That's what that eventually. I, uh, Listen, Burke put an alien weird. thing on in Alien Three. Like I just gotta, who knows? Yeah, clone no, it. So this is not my favorite. I actually did not like this movie all this all that much. I mean, oh, yeah? I was like, that was cool, but most of the time, I was like, can this be over already? I'm done. Is it was it too weird for you? Or you said like it? too weird. It was mostly ben, what? There's a dude in a wheelchair who picks parts to make a gun. That's that amazing. Cool. That's my that favorite thing of the whole movie. <laughs> That, that guy? Cool. No, no, the guy in the wheelchair. The guy in the wheelchair when no, he's no, no, just no. pulling his... There's so he's just mentioning a, the other guy. There's lots of cool oh. gun stuff in this movie, yeah. 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 The, the, part... the, 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 what is it, the, the, the thing that becomes a gun, the thermos that becomes a gun. Oh, the thermos. Oh, that's another cool gun, you're right. Yeah, yeah. so that part was fine. My whole thing was how the hell were they able to get a, um, were they able to clone Ripley with an alien cider? And I'm just, and then like when Sparks just said, it's like, yeah, with because she had the, the alien, uh, they got blood samples from what when she had the queen star. It's like, nah, that's bullshit. So I that's mean, what, and, and movies, baby. This is this is I'm, that's the thing that's breaking you for this 200 years in the future. For every, every now and then, Ben, you get hung up on the weirdest things. Yeah, and it's, it's not consistent. Like sometimes you'll just be like, all of a sudden, the thing that breaks you is something that's totally. Not a they thing. They don't say two hundred years. They just say it's been decades. That's they say two hundred years. years. I must have missed that line because they I say two hundred years. years. Yeah, they, you're Ellen Ripley. Paul, you died two hundred years ago. Paul says you're Ellen Ripley and you died two hundred years ago. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah I, right. I I I will say I don't know if this is the direction I would have taken with Ellen Ripley the character. That being said, her being this really really like full of herself half alien like goddess. 100% on board. I think I think yeah. once you've killed her in Alien 3, it's the best choice. She is so weird in this movie, and I, I love it. Like I do like her one-liners, like when she finally finally got on the bench, she's like, you gave me this shit, I'm, you gave me this shit's even older than she, I am. She did I that really, basketball shot? Oh, what? She, that's a real thing. She really did that. She, she, I love like the 30 shots, scene. like 30 shots of doing that, yeah. The basketball scene is so good. Just her, her, and Perlman, her, her just F.U. Perlman energy is so good. She's so different in this movie, and it, it must have been so fun, because she's played a different Ellen Ripley basically every movie. Um, it's again, it's not it's not the choice I would have made, but it's but this it's is the, the one cool choice. This is the one where you're like, this is not the same Ellen Ripley. There, there no. is some, there's something very different about her. Um, and what I really like about the, is the character choice that when the aliens are closer, she starts to pick up their, mm -hmm. she when, like this close, the closer she are is to the queen. She's like, Oh, uh, I can, I her can hear them. Like her awake. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I really like, so she's able to remember her life pieces of her life as Ripley because 
she's inherited stuff from the xenomorphs they pass on their memories through genetic coding this is yeah. uh this is which smart. is which is incredibly interesting which yeah. means that the xenomorphs as they respawn are constantly carrying the memories of generations and generations before them learning as they go that's like a species. groundhog day thing like they're always learning and getting better by the way i love the scene where they killed one of their own kind mm-hmm like that that is that my favorite my favorite thing is when they're seeing the dude dude like argue and then they're like okay we're gonna kill one of one of us and then they escape they have like their own conversation where like a xenomorph head looks and then he does the mouth and then he looks at that guy they look at that guy don't kill me yeah yeah it's like a whole stupid like silent scene they're they're so very much like the precursor of how velociraptors talk in Jurassic Park 3 yeah yeah uh this is this is so similar on on that level uh, they're definitely at their most intelligent in this one, mm-hmm. uh, by far. Um, <laughs> and then they when they also, push the button, yeah, they also look the best. Yeah, that's uh, what I was saying. I earlier. think that they've ever looked in the franchise. Um, they're most of the time they're practical. They don't just look like a dude in a suit. They really do look like monsters. Yeah, they're they they glisten in a good way. They they feel the gooeyest, the gooeyest they've ever been. I think I think the CGI looks really well. It looks really yeah. good. CGI holds up pretty well. It helps that yeah. like it's underwater and it's just like a moving black sphere. It looks so good. It looks really good. There's one bit that I really like when it's the the xenomorph jumps out of the water and gets onto the ladder. That's all CG, and you can see like the lights glistening from the sparks, and you can, and it's like slick. That's really good stuff. That's that's really advanced for the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I think the xenomorphs look fantastic through and through throughout this film, especially coming out of Alien Three, like. It just it just always looks good, and I'm like, this is is CGI or or practical, and I'm glad it's mostly practical. Yeah, it really works. The, um, uh, the xenomorph who pushes the button, I really like because he's very yeah. vindictive. So he yeah. because yeah. because he he couldn't get the dude with the with the with the with his tongue, so he made the tongue push the button to kill the dude. I love it. It's good. And it, just like unnecessarily killing that dude with cryo freeze, but all right. Um, um, I I that like scientist is super stupid when he just walks in after they create the acid hole and he's like, Oh, we won't check the schematics for where they would have ended up or some scanners or something. I'm just going to walk in and look down the yeah. hole. Like, uh, like aliens. I like, I like most of the, cr- of like the, like the bounty hunters or mercenaries, whoever this crew who are the guy, all the people who get killed. Um, there's the really the pirates, the pirates. There's a the really deep, like gravelly voice guy who just sounds so cool. And I love hearing him talk. And he's one of the guys who gets killed early. Um, it's a voice from treasure planet, by the way. He's like, yeah, he's like, I looked it up. He's like, he's one of the bad guys from treasure planet or whatever. Um, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I like the cast. I think Winona Ripley, Ryder. Ripley shoots the gun through the, there's a lot of really cool moments in this, like really yeah. inventive, like Ripley shoots the gun through the body. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it is really cool. cool. It is really cool that the captain was ultimately an unnecessary, like a uh, useless character. Yeah. yeah, like like he was not important. Uh, the captain is the dude who gets killed first of that crew is pretty impressive. Uh, we got Cole, call, call. Sorry, call. Yeah, uh, yeah. A B C call. W D I love, W. I love uh, her dynamic mm-hmm. uh, with. She's my, she's, she's my favorite really character. She's my favorite character in the movie. Um, I think Winona Ryder plays the character really well. Um, and I really like the dynamic between between her and Ripley. The bit when the chapel when she's when she's into the computer is some of my best, some of my favorite stuff in this movie. Yeah, uh, I I really love the interactions between this new Ripley and her because they're both coming at it from a perspective of these non-human entities uh, and how they kind of connect on that level. 
which I think is great, especially when she says, of course, you're a robot. You are too human, mm -hmm. too mm -hmm. humane to be uh, human. I, I agree, Brandon, like when they're in the chapel and she's like, I don't like doing, she says a line that's so like haunting. It's like, I don't like doing that. It makes my insides feel weird. Or it's like, or like, I, I don't like disappearing like that. Like yeah, yeah. doing the robot shit that Bishop would always do. And I'm like, that's a very human thing to say. That is super spooky. They, they talk about the synthetics and they say, so these ones, these ones second. were made by others. They're second, second generation. generation and they didn't like taking orders. So most of them were hunted down like blade and runner. a few of them escaped yeah uh yeah very much like blade runner and most of them reject all of their synthetic parts so she's destroyed her modem which is why she can't like automatically connect with technology yeah can i can i tell you a, a bit about prometheus that's, that'll make your skin crawl please um one day ridley scott came into the office and said what if it was what if it was wayland tyrell connecting it to blade runner oh uh I mean, but that didn't. So the idea would be that Alien and Blade Runner are in the same same universe. So he he did not go forward with that, but that was an idea that was bounced around for a second. Like it's his. It, he made both. So like, if he wanted to do that, sure. Please no. <laughs> Stop. Stop. Um, uh, in I love the kooky general. Uh, that dude's acting is a little over the top. The hairy man. Works. Yeah, Harry so it works so well. Look when he's like talking to the guys, and the, and it's like uh. Well, it's it's not a problem that she's learning. He's like, oh, excuse me, she's just gaining memories. Yeah. Not an issue. I freaking love that guy. When he the the grenade that he throws is one of my favorite sequences because we follow the grenade into the thing. I love it. Yeah, yeah. It's um, more dramatic. How he's just like, yeah, I love and then, it. And then and then like, right there. He's like, oh. Uh, I I want to talk about one of the things I I do hate about this. Um, they they acknowledge that Waylon Newtani was bought by Walmart oh, decades ago. Ruined uh, it stupid ruined utterly, ruined it utterly unnecessary dumb my least favorite Wait, thing out of all these movies this, that must be in the extended cut because that's not in the theatrical it's yeah so in, in in the cut they tell you that Wayland yutani was bought out decades ago because she's she ripley's still blaming the company and he's like yeah. honey that was way in the past walmart bought those companies no they say they do say that Wayland yutani is no longer around it's a different com it's a different like thing um but they don't say who bought it that that took me out of it so fast. I was like, oh. it's 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 sucky because like in my mind, what I think is so good about Wayland Yutani is that, and I've noticed this a lot about like far future things. They tend to, and it, I understand why they tend to. Everything has become under one umbrella company yeah. that controls all things. Uh, well, Resident one, Evil, uh, by and large, in Wally, -E, um, mm -hmm. uh, this is a very common trope where like capitalism has uber capitalized into a single oligopoly, uh, and. Wayland Yutani should have been that. And so bringing in the Walmart factor is like, no, it only works if they're the the, the company. They are the company. Yeah. People don't say the company as shorthand for Wayland Yutani if it's not the only company that matters. That was that's that was such a like a 1997 like American thing and, to do. Yeah, in the in the theatrical cut, then the implication is that they weren't bought out um just because it's been two hundred years, they were replaced by something. Makes sense still dumb like something it worse just, it's just unnecessary like especially because it doesn't matter in this movie just say that Wayland yutani is still behind this yeah it doesn't well, matter the idea was that um i, I think that it's not like a company it's the military like it's implied that the military has taken over everything. i get that but like Wayland yutani clearly in the previous films always had military contracts mm, so it wouldn't even be weird for it to still be with the military but under Wayland still like operating with it like the scientists come from Wayland yutani and the military is involved and then that's it like you don't need to complicate it yeah, I, I know. I just kind of feel like maybe it's it's meant to be like world building where it's um 
Like it's it, it, it like two hundred years. Like we know company's gonna last two hundred years. Surprise. Sure. Um, <laughs> but uh, I I had this conversation with Ryan where I'm like, it's super fascinating that like the world of the alien films it feels dystopic, but we never actually see what the planets are like to know mm. if they're dystopic. It That's feels true. like a dystopic future, but we'll never know. In fact, we get QVC on the TV in one of these, yeah. uh, in this movie. And it's like, okay, so it can't all be completely yeah. dystopic. Yeah. And Ron Perlman is like, Earth's a shithole. Uh, so and they okay, mentioned a plague, and it's like, wait. Let's, let's talk about it here. So, um, Brandon, if you watch the extended ending, they actually land on Earth. They walk on Earth, and Earth is desolate it's mostly destroyed. They end up in Paris and Paris is in shambles. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they're looking out over and it's, it's, uh, it's implied like, you know, this is the kind of place that people can get lost in. So Ripley and call are just going to go hide out from the company and the military on earth. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's, it's kind of interesting because it is the only time in the films we ever see earth uh, truly. And it's just this barren waste uh, that they've destroyed. Very Wally like, that's why it was so weird when I read the Aliens graphic novel that we did a, for a book club, the sequel to, to Aliens. Um, and Earth is fine, and it's kind of jarring because you're always like, oh, yeah, I guess we've never been here. Yeah, see, like, Earth in this movie is kind of what I'd expect based on just the tone. Uh, but there's totally a reasonable conclusion that Earth is actually, and like most plants that people live on are totally fine. But space and the alien universe definitely feels like a dystopia. Yeah, it feels like that. But think, it's interesting yeah. that we never really explore that angle of it. Maybe that, maybe that FX show, baby. Oh yeah, maybe. Um, yo, the way that they uh, face hugger those cargo people all just in tubes lined next to each other is messed oh. up. Yeah, it's <laughs> messed up. Um, let's see. Well, I love like, um um I love like the whole ladder scene. Where they have to go up the ladder and uh, uh, the guy's stuck on the backpack. The ambush. No. Why does, but why does that guy like, they're, they're all like, oh, he dead now. And I'm like, he dropped into the water with an alien body that had no head. Yeah. He can climb back up. Yeah, he only got a scar. I don't know yeah. why I was, they went to, he I was, died. Okay. That was actually one of those things I was like, just kick it off. I don't yeah. think the alien has a super grip that it's good. Just be, I was like, that oh, thing, Ben, just, if you re- move your foot and then boom, it's gone. Ben, if you if you recall, there are plenty. Uh, there there is also a, in the same scene a new alien uh, uh, ability seen in this movie. So perhaps we've seen two super strength and acid oh. spit. Super strength. No, I'm yeah, not yeah. talking about the acid spit. I'm talking about when the alien was was. No, dead I know. What, dead I know and... what you mean. And the same. I'm I'm, I'm implying that, that we have seen two new abilities. Super he's strength. If it's if it rig a joke. Look, if it rig a mortis onto his foot, that he's got to do more than he can just kick it. I can buy that, but like, why does he fall into the water and we're just like, oh, he died? That whole, uh, uh, the whole swimming scene, I was super tense because so I can't hold my yeah. breath for shit. And I held my breath for like as long as I could, and I would have definitely died in that scene. Yeah, I would uh, definitely die too. The aliens look good in the water, chasing them look great. Um, I, I think the I brought up the spitting acid as a joke. Uh, I actually think that's a rule breaking ability because they could just spit acid. If it's if it's not a different type of xenomorph, then I agree. If it's just supposed to be just like this is the xenomorph, then like what how come we've never seen that before? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey man, we're gonna have it in fire teams. So. We're gonna have literally twenty two different types of xenomorphs. Are you ready? Um, 
uh, I really like the shot where they let us know that Call knows something's up when she hears Ripley's name. Mm-hmm. It's like this uh, specific shot where it turns on her. I thought that was really good. I think yeah. the scientist who's studying the xenomorph is super great. Like, what a good, like, side bit character mm-hmm. where he's just doing the faces at it in the glass. Brad Dorf. Yeah. Yeah. Worm super good. Yeah. yeah um, my my super favorite creepy. line. Go ahead. No, super creepy in the glass. And then when you finally see him at the very at the end of the movie when he's encased and he's like talking, like, look, she's she's perfect now. She's giving birth. She's not laying eggs. It's like, wow, you are (laughs) that shit crazy, buddy. Um, I really like the line with calls like where where the the dude, Ren, is trying to get um, father, trying to say father. Uh, And Cal's like, father is dead. Yeah. Uh, love I love that. that his father in this one did instead you, of mother. Did you notice, at least on the DVD thing, uh, father is not spelled the way father is spelled. Did you guys notice? No, I didn't. Father is spelled F-U-T-H-U-R. That's how mother is spelled too. M-U dash. Yeah, it's it's like a weird uh, computer thing. But yeah, I thought that was cool. Um, I, there are some weird camera movement choices in this film. It's, it's French, super man. Strange. It's, it's French. constantly in motion. Yeah. Um, there's definitely some like early inspiration for the Matrix in like the basketball uh, courtroom when they get into the gunfight. Like mm-hmm. it's definitely doing some of those shots where I'm like, oh, yeah. this is where the Matrix took some shit from. <laughs> one sure. of my favorite, one of my favorite bits in this is actually in that sequence when when they're like when he's like when Rod Perlman takes the gun from the soldier and then just gives it back like don't touch me like yeah, he yeah. had the gun. Don't you ever yeah, yeah. touch me? Gives him the gun back. It's that's a great character beat. Yeah, yeah. Ron Perlman's so fun, man. Yeah. Uh, those experiment tubes that Ripley finds kill me. Um, oh all the different, all the different variations of the cloning are really, really cool to see. Like Horrifying. this is the, the new, uh, new version of David's, uh, David's experimentation room. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, the kill me, the kill me scene is something i like this movie uh, so much more sequence. than i remember the first time yeah, yeah me too um another one i want to say another line where it's like rob Perlman's like what's burning the dude us shit <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh i think the whole bit where the guy's screaming what's inside me while they're talking over is fantastic what's yeah i think that's such a great sequence what's where he's constantly me? just delivering that and they're talking over him i think that whole moment works so well oh yeah um oh and th- how he kills ren is yes. one of my favorite kills in the whole franchise he he knows he's going so he sacrifices himself to take out the dude that did this to him uh chestburster through the head oh Super that's good. so good yeah yeah <laughs> so I, good. I really like that um i think that's a great sequence uh i love that the xenomorph set a trap with the eggs over the the pool of water that's so yeah. Uh, yeah i thought that was really good um part of the ship part of the crew yeah uh that the guy in the wheelchair um he's 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 worked with this director before in a bunch of other french movies that i've seen delicatessen and the city of lost children those are both awesome french movies uh and then he came into america to make this big ass blockbuster and for the most part it works i think it's really nice that uh it's not it doesn't feel as clear i think i would compare this to aliens it doesn't feel as clear who's going to make it out and who isn't Mm -hmm. uh uh throughout the film yeah um, and I thought that was really nice to have that kind of ambiguity feeling. The call reveal is really good. Yes. Uh, her, her reveal is a super strong one. Um, uh, Ripley being swallowed up by the heaving Geiger mass is a little strange. Yeah. It looks cool, but it doesn't make sense. No. Movie's weird. But I, 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 I like it. But 
the any human hybrid looks something straight out of Bloodborne. Oh, and that is nightmare fuel. The, so friend. yeah, the, the alien human hybrid is really cool. But I also really like um, when Ripley. We're seeing Ripley being being uh, carried, carried to the queen, and she like nuzzles it. And she like nuzzle. I love that. It's, yeah, yeah. This is also, the mother self gets extreme. I don't know if you guys noticed, but I also saw that her nails were like green and pointy. I was like, yeah. mm, oh, yeah. and she also has um, her jacket is shaped like alien shoulders. Yeah. Oh, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I liked her yeah. outfit. So she looked really metal. Me too. Um, yeah, the 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 new reproduction that the queen gets from her, which is super bizarre, but it is a cool creature that they create. Uh, yeah. Very, very interesting with uh, the human eyes deep in the sockets. Very, you know, a skull of a human crafted onto a xenomorph. Really, uh, really, I I love it. It is so uh, genuinely scary. one of the freakiest looking monsters. Yeah. in yeah. history. Ryan, you'll get this. You know what it reminded me of? Hmm. The Orphan of Cause. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, the big naked gross man? Absolutely. Yeah, it just, it's... So, Orphan of Cause is one of the final secret bosses in uh, Bloodborne. It's from the mm -hmm. DLC. But he, I mean, he's super hard to, to, to beat. But he is just... He's like a pale he, fish man, yeah. He comes, yeah, he's a pale fish man, and his weapon is like a bone scythe on his arm. It's like no, it's a bone guillotine. That's what it is. It's, it's like a rounded, a rounded blade, and but just he's pasty white, and he obviously a lot of monsters don't talk, but he just gives this guttural scream yeah. of agony as he's attacking you. And watching the, this alien, this alien human hybrid, it's like this looks very similar to a certain Bloodborne boss. I had a very hard time killing, and, 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 and immediately. Kills the mom. Speaking yeah. of, um, speaking of the the blood curdling screams of sadness or whatever you said, um, <laughs> I, I actually really feel really bad when it starts to die. Yeah, I think you're you're kind of meant to. You're certainly meant to feel complicated, yeah. if not yeah. bad for it. Um, yeah, it's it's super strange. It, it's uh, it's a unique. I think that there's there's definitely like I understand why people kind of don't like it. Yeah, just as a, an attempt at anything, um, but it's it's so unique and weird, uh, and I I find it hard to deny that it leaves you with a weird feeling watching the it, the kind of horrifying and tragic death of it yeah. as it's sucked out of the airlock. Because uh, it's really it's, something seeing that thing get sucked out of that thing. Yeah, it's, that it really is. It's it's very it's very gruesome in a weird way, and you're like, this is a horrifying monster, and at the same time, this is a tragic And Sigourney death. is selling it. Like, she feels bad, too, because, like, this is her baby yeah, dying. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely, like, a hard scene to forget. It's It's been one of the most iconic from the Alien franchise. Uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's the most graphic murder of a creature, uh, of anything, probably, in the Alien films. It's, it's very, very weird and complicated uh doesn't I, uh doesn't spider-man reference this movie in infinity war no he references aliens oh okay he yeah because they just they, they knock it out of the airlock oh sorry sorry general. sorry yeah. Uh, yeah but yeah got it um yeah uh, uh my my one other note that like it, it stood out to me i don't think i've ever thought about it before but this time i did which is that um it's super weird that the drones just seem to stop pursuing them oh yeah once they have ripley like they just they aren't chasing them anymore they're just they're they, we don't even see them again honestly we don't no, see the no. drones we just see the the hybrid oh i see once the hybrid is born like we never see the well, other don't, don't we see or is that an aliens we're like the, the aliens are like hi <laughs> like going behind i think that's an aliens there that's an aliens yeah, uh yeah. yeah no this we do, once the last time we see a drone is when it's carrying ripley yeah and then we yeah. never see another after maybe that, which is super super interesting just because in general like they usually are chasing after them yeah 
We we see an alien when the ship's about to crash. Oh yeah, just one shot of the drone <laughs> just, like I mean, hanging out like hmm? I mean I that's true, but it is like we are at the finale and like maybe like like to honor the queen, like they're gonna let them have their moment or whatever. No, for know? sure. Uh, well it's still Because we got so much alien before this, so it's it's a little bizarre that they're not the drones grabbed scare? Ripley, but none of them. There's like eleven. There's a, ten or eleven. Yeah. Okay. There's maybe like nine, but there's there's a good group of them still that could go after and capture the last of the crew that's left. That's getting True. to the Betty, and they yeah. just don't even bother. Betty. The I really wish the films they usually would. Yeah. I really wish the the scene where they where they land on Earth and it's desolate was on the 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 was in the theatrical cut because like they just crashed that ship into a continent and you're just like. I hope there was nobody down there. It just blew up hardcore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's like, whoa, shouldn't that matter? And then you get to Earth and you're like, oh, no, it didn't. Doesn't matter. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then the uh, Mad Max, sorry, uh, the next alien would be like the Mad Max version of it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. They they leave this. I I like the implication. So in the theatrical cut, it's like this conversation where it's like, what's Earth like? And she's kind of like, after they just dropped that ship bomb on it, it's like, oh, it's nice. It's (laughs) It's so nice. Yeah, and then in uh, I like the extended cut better where it's just uh, Ripley and Call both sitting there, and it's it's like you know they're gonna come for you. You, you could get lost in this place. Mm-hmm. What do you want to do? And it's like who knows? Uh, Earth is new to me too. They'll never leave us uh, alone. Yeah. And it's it's you know it just leaves on that really ambiguous kind of tragic note of where they are. Man. And I kind of like that better. I do too. Um, I I would have loved you know eventually all franchises get to like a bad point like at least in horror but like i would have loved to get like alien where the alien five would have been <clears> alien five like and it's the mad max movie where it's like a bunch of crazy people on earth and then a xenomorph somehow gets there and it's just like they're on earth like i would have loved like every one of these alien movies is so different from the last and every like in so many ways and like i've really enjoyed doing this retrospective again because like you start a franchise one way you would have gotten a resident evil extinction but with ripley yes, on earth yes xenomorphs 100 percent. that sounds fantastic um <laughs> And just like the different, the different ideas that these people have for the franchise. Um, again, like uh, not to not to shit on Ridley, but like I like everybody else's versions of his idea than what he than what he returned to in a weird way. Um, Including uh, the the comic we read, that would have been the follow up. Uh, uh, yeah, originally. Oh with, god, uh, the the different take on the engineer. That everything. is still my favorite yeah. like Alien sequel, the one that's the comic. So I asked before we started recording. Um, I always forget to do this, so I want to remember this time. I ask. Uh, before we started recording what what our audience's favorite alien films were uh mm-hmm. we are all in agreement that it is aliens uh so is everyone who commented <laughs> um uh fedal uh, underscore ape says second chris uh chris 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 Renter- 27 i'm sorry i never had to pronounce it before aliens uh mag thank you mag aliens yeah. And John John comics with uh, used to say alien, but now it's more like aliens. They're both great, though. Yeah, those those two are definitely cream of the crop for sure. Yeah. Um, I think I think Alien Three, especially its assembly cut, holds up better to to uh, modern audiences. Yeah. Um, I definitely don't think that theatrical cut is worth much um, because it doesn't have enough character stuff to keep it going, and the alien stuff isn't good enough to keep it going. But the assembly cut is the only place where you can get something that's that's pretty worthwhile out of it, I think. Yeah. And Alien Resurrection, I've always had a, a soft spot for. I like that it's it's very very different. Yeah. Um, it's it's it takes everything in such a fresh direction. Um, it's it's kind of like uh, uh, the Halloween Six of the Aliens franchise, but in a good way. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I am I am definitely. 
I'm definitely if I had to put these in like in order of the, of this week, like uh, Alien Three would be my last one. Like I am not that it's bad, of course. Um, I'm I'm thinking so fondly of Resurrection just because, like as as I've gotten older, I just gravitate to- towards more like weird and interesting stuff. And this is definitely the most unique Alien movie. For Alien, sure. Alien Resurrection has the most amount of like camp yeah to it. yeah um but it never feels like it breaks the tone no. it it works overall like things like ron perlman bending backwards to shoot the alien and things like that oh it's so good they still landed then him popping back up and shooting the spider yeah <laughs> um, I, did like, I did like that the the really only film after doing this that i dislike anyway is prometheus yeah that's yeah, the only I, one that's like a, oh, that's like yeah. a, a thumbs down i've yeah. liked every i've liked every film with the name alien in it yeah as long as it's got alien you're good <laughs> prometheus is just clearly such a, a bumbled mistake um i i definitely feel like there is a better cut of alien 3 somewhere in between the assembly and the theatrical yeah uh but i i i do recommend like if anybody's trying to go through alien 3 please just don't bother with the theatrical. yeah if i you don't think to... it's ever going to be worth it i understand that the assembly cut is longer but it's better there's still. just there's just no they they cut all the good value out of the theatrical yeah, uh, uh, I think that's one. That's why that one gets so much hate. I really wanted to, one other thing. I kind of forgot while we were talking about Alien Three. I know a lot of people also hate it because they kill Ripley at the end. I think it's a really good end for Ripley. I, oh so no, uh, like for the original Ripley, I think it's a good death. And she goes out on her own accord on her terms. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think it's a really good death. Um, and I'm glad that Resurrection honors it in a way. Uh, it, these movies are really good at keeping like the consistent character built upon tone, even as Ripley becomes a clone of what she's gone through. And she still stays like a, a cool character, like to follow. Yeah. Like, like Sigourney Weaver is a good in all of things. She's never, she's never phoned it in even in like the weird one where she's a monster clone. God, uh, we didn't touch on it, but that moment in alien three where she's hallucinating and sees the pipe as a xenomorph. And she's like, Oh, I don't even remember anything before you. And I'm like, Oh yeah. What a line. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask, uh, I know we're running along. I apologize, uh, but I wanted to ask: um, What do we want to see from this franchise, from Disney, with this franchise? I... Honestly, anything about that comic that we read, anything like that, anything with more of the company uh, getting crazy. Um, I just love the Wayland Utani shit. Like I love the 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 CD umbrella. Like I love crazy evil corporations. I think it's a lot of fun. I want. I, I always like that stuff. <laughs> now I want to see Resident Evil Extinction, but. Alien Five yes. with old old woman Sigourney Weaver. Yes, come on, FX. on on Earth. Uh, I I think that'd be so dope. Um, it's hard for me to picture anything that could exist in the continuity of like what exists now. Like you got to kind of cherry pick now what your continuity is going to be. I think if you tried to throw something into the mix at this point that would that would keep the canon of all of them it would just all just fall apart yeah so you kind of got to decide what route you're gonna go i feel like it's gonna do the aliens thing where it's gonna be alien aliens and then this it feels like it'll be a, a halloween logic where uh, alien and aliens are the the only canon yeah you're talking Maybe about the TV show. Get weird enough huh yeah you're talking about the tv show correct yeah yeah i i'm talking in general like anything that they'll do film television wise at this point i i highly doubt that they'll treat any anything from alien three or resurrection is canon do you agree to an amount i almost don't want to follow resurrection unless it's what we specifically talked about because they've they've hollowed out everything else resurrection is 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 after after aliens that's like it's almost 200 it's almost 300 years now from the first movie so like it is such a different franchise like i don't even know like you have to go back right you can't you can't go forward right Right. you have to go back uh and if you want to use no you don't need to use ripley you don't need Um, to but I, 
Ben, why don't you answer and then I'll answer. Uh, for what I want to see from aliens, just just aliens, don't dip into the Prometheus pool. Stay out of that pool. Don't even try. Just 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 sweep it on the rug. Just go forward. But what does that what, what does that mean for you? Where I'm like, give me, give me more than just not Prometheus. Like, I mean, what do you? What for, do you... Me, uh, for me, just like maybe we can see something, an old woman Ripley on Earth, and then and somehow an alien does show up there. Who knows? We so can... you don't want to see you don't want to see a continuation of Covenant. Is what you're saying specifically? Uh, yeah, I don't want to see a continuation of Covenant. Yeah. I don't either. As I much just, as I love it. I, personally, I would even like to see maybe a a what if story of one what if Ripley, Bishop, and Hicks and Newt made it to Earth safe and sound. And then 10 years later, you get old woman and then Newt goes out and she has to fight the aliens again. Because guess what? There's still more of them out there. And she stumbles on and goes, oh shit, these guys again. I would like to see a what if of that. Um, I just pretty much my whole thing is just like, don't look at the, I don't want to see the engineers. I don't want to talk about them. I don't want to look at them. Just like, just keep them out. Just put just Xenomorphs. Oh, I have a, Xenomorphs just be around effing shit up. I have an actual question. Mm-hmm. Do you think like a metachlorians and them just kind of backing away from it. Do you think there's a possibility in this world that we live in that Disney will reverse the engineer thing and just turn it back into the elephants? Is that something do you think could happen? I don't think they'd even need to. I mean, do you think they will ignore Ridley Scott and go forward with their own stuff? That's what I'm asking. Do you think Disney will do that? Because I think they they would. I think they're going forward. I don't think they'll ever go back. But I don't know if they'll ever need to retcon Prometheus and, and Alien Covenant. I think they just need yeah. to ignore it. Yeah, yeah. I I would not be opposed to like somebody else coming in and making something that made a logical bridge between those and Alien. I'm not opposed to that. Or, if you can make if you can make a story that makes it all coalesce. Yeah. I'm open. The to Clone it. Wars of the Alien franchise is yeah, what we're yeah. actually asking for. Yeah. Oh God. Uh, but yeah. I I don't think it should be Ridley Scott. But I do think if you can have someone come in that can tell a story, maybe the history of LV-426 or something, that would make a seamless blend from Prometheus Covenant into the modern, the other alien films, I'd be open to it. I'm not anti them making it work, but I don't expect they're going to try. Yeah, I just, I, because I think the engineer concept is so cool and I would like to revisit it, but just not in the way that Ridley did it. You can um, you could still keep Prometheus and Covenant canon, and also uh, they'd have to look the same. But you could acknowledge that the humans just totally misunderstood what they were. If you keep it from a human perspective, like even David didn't really understand what they were doing. Sure. You know why David can understand their language because he can see in the extra dimensions that they can. Um, okay. Oh. <laughs> um, my 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 answer to the question. Um, look, we're already getting the Alien series from Noah Hawley. I think that's awesome. I'm really excited for that. The Neil Blomkamp Alien movie is probably a pipe stream at this point, but I'd love to yeah. see that. Um, even if it ig- ignores Alien 3 and Resurrection, I don't mind. Um, honestly, I'd really like to see them tackle AVP again. Oh, yeah. Okay. Not, may- maybe not a sequel to Requiem. <laughs> I don't need that, and it wouldn't make sense. But uh, a new Alien versus Predator, honestly, I would like to see at this point. Tackle it from a different perspective. Try again. Yeah. I think it always... can always work as long as you keep it in the timeline of the Predator films. <laughs> Even if you wanted to tie it in with what, what we're doing now, go, like the, the, do a future, like a sequel to Resurrection or something. Man, it's just, it, that's so tough. Because yeah. it's hard for me to buy like 
the way Predator exists, that, that that's not something they've ever, like, that you get to the original Alien and that they're like, man, that's crazy that she encountered that thing, but, like, on some level, people would have heard of Predator. Mm, true. Um, oh, yeah, this hundreds of years ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I would like to see them tackle I always like the idea of tackling uh, adaptations again and, and Alien vs. Predator is a comic book first. I, um, I would love to I would love to see Alien vs. Predator again. I'm I'm very curious what you can do with Alien that that stays in the timeline of these most of these films, if not all. Yeah. Um yeah. uh and I don't think any of that would have anything to do with Predator. I think that that almost always has to stay kind of nebulous away from it, just with how complicated the alien world has become mm-hmm. in its films. Um but that being said, anything could happen. Uh, I I really don't know what to expect out of out of where they're gonna go with this alien. It's, have, it's always... one more, if I may, before yeah. we move on. Um, I do want to see Ridley Scott finish his trilogy. I I I I don't. I agree. I agree with Matt. I agree with Matt. I want to see David's story end, and I want to see it end well. Listen, as the guy who just was all about Zack Snyder getting to finish his trilogy, I am I do agree with you. I think the David stuff is the most compelling stuff of all of, of his setup trilogy. Um I I just wonder now that Disney owns it if he if he's kind of done with it. I, I would like to see the end of David's story. I don't necessarily know that I want to see Ridley Scott do it because I don't think he knows how to yeah. do it well. And I certainly don't think he knows how to tie it into Alien. Uh I'd rather see someone else come in and do it for him. Um, in the documentary for and something for not a documentary, but one of the special features for Covenant, he's talking about the story of how like, and so like the next time we see Shaw, we're going to get to the, the the lake and the cabin on the lake. And then, Oh wait, I don't want to tell you what happens next because that's the next movie. Uh, so it's, you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. Fool me three times. I shouldn't have bought a ticket to your movie. Um, <laughs> That's that's how I feel. Ridley Scott had two opportunities to make uh to make that world like feel like it was coalescing into something, and Covenant got close. But there's still so much that's so muddy. I don't think he'll ever clear it up. It's very clear that in his building of these films, he doesn't know what he's doing or where he's going. The best stuff uh, is left on a cutting room floor. Like, while he weird. makes while he makes engaging films to watch, uh, it I would rather see for story purposes someone else tool retool david's stuff into connecting to alien dude, i would like to see the end of david's story i don't think i want scott to do dude, it. give denny Villeneuve the david trilogy finale are you kidding me he would he would take ridley scott oh wait, he already did it's called blade runner 2049 <laughs> he already did it well blade is not in the alien universe yet not yet i um, would there's see, always been a fan theory about like that. that what it's exactly because of things like that i don't want scott to come back and touch that another film you know there's always been a fan theory that blade runner and alien exist in the same universe because there's space travel referenced in blade runner cool yeah i, I don't care <laughs> i yeah. keep it out I like blade runner as it is aliens really cool you guys there's a new alien comic coming out next week my hype for it's a little lower than i was before but i'm still excited for it yeah i think we're we're done with the alien film so next oh, week oh. We'll do- Hey, Alien's great, you guys. I'm gl- I'm really glad I got to watch all of them. Hey, yeah, I'm really glad to watch to finally watch Aliens, Alien Three, the the good version, and even Alien Resurrection because there are parts of Alien Resurrection I did like. It was I was the least warm of those films. The one I was hyped the most, and I'm glad it is a disappointment was Aliens. So if anyone, so I'm pretty I'm, sure Alien and Aliens are the two films I'm definitely gonna go back to the most. I may watch Alien Three because there are some good stuff. 
but I can definitely tell you I'd never want to watch Prometheus ever again. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm surprised you're so much more positive on three than Resurrection. Me too. Uh, uh, not in a bad way. I'm just surprised. Yeah, yeah I, I in Resurrection. I mean, hearing you guys talking about like, yeah, that was cool. That was cool. I don't know. Just the, my initial thought after it was done, I was like, I mean, that was all right. Yeah, sometimes things don't don't. It, yeah. Resurrection like, just didn't, or Resurrection just didn't click for me. Although I do like how I did like Ripley, Sparky Ripley. It's part of me was just like. All ben, then right. I'll, I'll tell you the first time I saw Resurrection, it didn't it didn't work for me. Right. I thought it was a little too weird, especially the okay. alien human hybrid stuff. It, yeah. it was upon second and third watchings that I started to really like it. Who knows? Maybe that'll happen, but I don't plan to rewatch these films anytime soon. Um. All right. Shall we get into our book club? It's time for the MonsterVerse. Welcome to the MonsterVerse. <laughs> Late night. Oh, yeah. Okay, guys. Uh, we're doing Skull Island, The Birth of Kong, uh, which is written by Arvid Nelson and with art and colors by Zid. Uh, yes, Brandon. Um, it's really good. I really like it. Uh, I've always really liked it. I think of the MonsterVerse comics that are out there are three. Uh, it's by far the best. This is 100% the best of the three MonsterVerse comics. This um, one... Uh, that last one was good. This one, this one is like a compelling comic to me. Like I actually cared about all the characters. Uh, the weird, the weird priest guy or priest guy, the weird uh, uh, five languages guy. Uh, the art's insane. The art is so good. I don't know why he keeps having flashbacks to Kong's uh, fight or whatever, but it's cool. I don't care. I don't care. It was great. Yeah. Aftershock sucks. Awakening's pretty good. I absolutely love this one. I agree. This is the absolute best of them, and I actually mean it's like. Hey, this is actually really cool. I actually like this. The 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 pre how the Kongs fought the Skull Crawlers on their Eden, and then they shit got taken over, and then the, the it bums me out. It bums me out that this is the only one not available in hardcover. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the art is awesome. Um, I think the paneling is in particular it's really inventive good. it's not regular yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that that sometimes you're like with when you're focused on people you're getting like basic boxes but when you get animal stuff uh monster stuff going on it it breaks up and it gets more jagged and weird um uh i think all the art is incredible the yeah. final fight between kong's mom and the skull and the skull crawler is so well paneled yeah, yeah, yeah. um yeah, this 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 felt epic, and I think the story is actually really really good, and it's really compelling, and it's about <laughs> it's about this de- it's about the uh, the doctors from Kong Skull Island. It's the it's Houston Brooks, who's yeah. the guy who went with John Goodman to Skull Island, yeah, um, and worked in Monarch. His son uh, was upset that they're hiding evidence about uh, Skull Island from the world because they're entrusting the fate of it to Kong uh, to protect people, and so he has to go and investigate for himself in the 90s yeah 1995 uh, 1995 yeah. uh and it's a really good story and this is all about houston finding out in 2012 uh just a couple of years before godzilla would show up uh that his son has been there this whole time it's it's kind of like a modern uh a, a, a 1995 more modern version of, of skull island like it, it's a second team going there like with a little mm-hmm. more modern technology and, and dealing with uh way more way, way more creatures that the, are the iwi, cool. the iwi have evolved yeah one of them uh, speaks yeah uh, english yeah yeah learned it from his dad who learned it from john c Riley's character oh yeah man yeah um yeah I, tell me tell me go back here real quick one more page does that look like uh tom hardy yeah it does <laughs> um 
yeah and uh we get a lot more look at some some different monsters that are on the island and there's a bigger focus on them being like part plant flora uh, fauna flora fauna yeah uh which is really interesting that that's uh something they leaned into now uh it's present in skull island but they lean into it hard on this we in the trailer for kong versus the big boy um we see we see kong fighting flying creatures are the same flying creatures that are in this book no because those are snake-like oh, okay gotcha just making sure they're they're oh but you know what there are no, those are called war bats. I don't think I think those are in the the, the hollow earth. I don't think they're on Skull Island. So there are okay. there are the psycho, psycho vultures, vultures, which are hella which cool. take down the plane at the beginning of the They book. shoot lightning from their mouths. Which is the the one of the rare animals in the monsterverse in the kaiju pantheon who have a projectile weapon like Godzilla. That's yeah. cool. I thought that was a, uh, a nice little Nice little thing. It could be an evolved version of the cycle vultures. I really hope that some amount of uh, of what we get here is is at I least present so. in uh, terms of of the Godzilla versus Kong film. The bamboo um, spiders show up again. Know, I love those. Yeah, we know that um, people are regularly on Skull Island right now. That they have turned it into a protected biome. There's a defense uh, grid around skull island we've seen that in the trailer yeah Kong i would have to it. assume that's part of houston having gone back yeah uh that they decided to do that but he's and in it, he's in king of the monsters yes and by a different, playing a different actor i think right no yeah. the it's a different being played by a different actor but it's the same character he's with Martha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah but i'm saying like he he him going back to look for his son probably started the maybe we set up a thing here yeah um yeah uh, is what I mean. Not necessarily that Houston will be on the island still. Yeah, because but Kong... that but that that decision is what brings Monarch back to Skull Island and brings them up to putting up this defense grid. Yeah, there's everything. like some type of shield keeping Skull Island like things. Well, I mean, it's not like they would escape anyway, but there's like a shield around it. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, which shows like a some kind of lack of faith or distrust in Kong. Yeah, uh, in comparison to what happens here. Again, like the 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 human story of like these these soldiers trying to get back to the helicopter that crashed. You got the one guy who slowly goes mad because he's like his devotion to Kong is growing. He's drinking. He's drinking that juice. He's drinking that Jesus juice that's probably making him go crazy and have hallucinations of a million years ago. Uh, again, that doesn't make sense, but I don't care because it's it's hilarious monster stuff. Um, he, that that character is so fun to me, and and it's like I saw like oh that's your bad guy. Easy, I love it. And it's the one of the things I really like about his his uh, visions are it's the it's the most we've gotten of primordial times uh, that uh, we've ever gotten in the MonsterVerse. Something that I've always been very fascinated by and wanted more of in this yeah. comic gives it to us really well with, with the history of Kong's family. Yeah. Uh, the Iwi we also learned, sorry, real quick, Ben, the Iwi we learned are descended from slaves. Oh, yeah. Uh, that they were they were on a slave trader ship and that crashed there and that's where they descended from which I think is a really cool thing to learn how they got there. Uh -huh. Go ahead. One of the things I really loved about um, this book was that it actually felt like I was watching a monster movie, like an hour and a half quick monster movie because most because you see the flashbacks of what happened with Kong, with the Kongs and his ancestors fighting the skull crawlers. And then it's not until the very end when um, the Iwi's village is attacked by the crazy, by the crazy Jesus dude, or the crazy religious side. It's like Kong, like you see Kong full on fighting and kicking ass, and then the guy gets to his comeuppance. It felt like Kong is Kong is very unhappy that that wall went down. Yeah, mm -hmm. like you see bits of, like you, I kind of like in uh, in Kong Skull Island in the very beginning of the movie 
when you don't you don't get like the first full view of Kong, you see like him and his back or parts of his leg or parts of his fist. Like when they first get to the island and uh, what's her name gets ripped apart, which is a very brutal death. Yeah, you mm-hmm. hear the doom. You hear the you get the onomatopoeia of the doom, 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 and then the bam, and then he just walks away. You don't get a clear full shot of him of adult Kong until the last issue. And I thought, like, man, this is like a monster movie. This is you know what I love more than uh, Big Kong, Baby Kong. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Real, real quick on what Ben was saying. What I really like about that is because uh, I think it's really effective because this isn't a movie where you're expecting to see an amount of Kong. You couldn't get away with this in a film, but they're able to drag out the reveal of Kong because it's for Aaron. Yeah. It's for Aaron to have his first moment really looking at Kong when Kong moves in towards him. And that's when he has that great bit where he's saying the communion with Kong wasn't meant for Riccio. It was meant for me. Yeah. Uh, it, it, and I think that's really great. This is so good. Like I, I wish this was a Kong Skull Island sequel. That's just like, yeah, we went back to the island. It's his son this time. Like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Kong has a really interesting growth rate in the MonsterVerse. Yeah, they do what they gotta <laughs> do to get that boy big. I don't, so you know this what? is this is how big he is in seventy in seventy two or whatever Skull Island takes place in. So in ninety five, he's the same height. So he had one hell of a growth spurt after this. He's like eleven and then turns twelve, and then when he turns thirteen, is that extra six hundred yeah. feet? I think I think that they just, you know, artistically they weren't thinking about the fight with Godzilla at this point in time. Yeah. yeah. I don't I don't really mind. I think that uh I think that it it's just a really effective story. Um Oh this is I mean, we, we I, I I don't think I've I've explicitly maybe- stated it, but this is my favorite as well. Maybe that's why, maybe uh, part of the reason why, you know, when Houston would go back is 2012, two years later, Godzilla will show up and Kong starts getting big and they get nervous. So they're like, just build the shield. Just in we case. don't know what's going to happen. And then they end up kidnapping him. God. It's like, yo, we got Godzilla doing stuff. Uh, keep Kong the there. world needs Kong. It would, it would on some level make sense that that would be the reaction. Uh, because even if like you trust Kong and you trust Godzilla after Godzilla, even though he was like the savior, he just wrecked uh, San Francisco and the Mutos just wrecked a whole portion of the, it, it makes sense that they build a shield yeah. around Skull Island at that point. 100%. And, and then, then especially enforce it after King of the Monsters. Yeah, and then years later, they see the deposition in Boston and also, well, not just Boston, but Boston, Mexico, and a whole bunch of other places. And they're like, mm, yeah, let's just keep them there. Let's not move them. Well, the world until, needs Kong. Until the world needs Kong. Um, so Brandon, you talked about, um, you want to see more of the, the primordial stuff. Mm-hmm. I think we are going to get at least a little bit in that next movie. Cause there's Rebecca Hall in the trailer saying Kong's been here a million years and he's had the primary blah, blah, blah. She says some, some, uh, exposition shit. I want to hope, I want to pray that we get just like, a, like a one minute scene of a $10 million big battle between a bunch of monsters. Just let me I don't, I don't know. The thing is I'm hearing about that movie. It feels, it, I'm hearing it's not big on mythology building. That sucks because I already hear it's bad. I don't need to know that it's not also on mythology. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it, yeah, I would like to see more of this in the MonsterVerse. One of my favorite things is the mythology built between all the kaiju and the titans or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Um, and the fact that there is, they've all retreated underground to various places except for Skull Island is so interesting. And, you know, they talk about that Godzilla and Kong have an ancient rivalry in the trailers, but like this Kong can't have because he's incredibly young baby yeah it'd be, it'd be referring to his species yeah, yeah. and like that's the other thing like we know that godzilla is the last of his kind we saw a skeleton of godzilla in the first godzilla movie so like i want to I, I love the idea that there were more than one of these of all of these creatures somewhere around maybe it's a thing of like you know like godzilla's like 
king of the sea and he's like the king of the land and there's like an unspoken truce a million years ago or some bullshit you know whatever that Ghidorah or, or, ruined it's maybe, true yeah but, or maybe it's just a natural instinct that when they see each other it's like i gotta fight that guy yeah i don't like scales i'm a monkey and yeah, it's, I, like, it's like fur must burn yeah i just like the idea that like there was there were more than there were multiple members of the, of each of these species at one point in primordial times, and now that now we're seeing like the the last of all their lines with Rodan and Godzilla and Kong and Skullcrawlers. Yeah. I'm I'm very much into that mythology too. Uh, let's hope there's something. Man, this book is so good. I really, I just want more and more of these books. That's because like so uh, definitely. Um, I I recommend maybe it'll even be a book club not too long after we see Godzilla versus Kong because I gotta wait for it to come out because uh, they don't drop it until next week. But um, the uh, the Kong sided prequel to Godzilla versus Kong is the same writer oh. coming back and doing it. So oh, I yeah. have to believe that it's going to be just as good. I want to read that. Um, I'm not sure what the quality level of Godzilla one will be, but I I'm hopeful for the Kong uh prequel yeah because uh, this is this is a solid solid follow-up to that first film uh uh just really well done i think what a great way to carry on uh what they set up in skull island it's called kong dominion ryan gotcha i'm looking yeah uh, or kingdom kong maybe kingdom kong one of those two <laughs> um guys it might have been godzilla dominion i don't know but yeah i'm really glad that you guys finally got to read this um yeah. ryan uh it's it's definitely been my favorite from the monster verses it was the first one i read from monster verses uh and i was so so pleased that like it it just carried on the spirit of skull island so well yeah uh okay so next week we're gonna skip the book club because we're going to be talking about invincible episodes one two and three in comparison to the first volume of Invincible, Invincible Volume One. I would have my volume out if I we were doing that. Oh, <laughs> and so it was right here. No, I know. Next week. Um. So yeah. So stay tuned for that. Uh. And then Godzilla vs Kong. Yeah. Get we're it just on. two weeks Still away. Woo! That's still premier. That's still Pacific Rim. Whatever it's called. No, I know, but it still it still rocks. <laughs> um. And of course, as I said, um, launching this week is my new show, Conversation. So check that out when it launches on. Uh, March 25th. Alright, check us out all over YouTube. You can subscribe to this. Yeah, you can like this video. You can subscribe to this channel uh, and check out our other shows such as our Fake Notes Watch. We mentioned that we have already recorded Falcon and the Witch Soldier. That'll come out this week. Um, so check that out. We're going to be doing that from now on. And you can check out our WandaVision if you have not already. Um, we also have Basement Arcade and Basement Arcade Pause Menu. New content for those coming soon. We also have Little Char and the Gang for Fake Nerd Book Club. Gotta figure out. We'll figure out a time to do that last episode soon. Um, of course, check out all that stuff. We got a lot of a lot of cool videos up on this channel. Did a Fake Nerd Book Club episode come out this week? No, uh, that's next week. Uh, the audio version of it. Of course, you can also check out our Craft of Izzy masks. Don't care if you're vaccinated. Wear a mask. Don't be a dick. Um, you know, stay safe, stay safe, keep doing the safe things. Mag, good night to you too. An MVP, Mr. Four Hours. Thank you. Um, you can check out the link in the description to buy a mask. Also, you can check out our Patreon. We have the three tiers, just a week and a half left on that shirt, guys. Just a week and a half on that shirt. Get it while it's hot. 
but if you want other shirts, check out our T Public where we got other shirts like this. I'm wearing a fake nerds watch t-shirt right now. You can check that out. We got that. That's links below. All of the links are below, or you can check us out at www.fakenerdpodcast.com. It all of a sudden became very self-conscious about the fact that I say, check it out a lot. Check it out. Um, all the links are in the description below. Thank you to everyone who listens. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you to Mac who stuck with us for these four plus hours of the stream. I got you're, long. You're, you're the best. Um, and of course, we 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 love everyone who watched the, the rewind and the audio. Can't do the show without you. Can you yeah. imagine if we tried to do all the films in one episode like we originally thought? Man. I'm so glad we didn't because I wanted to talk about these movies. Yeah, yeah. We we did. We ended up doing Prometheus. Uh, not Prometheus. Jesus, Predator as a special because we did the Predator the same week. That's yeah, true. Yeah. Um. So we should have known then. <laughs> yeah. Thank you to Jeremy Bellucci for our themes. Um. You've heard the themes. You love the themes. You can check him out. Damn it. At Instagram at Jeremy Bellucci Keyboards. Um. His podcast also a suburban proctologist. You can find that at facebook.com slash suburban proctologist official instagram at subprop podcast of course you can find it on itunes i listened to the latest episode and then uh i gave jeremy a couple of notes so that it could be finished up and it's gonna be out soon i'm sure oh that's amazing whoa New we're now currently discussing plans for the next three that old gum you like us best and there's and ugh, screw it and check out mike matola check um, you can find mike matola going through a thoris in my head uh, you can find mike matola at mike matola he does our logos um fake their podcast fake their book club miscellaneous i've been talking to him about about when when that next impossible movie trivia challenge is coming and i can only say that sometime soon it's good enough for me but we're doing it um you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at Fake Nerd Podcast, fakenerdguys at gmail.com. I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Ben? You can find me still reading about retro video game history as well as playing through Metro, uh, Metroid Samus Returns on my 3DS at BenMagnet27 on Instagram and Twitter. And as we stated four and a half hour, or four hours and 15 minutes ago, 16 minutes now, I also write for OldSchoolGamerMagazine.com. No new article up today, but hopefully one will come out soon. <clears throat> I'm tired. Sparks. Uh, you can find me eagerly anticipating spring break at Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter, S-P-A-R-K-Z Witty. Ryan. DJ Tony Snark everywhere. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music Podcast, and Pandora. Rate and review wherever you get us. Like it, like this video, subscribe to this channel. Until next time, guys, do it. Stay fake nerds. <laughs> <laughs>